Hey everybody, uh, this is Scooter, this is a heads up, this is an on location ambient sound episode live from San Francisco. So there will be background noises, there may be wind, and there may be mistakes, uh, but I'll do my best to keep a lulling, soothing tone and pointless meanders as I'm watching pigeons. I'm here near the Embarcadero of San Francisco. And uh, I guess I should uh, start the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, wondering, sitting on a, a table on a sky bridge, wondering, is someone going to come along and ask you to stop recording? Well, when? Uh, are you sitting with a view of uh, pigeons at the time of the day? And at a distance, because you're not eating, and pigeons at a distance. Sleep with me. The podcast that's like pigeons at a distance. Also the podcast that puts you to sleep. If it's your first time here, welcome. I'm going to do a shortened intro. This is a podcast to take your mind off stuff. I'm on location here, San Francisco, financial district, so it's a little bit quieter here on the weekend. But uh, got a view of some pigeons. It's... uh, uh, late day, <laughs> I think around 3 p.m. Uh, it's brisk. It's brisk for California. I'll tell you that much. It's uh, in the sun is short. You know, these are the, this is what a month is. It? It's January, and uh, you know the tis the season for the sun. And I guess I made a wittier comment once, and someone said, "Wow, that was a good one." And now I can't remember. You know, like, oh, yeah, we're close to the sun, but we're tilted away from it. Still doesn't doesn't wash for me, sun. So pick it up, you know, send some extra rays. Oh, wow. So I'm just looking up here at an office building uh, that's towering above some other ones. So it's catching full sun. It looks like a, a 70s, 80s era uh, building, like with corduroy style with the windows in the uh, the facade i can't tell if it's granite facade or or marble you know aged marble um a building that would look in place and uh, now this isn't critical just look look at look at what is it what do i mean look in place um Anywhere I'm here at uh, Embarcadero, Embarcadero Center. I think I'm between Embarcadero 1 and 2. Uh, those are pretty identical. Identif- I'm having trouble here. Oh, wait, I was going to describe the podcast, but a plane's going over. I guess it's, maybe that was a car. Uh, this is a podcast to put you to sleep to take your mind off stuff. I'm on location. That's not always the case. But I figured we'd, uh, you know, do a little San Francisco touring. I was just here to see uh, Mark and Hal uh, do uh, We Got This Live with the Work Juice Players. It was uh, great fun, Uh, great podcast. We Got This. You should check it out. They debated uh, M&Ms, some uh, hilarious people on stage. Very kind of them to invite me to their show. So I want to, you know, a little, this will be, you know, and you, then you can catch up on all the new podcasts that have come out since then. But, you know, when I do things, because, of the like, I have a policy, A, B, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen the movie version of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, with the, uh, I don't think, the dynamic undersells Alec Baldwin's performance. And it kind of, like, it's such a powerful performance that it kind of, um, uh, it's a mammoth movie. Uh, 
David Mamet, but it kind of takes away from the rest of the movie because his performance is just so unbelievable. And anyone that is terrified of salespeople that, that has found themselves in a sales role at once in their life, and then you say, well, what am I doing? Uh, this character that Alec Baldwin plays, this alpha sales uh, uh, J-E-R-K... But one of the things he says in that movie that a lot of people say is ABC, always be closing. Now, when you make a podcast that comes out uh, how many times a week? Three times a week like this one does. I do have a policy, ABR, always be recording. And as I love Hal. I love Mark. And I said, geez, I'd love to see them live. But it's Saturday. I got I to gotta record an episode. What am I going to do? Yeah, how am I going to pull this up? What? And then I said, well, just bring your recording stuff. And uh, ABR, like, try to record a show after their show. You'll be close to the waterfront of San Francisco. Uh, but then I parked, and I said, man, these uh, this Embarcadero Center, you know, if I could pull it off without, uh, you know, uh, you know, like, well, so far we have, uh, we have five minutes recorded here. They, it's got a lot of sky bridges. This sky bridge is a little bit windy, but I sat down to test the recording equipment. I said, well, let, let me get some audio down here. So I'm going to try this other sky bridge to see what the wind situation is. They said, well, well, what could be more lulling and soothing than some time on a sky bridge? Uh, the pitter-patter of little feet as a child runs by, uh, people leaving their lunches, and the sun... Uh, the waning winter sun, construction going on. I mean, well, there's a construction. I can see the one of the new buildings. I don't know if that's the uh, Salesforce Tower or the tri- what's it, the uh, Tri Millennium Tower. What do they call that? Uh, I don't know. Millennial. I, I guess I don't know my towers. <laughs> you know, I don't know my rear from my tower. I don't know. But, you know, San Francisco, uh, you know, I lived in New York City that has a lot of distinct architecture. You know, in San Francisco, right where I'm sitting here, I mean, I wish I, you know, I had Roman Mars, you know, on the backup or, you know, some sort of good knowledge really undoing this here. Just to say, I mean, I think we have a couple different eras of office building, including one of the, uh, a short squat one that's pretty nice, too. But yeah, I'm here to take your mind off stuff, to spend a time, some time with you here in San Francisco. But I'm also getting paranoid as the wind picks up that I've got to relocate to. I don't know. Right now, I think I'm sitting. Am I sitting north, south, or east, west? Uh, I think the wind is traveling. What is that? Is that east? I'm lo- looking down the embark towards the Embarcadero, towards the Bay Bridge. I can just see. A sliver of the Bay Bridge, the San Francisco Bay Bridge, the uh, the San Francisco, the Treasure Island side of the bridge. Uh, the newer side is the uh, on the Oakland side of the bridge. But I'm gonna take a break here. I'll be back in just a few minutes. I don't want to though when I'm getting audio. And uh, now the wind is dying down. I never want to give up. You know, never want to give it up. Never want to live it down. Never want to run around and desert you, uh, but I'd re- you know your your attention could desert me at any moment because this is a podcast to put you to sleep. I was just looking down the street here. I thought I saw Payless, but I didn't. Maybe I'll stand up. But the wind is a little bit uh, it's lulling here. 
always worried though about bringing attention to myself but i'm looking here for those of you san francisco residents i can see the royal exchange huntington's and schroeder's a mickey days and i'm not sure what is this front streets or clay um at the corner i can see down at sacramento that's the cross streets and not much going on a lot of walking trees are bare even here in california the trees go bare uh, but we have people walking here and you can hear the jingle jangles of a dog being walked and uh, yeah that's it I'll, I'll be uh i know stay here for a minute see we got so two, we got two restaurants with uh your traditional reddish orangish pinkish neon signs they look good the signs are glowing they look warm and inviting you know, for a sign. I mean, it's a little chilly. I'd say I wouldn't mind putting my hand on that sign and uh, seeing. You can hear, if you just tune into that background whirring, that is an electric bus. And I think these San Francisco's had electric. They say, you know, uh, Tesla, you know, Muskie. We've been doing electric since, uh, I don't know when, 1960, 1950, 1970, 1980. I don't know. Uh, but the buses are running on electric and they're whirring. Creatures are stirring. Uh, possibly. Pigeon, pigeon update. It might be the place, the perch of the pigeons. Oh, a pigeon just took wing. Flying. It looked pretty graceful. Uh, like middle heavy. I mean, maybe that's the criticism of the pigeons. Short wings, puffy middles. Uh, there's only two pigeons, though, at the perch because the sun's no longer hitting it. So the perch, pigeons are just like me. They say, what'd you say? Uh, I don't know. Also, I'm looking in an office. Uh, not sure what company, but someone's birthday was this week because uh, I see a green balloon. Though it's a star, so it could be a star employee. And uh, let's, uh, let's relocate here and uh, see what we can pick up next. All right, folks, here I am. I'm back. Uh, another sky bridge. And this one's got a little more action, a little more traffic uh, outside. I'm just uh, one block down, corner of clay. I believe this is battery. Also, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, between uh, clay and sacto on battery. You know, trying to get some more. Trees are bare here as well. There's an apartment building. I'm right by the cinema. It's got some good neon going on the cinema side. I can see what I believe. I think it's the customs house. Uh, there's a, I know there's a, a official U.S. building down the street two blocks. I can never remember what it is. My brother used to work there. There's a Prague, Cafe Prague uh, is around here somewhere. I haven't been back there, uh, you know since uh stopped drinking check beer uh, but there's a nice uh the sun's on a nice uh not extremely tall um building and you know what this actually reminds me of uh, a restaurant i ate around here i think it was uh, the rincon or something like that uh there was a time uh we went to this restaurant and uh it had the most famous uh, sommelier in the world, or famous, most famous American sommelier, whatever, however, wine wine guy. His name was Larry, and he was, you know, he'd won all the awards. The only U.S. person, you know, that French people would only laugh at 
you know, when he wasn't there, you know, only U.S. wine expert. And uh, it was important uh, uh, to this person I was with to, to meet Larry Stone and to drink wine recommended by Larry Stone. And so we went to the restaurant he was working at. And, I, you know, I wasn't paying. So I was like, oh, boy, I cannot wait. And we went there. And Larry Stone, I remember he had multiple things around his neck and was wearing multiple things. I think, I think I don't know if you get a leaf when you get into these things. And I think he had different openers around his neck. And he was definitely, uh, he was intense. I mean, he, this, he was a character. He was a real person, but he was also a character. Which I think it, when you're, you know, you're a showman. You're not just selling, you know. I mean, I guess there probably are introverted, non-intense wine experts, but, you know, they're not wearing wine bling. And, and so I remember, you know, the, the, the gentleman I was with, he, had a, he was, he was uh, into wine, and he, he had a great back and forth with Larry. And Larry kind of figured out what we were eating and made some recommendations, and it really was uh, entertaining and you know, I could, I, I, you know, if I had the time, or if I had a podcast back then, I probably would have done an. I could do an entire episode about Larry, but I'm far enough removed that I don't remember specific quirks. Uh, but I mean, it does. You know, in situations like this, or in situations like that, I always try to remember. Well, you know, what did it, what's it like when Larry goes home at night? You know, what's the rest of his life like? And then I guess also fair enough questions are like how much you know like how often does he change restaurants? What is the structure? You know, is he, maybe he was a partner in that restaurant. Because then how do you get paid when you're somebody? Do you get commission on the wine bottles you sell? Then is that an ethical moral thing? Do you get a salary? Do you get an hourly? Like, do you need side gigs? Uh, does he do side gigs for extra money for to pay for like health care and retirement or you know just like how many years you know how many years do is the living good for a someone is sommelier I always want to say sommelier but sommelier I think is sommelier is a proper term and uh, just why I, I don't know if it's it's very uh, for me standing here doing this podcast as traffic travels underneath it travels at a, a calming rhythm, you know, because it's a weekend and uh, because of the time of day, it's uh, very calming, the motion of the traffic right now, very soothing. I don't know if you can hear it, if you can feel it, and, and I'm not doing this as it is. I uh, just see someone in a Burberry uh, scarf blanket, I believe. I, I think that's the... the, the uh, that, that, that what that pattern is never you know I, I guess it makes sense that you could own a pattern uh, you'd say well just what is it a couple tan stripes a couple black stripes and a red stripe is that the Burberry and you say well just that's uh, trademarked uh, you know but I mean I don't think you could trademark a lulling soothing podcast uh, uh, but I don't know if you, you can or not and then you think about soda I had this soda today at lunch oh boy i wish i knew the name of this soda you know i think we're living in the next great era soda like a boutique uh, <laughs> bespoke handcrafted soda i had a soda and i think this is this new thing where there's you know small soda companies it costs the same as regular soda it was at a at a, at a like a, 
a quick service burger place, but you know, I think it was called, I don't want to say the name of it, but it, it was good. It was a good burger too. I was hungry and I needed lunch. I think it was $11 for a burger, fries, and a soda at a nice burger place. Not a fast food place, but served fast. A little bit like Chipotle, but they had this handcrafted soda and they had a cola. In this cola, I mean, I only had one. It was so good, I sipped it. Plus, I didn't want to have to go pee too many times during Hal and Mark's show. So, but it, and I don't even know what the other flavors were, but it was good. So I'm still here in the same spot, um, but I'm thinking maybe this will be a Skybridge tour. There's a horn. Uh, hopefully it's not a wakey horn. And uh, it wasn't. It just said, hey, I'm turning here, or hey, uh, whatever. It was probably the nicest horn I've ever heard. I heard one just like that earlier. But I, maybe today will be a Skybridge tour. We have one Skybridge down, now two Skybridges. I'm saying let's get 10 minutes on every Skybridge. Can we do an entire Skybridge episode? You know, and what would be, you know, bridges between buildings? 1980, bridges between buildings. But when did Skybridges fall out of favor? I mean, they're not... They're not told. I mean, I'm just sitting up here, just as I said, I'm watching one, two, three. Uh, I just saw a U-Haul with a motorcycle on the back, two Ubers in a row, and haven't seen any of the pink mustache cars, but uh, it doesn't mean they're not around. I am outside, not that far from a hotel one of my friends stayed at when he was working in town not that long ago. Seeing an orangish car, a lot of gray cars. Is it the number one color car in America? One, two, three, four. There's two white cars and about 17 gray cars. There's a beige car, but I'd call it gray. Silver gray car. I'd count silver, by the way, as gray. Then a blue car. Black Volvo uh, midsize SUV. Then a black Beamer here. Turning the corner smooth. The podcast that describes slow-moving traffic. Dark gray, silver, silver green. Blue, gray, black, white, silver, black, silver, gray, old, gray, silver. What's the one? Audi. That's the one with the circles, right? Black Audi. Packages in the passenger seat. Midsize SUV. Uh, you know, I don't see a lot of full-size SUVs. Let's see what I see in the distance. Another midsize SUV. A lot of cars caravan or whatever they're called uh what are those things called that you put a family in uh, what really what are they called i can't think family minivan uh, uh, uber minivan freezer truck uh cargo van in the distance i see a full-size suv but you know gas prices here are high and uh then anyway let's see what we got tell us the colors it's two gray and a grayish gray black another audi gray Silver, gray, black, white, black, and a white, uh, older car, older car, just barely going. Here comes the, you can hear the chatter and the pitter-patter of a frozen food truck right under us live here at Sleep With Me Podcast, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We just witnessed a refrigerated truck pass directly under where this podcast is being recorded today this moment 
uh, right here. Bus going by. It was an advertisement for a marathon. A big bus with some tourists on it, 30% filled on the top. And brake sounds, you hear those, uh, you know. And now traffic's a little bit slower. I guess traffic must move, move. Does traffic move in its own rhythm? I don't think it does. Or maybe, it does, you know. What are good traffic songs? Not to earworm anybody. There goes a uh, nice-looking Honda. I don't know what that was. And then a Honda midsize SUV in silver. Silver VW. A cab. That's rare. Uh, silver Audi. A lot of these Aud- Audi's popular. Or what is that? What is the circle one again? That is Audi, I believe. Land Rover. There's an SUV for you. Wow. And that is the sound of the man looking at the traffic. Uh, okay, so we'll be back here in a minute. Okay, I'm here. On Skybridge number three. Now, Skybridge has got a little motion to it. I don't know what that's about, but, or, you know, my heels have some motion to it. But now I'm on Skybridge number three. I can see something that looks like a potential Skybridge number four. I'm uh, over Front Street and uh, I can see a sign for Davis uh, between Embarcadero Center and the Punchline Comedy Club. Uh, this was what gave me the idea of this sky bridge here. I said, wow, this one's got a nice view. I can see the, uh, let's see, the SCO from the San Francisco on the ferry building, the backside of SCO. I can see one of the pylons of the Bay Bridge. I can see some steady motion of traffic on the Bay Bridge going in two directions. The sky is cloudless. Well, no, that's not true. I just saw a wispy cloud up into my right. But, you know, looking straight ahead. Again, I don't know. I guess I'm looking due east because to my back, if I went backwards uh, for a while, I think I'd hit the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, I guess I'm, uh, I'm facing east. The Bay Bridge is to, the, to my east. Electric bus just passing by. The California one it had a nice hum to it. I don't know. You know, uh, I don't know if I could put out put out a uh, ambient bus sounds, but I mean, probably I could. And you're wondering. I know what you're really asking yourself if you're lying there. Scoots, what color? You know, this. I don't want to make any. I don't want to sound totally out there. But the cars on this street are different colors. There's, uh, I just saw a red car. That might be my first red car of the day. And now I see, well, I guess maybe not. Now I see two black cars, a silver and a gray. Well, no, no, there's like a turqu- turquoise uh, Ford uh, car. There goes a white car. There's another silver. Oh, another red. Not cheer- more of a maroon. You're right, Brain. That was more of a, oh, and then a, a convertible Mini red cherry red i think one time i maybe i told the story in the podcast before maybe not my family always had uh, uh station wagons and we would drive my, my family would drive it till it was like towards the end of its usable life and at one point i think we had a silver green no maybe it was still like we had two ones with the wooden sides like you'd see it, or like, uh, you know, historians will see when they uncover what it was like to be a child in the 80s. Uh, 
Uh, but growing up, we had three station wagons that I can think of right now. Uh, two of which I think were like Oldsmobile family. I think that's where my uh, my grandfather worked at an Oldsmobile dealership. But they both had the wooden, fake wooden sides, and both were blue. One was a sky blue turquoise color. And the other one was a navy color. And uh, then we had a light silver green color one. And I think at one point, whatever the second station wagon we had was, was getting retired close to when I was turning 16. And my dad took me aside one day and he looked at the car. And my dad's a bit like me, you know, out there with, uh, and he said, and he did use these, I'm pretty sure he used the word boss. Which in those days, you know, my dad didn't use terms like that. To characters on TV, maybe use them. But he said, you know what would look really boss with this station wagon? If you get it painted cherry red and, you know, really wax it up. And, you know, this is the first time I think in my life I realized how, delu like, that I said, I'm not the only delusional one in this family. Uh, like, with no, I mean, I think... I don't do a lot of things for irony's sake, but I think the best, your best bet if you're going to get a station wagon and turn it red, it's either straight, hey, look at me. Well, no, I guess there's another possibility, which is more my dad. I love cherry red things, and I love station wagons. And station wagons did have powerful engines. Usually they'd have a V8, so they would be very, they'd have some great pickup, especially with no kids in the car. And, uh... Yeah, my dad said, let's get, it let's get this thing done in cherry red, which we didn't happen, of course. Uh, and, uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm still watching the traffic going by. Nothing out of the ordinary. Silver and black cars with an occasional white car. If you count, well, if we count silver and gray as one thing, which, of course, so, you, you know, there is a difference. But in this thing, I, count, I would count maroon and red as the same. Well, one of the new Priuses with the... Uh, that interesting back to it with the, uh, it's kind of like a curved brake light. So there's a silver BMW right next to, these are both mid-size SUVs. I didn't, I had no idea. I mean, I'd say the RAV4, I don't, you know, I don't sell cars. That's a small SUV, like, which I'd say that's probably all you need. Or what is the, what is it, CRV or the RAV4? These ones are a little bit bigger. That's why, what makes it a mid-size. And then I think you have a full-size SUV and then monster size. Okay, so I'm turning around because uh, now I'm facing what I believe is west. And, you know, the sun's not heading west. But we got a very beautiful view of the, tra uh, what is it, the Transamerica Tower. One of the things that brought me to San Francisco, when I was a kid, they must have been building this thing or something, and it was in my history book, along with a picture of Alcatraz. And I said, that's where I want to live. Well, I want to live where Alcatraz is. Uh, and you know, now as an adult, I really am like, Alcatraz, eh? But I can feel it, like, deep within my gut, this yearning to be a part of Alcatraz as a child. Uh, it had such a mystique to me. And for some reason, this Transamerica Tower, Transamerica Pyramid, your right brain, uh, has this uh, similar association. I, you know, I lived in New York, and New York's got its share of uh, 
really excellent buildings. And I don't know how, like, I guess, like, you know, I just have, I love that building. I'd say, well, you know, for San Francisco, it's very different. You know, in a city with a lot of skyscrapers, it might be forgettable. But to me, uh, I love it. And then I'm looking uphill, so I've, I don't know which street we're on exactly, but one of the east-west San Francisco streets, and I can see the hill. It's blocked by the trees a little bit, and at the top of the hill, I believe that's the Mark Hopkins Hotel. It has a radio tower, which I've never noticed till this day, a very tall radio tower on the roof of it. may not be the Mark Hopkins, but I think it is. Uh, just so that would make the street, the street that goes up to the Mark Hopkins Hotel, I think, which is across the street from the Fairmount Hotel. And down here uh, on the street side is a bike sharing thing. Uh, I don't know the name of it, uh, but that's cool. And there's bikes that are out and there's bikes that are available. Uh, Punchline Comedy Club, top punch comedy club here in San Francisco, right to my side. And traffic's moving. Saturn SUV, I'd say that's almost a higher size. I mean, they don't make those anymore, but that looked like it was closer to a full size. And yeah, we're here on Skybridge number three. I'm presuming my br my brother was going to meet me to be my crew. And uh, he, he, yeah, he my phone has buzzed, but I said to myself, Scoots, let's get 10 minutes at e like a minimum of 10 minutes uh, audio at each uh, Skybridge. And then we'll assess that bright red Fiat beyond cherry red just passed under me. And wow, it had, that had an impact for some reason. I don't know if that car was just cleaned, but bravo. Um, I don't know if we have enough Skybridge. They said, well, we need about 70 or 80 minutes of audio to be safe, uh, to get 50 minutes of a podcast episode here. Um but yeah, we're, I'm looking here. Car, oh, old school Ford pickup truck, going underneath rusty roof and everything. Wow, history being made and history just drove right by me, and frozen stuff. Uh, you know, earlier refrigerated stuff. So you know, I guess this is like living a dream. You know, bus is going underneath me. My phone is buzzing in my pocket, but I say, Scoots. Let's get the audio. Let's get it clean. This is a podcast that puts people to sleep. I Oh, the sun just struck a flag. Uh, not sure what nation's flag it is. It has red and blue. It's about 10 blocks away. But the sun's shining on it. It's flowing. And uh, looks like it has red, blue, maybe a white star or shape on it. And that's all I can see. It's flowing in the breeze as a bus glides under us, sets us at ease with its humming. Uh, another person skates by on a scooter. And, you know, I'm scooter. I'm here. And I'm going to head. I can see our next skybridge. And we're, we're doing pretty good. No security guards. Three. We've done three skybridges without, even at the Dickens Fair where I had uh, permission I had about 12 run-ins with security guards, and you know me and authority figures. So, uh, and also in front of, I'm still by Embarcadero 1, there's a nice silver sculpture. Looks a bit like a whistle uh, that I'm seeing. But yeah, I'm going to move on to another Skybridge, and I'll be back soon. Okay, so we're in the middle of a little detour here. Uh, 
Now, I guess I just thought of the next uh, live episode I could do would be, um, you know, there's rooftop gardens that are supposed to, I guess when you build a building in San Francisco, you have to do green space, and there's like all these rooftop gardens. I think there's a lot of good blogs dedicated to them. And that's something I've always said I wanted to do, and I've been, you know, just for fun, not even for, uh, what is this called, a podcast. But here I am, I'm outside the punchline, I didn't realize there's these mini sculptures. There's this very um, geometric sculpture I'm standing in front of. I'm presuming it's copper, or whatever pennies are made of, because it's uh, got that rusty Lady Liberty look to it, uh, patina. I've been waiting to use that, and this is it. It's got a patina of green, and let me get a a couple steps closer. I'm uh, within, uh, it's a lot of triangles. Holy holy isosceles institutes. Uh, It's got a lot of triangles. Uh, uh, It almost looks like a bit of a triangular vortex. I'm uh, close to the patina now. And I'm a little bit away uh, from the Embarcadero, so I have a view of a couple more more modern buildings. Uh, they look nice. I always wonder, I guess I could, this is another reason I don't work in office-related businesses. Or the times I have, I've always been, you know, I haven't had it. Because if I had a view from some of these offices, uh, even if I didn't have a sleep podcast, I'd probably stay up there and, you know, just... Uh, uh, look and, and things like that and yeah so and then I'm looking wow there's a lot of lights on in the Embarcadero Center I don't know if people are working uh, but it, it looks like probably they are it's Saturday 4pm um, yeah can't see anything you know I see some files stacked up so somebody's been stacking some files close to the window I mean holy waste of if somebody get you know get really, I could be looking out that window. I could I, I'll lease your window space from you uh, for zero point zero. I don't know if you hear that. There's like one bird tweeting. Uh, that's nice, a lone bird. Yeah, and there's also this. I guess I like a, this. Is another building doesn't get many uh, props. It has like the exterior steel girders right in front of the punchline. Um, which I guess is a look that obstructs your window views. I don't know what years this was popular. Uh, you know, it, it's a look, and it's a look I like. Uh, exoskeleton, I guess that's exactly, you're right. It's an exoskeleton building. Uh, but we're here, we're on a sculpture build. Uh, we're, we're on a sidetrack. Wait a second, I, I think I just saw an unexplored sky bridge. Because there's another little sculpture garden. I mean, a one sculpture. Sculpt, sculpture garden means more than one sculpture. But when you go look at a sculpture, sculptures garden. Why don't they call it that? A garden of sculptures. This is a sculpture garden with one sculpture. Uh, I'm gonna go to that. But I just saw another sky bridge. So I'm gonna walk, and I'll be back soon. So I'm at the entrance of this uh, second sculpture here, and I just realized this is a nice. These like two little. Uh, Sculpture gardens are perfect for people with pets uh, that have pet bags. And, you know, where else? Uh, there's not a massive amount of apartment buildings around here, but there are two that right within my view. Uh, so it's like, you know, you get your dog or your cats. I guess your cat has a litter. You know, your dog or your, you know, other, you know, you got to go to the bathroom. But there's a sculpture here. 
Golden Gateway Center collection of fine art. And it's a standing figure, knife-edged, by Henry Moore, dedicated to the city of San Francisco by Golden Gate Building Company, 1967. So I don't know how, if that's how old this exoskeleton building is, or just this uh, smaller building that contains uh, the punchline and uh, looks like another company. But yeah, it's a nice uh, figure, a uh, knife-edged uh, sculpture standing. And uh, I really like it. Uh, it. It almost looks like it's holding its arms up to the exoskeleton building, facing it, facing east. Though you could say it's facing west. You say, well, front side, back side. And I have a little bit different view of the Transamerica Pyramid now kind of standing alone, jutting up, uh, some trees in front of it, some wispy clouds behind it. Uh, looks good. It looks nice. Uh, very peaceful here. A couple birds chasing one another. Finches. We ever figure out? Oh, I see a robin. I believe that's a robin. Oh, that is a robin. I, I say, uh, robin, hello. Uh, how you doing? And you can probably hear them tweeting... Uh, and then I see, wow, just looking at the bush. Uh, so there's a brick building in front of me, small squat, but it's got uh, what seems to be vines covering it, and then a bush with uh, some flowers that are blooming. I'm not sure if they're morning glories. They're pinkish. One of the robins is staring right at me. I'm not kidding. Just bowed its head to try to hear me. But Oh, and here comes another. Wow, this could be the... The podcast, it's been taken over by robins. I have two of them. I mean, the robins are looking at me just like Koa does. Like, uh, you're going to take me for a walk? Do I have birdseed for you? No. What about some suet? Is that what, is that what you, you people eat? Suet? I mean all birds. Yeah, you, I'm making a podcast that puts people to sleep. I don't know if do birds have trouble sleeping. You're tapping the ground. Does that mean anything? Are you a robin? Tap once for yes. Ignore me. Moving like Koa. Saying, well, I'll move over here. I'm going to look at you again. Then I'm going to move and look at you again. Standing up straight. This robin has extra, like, uh, not extra. Excellent posture on this robin. Excellent, excellent posture. I don't know if this segment will be usable. I can't tell with the wind we have here. But this robin has excellent posture. And uh, you do. I, 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 you do. Ooh, did you? Oh, boy. I've seen nature. I, I think the robin f- threw a piece of, uh, what do you call that bark that you, uh, uh, like it, it threw something thinking it was a worm, like a relief. It said, oh, wait, I got another. Okay. I think Hitchcock's from around here. You better get him on the phone because I got another robin. Watching me talking to the other robin. Okay, here I am. I'm on uh, Skybridge number four. And I did about uh, six minutes of material that wasn't recorded. You didn't miss anything except for a robin going by and and saying, tweeting, or, you know, chirping at me. But I'm on a, this Skybridge is a little bit more homey of a Skybridge. The other ones were very, had a very corporate feel. Uh, this one, the, uh, what do you call this, the guardrail looks a little bit more, I don't know, I think maybe it's the property of these apartment buildings that are nearby. 
because uh, it just it, it has a, it's more cash. This is the most cash size sky bridge I've been on all day. And I'm looking west or east still, still mixing that up. Even on the last segment that didn't get recorded, I said uh, that. But I can see what I believe is Emeryville. I can still see the Bay Bridge. I see two buses on the Bay Bridge right now. I can see another sky bridge. Uh, if we get there, we get there. One sky bridge at a time, you know. It's all we can ask for. In silver, two mid-size SUVs in silver gray just drove underneath um but yeah you can see the this the hills behind emeryville of oakland and berkeley are still aglow in sunlight a bathe uh, as is the bridge and you know the speckles of the buildings reflecting the sun i see a yoga ball and an office window uh, people still out walking. Blue car. I can see a blue car. That's, uh, you know, better than not a blue car. And, you know, you can hear the chatter of uh, late Saturday afternoon chatter. And some more cars coming. Peaceful here. Uh, restful. This is, uh, I guess I don't want to be controversial, but this isn't exactly my favorite part of the day. I guess because this would be the time... I think this is the time of day that's just meant for naps, and, you know, we don't really, especially in the winter, but maybe then you'd say, well, it's a little too late for a nap. Saturday, it's probably four now, and then you say, well, geez, and then you got to make dinner plans. This is when I actually like to record a podcast. Uh, rarely do, uh, but get it done before dinner. In this hour, and probably tied to when I couldn't sleep. It's just like this late Saturday reminded me that Sunday was coming. But now, if we take this, uh, you know, we're on Skybridge number four. I can see our next Skybridge, but I'm going to take one Skybridge at a time. Uh, take them as they come. The silver cars, they're too too many to, to take as they come. They just keep coming and coming. And believe it or not, people are walking their dogs now. Just as I said, that dog park is just perfect for walking dogs. That jingle jangle was a couple of pups, you know, out saying, "Hey, you know, we got, we got, we need some relief." But yeah, I got a view here, and it's a, it's a nice view. It's, it's I mean, you, you talk about views that are made for a silly podcast. Looking down a street on a Saturday. Watching silver and gray cars go. Somebody just looked up at me from their car. It was a passenger. And he looked up. He said, what is that guy doing up there? I mean, that's what his eyes said. He was sitting on his hands. So he could have just been trying to warm his hands while he was looking up. Um, but, you know, I don't know that for a fact. And But, you know, of course, my ego says, uh, he was like, what is that guy doing? Is he counting... The silver and gray cars and the uh, mid-size SUV. No, too many, too many to count. I think four just went under me, and then a black VW, now black Lexus, and here comes another car. Color, hmm, that's a tough one. I don't know if that was the dark navy or black, and now a silver gray V Volkswagen. Those are a white Toyota and a maroon. I don't know that that car company. I mean, Hyundai. I believe that's a Hyundai. Yeah. Does a Hyundai's H not look much like an H? Then it was a Hyundai. Um, I, I think my parents drive a Hyundai or a Kia. Which one? I don't know. Uh, yeah. And 
And I'm going to head out. I'm going to head out to the next sky bridge. You know, but I'm going to take it one step at a time. If I get there, you'll hear from me soon. But yeah, I'm slowly approaching this sculpture, slowly walking to see. It is a bronze horse, so I was right. It doesn't say anything about, uh, you know, anybody. Bronze horse by Marino Marini. Marino Marini. Dedicated to the city San Francisco Golden Gateway Building Company, 1967. Another nice one. Uh, very... I don't know if it's been, um, like, a very flat head on this horse. Uh, I don't know if that was a decision or a result. You know, the horse has no ears, uh, but maybe its ears have been, you know, taken by jokers, would be my guess. Or the, okay, so if I'm standing, right now I'm standing. Like, uh, this is a bronze horse, but it's sniffing my ear. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, oh, that's nice. I mean, the, ho the horse's uh, nostrils are in my ear uh, here on Sleep With Me. And uh, it's nice. And it's a nice horse. Bronze. I guess that other sculpture was... Are all the sculptures here bronze? That's a great question. That would be good for a tour guide, not me. Oh, he signed it on the, one of the horses. It's a rump, right? That's like what you call... Uh, or flank, a, the side, uh, this like the the muscle that a human would work out in squats. Um, it says Marino, uh, Mar Marino, M-A-R-I-N-O. And the horse has a short tail. Again, I don't know if the tail was a victim uh, or it just uh, the, the, this artist preferred a short-tailed, earless horse. Uh, you know, I went through the desert on a horse with no tail, and the bugs it were awful. Sleep with me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And yeah, we got a great sound of the sculpture. Really good view uh, of, uh, what is this, Embarcadero 2. It, uh, it, wow, actually, like there's a reflection of the buildings behind me a little bit. I don't see any humans, but I see, again, again, I don't want to call any people up, but there are files stacked in some of the windows again. And that's not something I, I mean, you know, oh, by the way, also, before I go on a complaining tirade, the uh, fountain uses recycled water here, so it's not using fresh water. But they still stack their boxes in front of windows. But yeah, like a decent amount of lights on, not every floor. Uh, but I don't see anybody, but not really, like, I guess there's a lot of desks up against the window, so it'd be hard for me to see somebody if they're sitting at their desk. They'd be, like, just the angle is not good. Um, but yeah, it, uh, the building looks good. The building's in shadow, but the buildings behind me are a little bit in the sun. My arm's getting tired for some reason from holding this mic. And I'm going to slowly walk. This will be a little experiment, a little more walking here. I like to stand still when I'm recording the podcast because this is because I'm heading over these flower planters here. Wow. And I don't know, I, I assume they're real. Like they're almost look like they're from another planet. Shining, uh, gleaming, uh, look like they're uh, slimy berries and then there's an ivy type plant with these flowers that are just uh, they're uh, I mean violets with red and uh, they look a little bit like an orchid but only from someone that doesn't really know what you know I, I know what an orchid looks like 
I don't think these are or maybe they are is, it, is there any kind of ivy based orchid uh, I can't take a picture because I have uh, a recorder in one hand and a mic in the other and I want to keep my equipment quiet but I'm still walking and I'm walking a slow pace to Skybridge is this gonna be Skybridge number five and this will be another one of our non-corporate sky bridges if we get there. I'm moving at a sloth's pace. Uh, sleep with me. I mean, this is the exact pace the podcast should be that I'm walking. I don't know if you can feel it, but I can feel it. I'm moving slow. I, I mean, maybe I could keep this pace to, like to say, okay, Scoots, talk right at this pace, like when I'm in the the this, like in the climbing closet, and say, slow down. Slow down and talk a little slower. You're going at the pace. You know, speak at the pace. If you were walking, your bag wouldn't make any noise and cords wouldn't knock. My neck is getting knocked, though. Um, we got a good, good quality bird noise. And I'm crossing our threshold to the next bridge. Now, the wind is picking up, so I don't know what our sound is going to be like out here. I'm crossing the threshold of Skybridge number five, I believe, and uh, this is one of our more cash, cash Skybridges on our Skybridge tour today. The wind's a little more intense, so I got to be a little bit more careful, and hopefully we'll get usable sound here as I step out on this sky. I think I just spotted yet another mystery Skybridge. The Skybridge Discovery Tour, that is what this would be called. Uh, I mean, the only tour where your money, you know, you get your money back as soon as you sign up for it. Uh, but yeah, I have the same east-west view. I definitely can only face east because the wind is at my back, and it's a decent wind. Uh, I see two red cars, one is an M uh, mid-size SUV behind a mid-size SUV in front of a full-size SUV. And so that's, you know, that's something we haven't seen today. And then an American midsize SUV in red. Then a full size, a double, oh, that's a supersize. What is that, a Range Rover, a Land Rover. That's a, that's a big one. Whoa, and then a dark, dark maroon Mercedes full size SUV. A lot of SUVs in this time of day. And I, I really have seen another Skybridge. So this is the Skybridge Discovery Tour. It's only available in audio form uh, because uh, it's to put you to sleep. Uh, so maybe I'll only catch a few minutes on this Skybridge, especially with the wind. But, you know, this is the first time I've seen the top of the San Francisco Ferry Building. I can see the bell tower. And actually, from this angle, I really haven't had a chance to look at it like this before and it's paused uh, to see that it's a tower that has, so it has two square, it's a square clock tower but then on it on top of the t square clock tower it gets smaller you know uh, whatever you, I don't I'm not good like a cake you know each layer and then there's another square box uh, part of the tower and then two uh, two levels of uh, ovular tower then a d small dome topped off by a flat I mean that is the kind of place I mean if, if dreams really do come true uh, one day I'll be doing a podcast from the top of that. Or if you work at Cal Berkeley, I'd love to do one from your clock tower. Maybe even the top of these buildings. I'd like to get the... Um... So, yeah, if, if you own a, a, a tower, 
especially yeah, if if you personally own a tower, holy mackerel, you know, you know, give me an invite. Uh, red car. So red car is like our third, other than silver, uh, which we count as gray, black and white cars. I think red variations on red. That's another good one. That could be a book. Variations on red. And I'm looking up this street. Oh, this is the same street I was looking up before, but now the... Well, that's weird. I, I don't see the Mark Hopkins Hotel. So maybe... Uh, okay, I guess like, wow. One full block in uh, the tower halved in size? Does anybody Is anybody good with math? Is that possible? I think it is. Uh, wow. There's another one. The Power of Perspective. What do we call it? The Hidden... Sky, Sky, Skybridge Discovery Tour, the power of perspective, and uh, I'm going to move on here. I'm going to be very cautious because uh, again, I don't know what our wind issues are, and I'm heading through. This is Whale Ship Plaza, uh, they call it, and uh, people are out. And now we're heading into the you know dinner hour, so people are out. But I was I'm pick, I picked up my pace there, so I had to pause. Because my bag started making noise. I got a little excited here to be in Whaleship Plaza. Again, this got a little bit of a 70s feel to it. A lot of uh, cement and brick and some planters. Not, I mean, I guess like there's a couple issues with these uh, these forced plazas. Uh, I mean, I, definitely I'm no Roman Mars, but I say if they're not getting hit by sunlight for a certain number of hours a day... I think that's like one thing that you know creates an issue because you say, I, well, especially in the Bay Area, you say, well, I need some sunlight because uh, that makes it better. Sunlight makes it better. Sky Skybridge Discovery Tour. But I mean, I can't believe really. I, I started this today out, and I said, well, a couple of days ago, I said, well, if I'm going to go to this show, I'd like to record an episode after at some point. If I'm going to be in San Francisco. And then I said, well, maybe I'll do a walk along the Embarcadero. And then, you know, you heard it at the beginning. I said, well, I wonder if I could start recording on the Skybridge without getting in trouble with security. And and since then, I've set forth on a walk and, and discovered Skybridge after Skybridge. I, I mean, I knew maybe three of them existed. But, I mean, this is the Skybridge Center of San Francisco, I mean, <laughs> that I've discovered but I gotta tell you, like I don't like I really shouldn't be playing favorites since I've just started on this Skybridge tour. But this one might be my favorite. It, it looks like it has a little bit of an arch to it over the road. It has the same cash feel as the non-corporate Skybridges, but its uh, handrails have been painted within the last 20 years. And then it has uh, four lights, uh, the globe lights. Uh, that you would see around like college campuses or buildings and that were built in the 70s and 80s but they look good i mean they fit the the style and i'm getting close i'm about to cross i just crossed the threshold and you can hear the traffic that was a, a full-size suv in black and i'm stepping out here and i have a view of another a ground level plaza park not sure what it's called in San Francisco. We're at Davis, 
in Front Street and one of the east-west streets. Uh, I'm not sure which one. And there's a park here that I've probably driven by or probably circled trying to park. Um, there's a couple of people enjoying it, even though they just have, like, holding mackerel, live bell sounds. Wow, we are lucky. Oh, I'm having a somatic response to those. They feel good. One. I can't hear him. And I'm talking over him. Yeah, I, and I guess that's a... The thing with the sleep podcast, I can't pause too long. The silences wake people up if I start talking in after, because then they say, well, I thought the... And now I'm seeing... Talk about this. I mean, this Skybridge Discovery Tour, it may not... You know, I may have one or two paying customers, because I can see another yet undiscovered Skybridge. Um, I mean, you could if you hated walking at street level here in this part of San Francisco, you could walk three blocks without ever saying I don't want like well you know I, I don't like being on street level I just prefer I consider myself above you know crust above and I prefer to walk above uh you know I prefer my you know I, I you know Michael Jordan was my hero and I like to sky you know even though he was Air Jordan I consider myself the sky stroller and when I stroll I stroll above the masses I stroll on sky bridges so yeah, here I am. And I, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, what, again, I've, I've had trouble joking about breaking Guinness records. But what is the uh, Guinness Book of World Records podcast is recorded on consecutive sky bridges? It's zero, probably. And today it's skyrocketed to six and possibly more. And I mean, this is again, you know, who knew as a little boy, uh, you know, my, my dream come true would be to make sleep podcasts. But I mean, you could be witnessing the transformation of sleep with me. And you say, well, you know, he was, he did do that sleep podcast for a while. But then he became, you know, Skybridge walking tour magnate he is today. And that's when Skybridges came back into vogue. You know, because people that consider themselves vogue level, you know, stopped wanting to walk. You know, say they, they it caught on in a way... Unfortunately, that altered the face of uh, the globe. You know, but we don't have to talk about that today. It's one Skybridge historical moment at a time here. Uh, so, yes, yeah, Skybridge number six. Oh, yeah, you're right. I should look west. Right now, we don't have uh, our wind is pretty good here. No, it's not. Okay, the wind just. But yeah, I'm looking up this street, and I'm not sure which street it is, uh, but these are east west, uh, east west streets of San Francisco. Wind is picking up, so I'm going to have to move on. Uh, but, you know, a lot to look at. I mean, I, literally, I, I could probably do it from one location, the whole thing, you know. But there's sky bridges to be walked, and that's why I'm here to take you, uh, you know, to discover. They're, they're awaiting discovery, and I'm still walking slow. Maybe I'll just kind of try to keep walking slow. My brother's here with me uh, now. I think he's on the phone or he's looking at a tree 
He's wiping his nose. He doesn't know I'm observing him, or maybe he does. So I won't observe him any longer. And uh, I know there's still sky bridges to be found. And now I'm at a, a turning point. I say, do I head left or do I head... Do I go to the known or the unknown? You're right, Scoots. Let's head to the unknown, where Skybridge's awaits. Okay, and you you asked for it and you wanted it. The road, the sky, the road in the sky less taken. I literally I listened to you, in your collective gut and my gut, and have already stumbled upon another Skybridge, and I've lost count. I know we're in the S's, so I don't know if we're in six or seven. We could be at eight, but I'm just steps away from yet another sky bridge. This one with more modern lighting, uh, but railing needs to be painted. Second uh, coffee place that starts with an S uh, within a few blocks. Oh, and this is like a pedestrian boulevard uh, closed off to traffic except parking. It has a sculpture there at the end of the street. And... Uh, yeah, it's just good cooking smell in the air, too. Oh, Safeway. It does smell like Safeway's frying something. I can see some more sky bridges in the distance, you know, because you can't walk every sky bridge. I mean, I think that's what we're learning on this sky bridge discovery tour. I mean, you can try. Uh, holy cow, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I could see, I think it's Pier 39, blocks and blocks away. In between me and Pier 39, I mean, blocks uh, blocks away is another sky. This really is, I had no idea. Uh, I'm really lucky to make this podcast sometimes. And one day, you know, I'll have grandchildren or something or, you know, be in a home. And you'll be like, uh, well, tell us about the glory days you had. Oh, I, I remember a day when, there were, when I wa- went walking and found some sky bridges. Okay, folks, my Skybridge tour was, uh, we finally did have an encounter with uh, security at a distance. But uh, I guess I, I wanted to be argumentative. But the spirit of the Skybridge told me, um, well, they said, just move along. This is, I said, this isn't this a public park? Uh, but I think it's, I guess I don't know. So all these Skybridges... Uh, oh, the birds are saying, hey, uh, bridge among bridges uh, are meant to be skied. I think I was making up, oh, when I, before I was interrupted. Oh, before I was interrupted, I was saying, oh, one day I'll be at a home. I'll be like, oh, I remember the day I was walking sky bridge after sky bridge. Uh, and I'm back at the plaza with the fountain. You'll hear the fountain. I, I want to check out this next sculpture and see what it is made of and say, hey, is that a metal sculpture? It, it, it's one of four. What was it made of? They weren't made of iron, uh, but it was made of uh, copper. Or I, I wanted to say I thought they were going to be copper. And I already forgot. This one's more silver, though. I can see it, but now the wind's picking up, too. But you can hear the fountain as I walk along, approaching the fountain, getting closer. 
slower walking. I can see the sign on the sculpture. And what does it say? Now, this, maybe this is a newer one. If not, maybe it's stainless steel. Uh, or maybe it just looks good at a distance. It uh, almost looks like a modern model of a building. Um, it is uh, Limits of Horizon 2 by Jan Peter Stern, 1968. Uh, but it looks pretty good. And uh, Limits of Horizons 2. It's uh, It's got some wavy... I don't know, it looks almost like the exterior of a modern museum. And I stand here, I look at another sky bridge, and it says to me, Hey, come on out and uh, give me a walk. Okay, so I'm at the cusp of what may be our last sky bridge. It's a corporate one, and uh, the day is waning and the wind is increasing. And you can't walk every sky bridge, it turns out. Some are on private property. And some are just too windy uh, to record. But now you can see half of San Francisco's sign on the ferry building. I'm over Clay Street. And I see uh, mid-size SUVs. One blue, light blue, and one black. And then one silver gray. And then one black with a chair on its roof. Looks like a chair was just purchased on Craigslist. And the sun is going down. The birds are still chirping. I'm not sure if you can hear them deep in the distance. Uh, but the birds are still chirping here at Clay and Davis Street or nearby it. People are walking. And uh, people are walking and water is flowing. And, uh, you know, ideally, people, you, the rest of you are resting uh, as I carry you off. And I say to myself, as I say, wonder, did I, how many minutes did I get? Because uh, I've been recording in little segments uh, to try to make sure everything got recorded. And, uh, you know, I say, well, I could fill up some more time. I can look at the cars gently gliding by when you're up here in the sky the cars drive gently by and you know I don't need Dr. Seuss to tell me that I can just observe it I just saw the car with the chair on roof go left uh, and uh, then a, a full size SUV go right in silver I see a bus uh, it's warning hazards are on I think it's probably uh, reconnecting to the grid and really some good bird action right where I'm standing. Really good bird action. And uh, people walking. A good day for a warm beverage uh, today, today right, right at this particular moment. I mean, this is a perfect day for a warm beverage. Uh, now, warm beverages are not included on the Skybridge. What do we call it? The Skybridge? I thought it had an S in it. Skybridge Sighting Tour? Skybridge Sea Sighting Tour, Skybridge Discovery Tour, is that what I called it? I thought it had an S in whatever the title was. Uh, but now another security guard's approaching, so I'm going to have to go. So good night and sleep tight, 
and don't let the bed bugs oh no no just uh, walking by doing a quick walk by uh they, they've walked right by and i said i wonder what that guy's up to and i said well i gotta move i call it the 23 skidoo because i'm i said well this would be tough to get my approval for the sky bridge which when you're on a sky bridge you're only in the property of the sky uh by the way by the by here on the Skybridge tour where I'm trying to eat up about three or four more minutes. Uh, but oh man, now the wind is picking up and the birds are chirping. A lot of birds flying about two and a half blocks away. There's some tall trees and another open space. And I uh, haven't seen my brother in a while, uh, but I'm sure he, he's, probably, he's sketching something somewhere uh, or planning. He showed me a new panda planner. He was just, I said, wow, that is, it's a lot of, I don't know if anybody's familiar with this. And if you're still awake, don't think about Panda Planners, but maybe look into it tomorrow. I know I will. Oh, Maroon. uh, What do they, we could decide those are called? Family vans. And then a mid-size SUV, then another family van. Uh, I forgot what they were called. But yeah, I'm here. I'm in the sky. And it's time to say goodbye. Good night. Mm, sleep tight. And it should be pretty fun. I'm going to go kind of straight into the episode. Sometimes these, uh, um, sometimes these, uh, these can be a little bit longer. Uh, these these intros, but yeah, send my voice across the deep dark night to take your mind off stuff. So if you're new here, welcome. This is a different episode. Not all our episodes are filmed, on, uh, recorded on location. And you may have, I have to get straight into the episode because I'm so distracted. Uh, but yeah, I'm your, I'm your boyfriend. I want to, you kick back if you're new here. Listen. And I'm just going to describe what I see from my room. You know, take some meanders, ponder some thoughts. Probably do two different segments. One it's uh, about dinner time here, and I'll explain where I am and why I'm here, and then uh, maybe tomorrow, oh, Megabus is going by. I saw it on the other side of the freeway, now it's going by. One dollar, the blue Megabus. See, I'm already distracted. I wonder if it's going right or straight. We will see here. I don't see the Megabus. It's behind the building. Maybe a red light waiting for the Megabus. Could have gone left and... Uh, there's a building my way, so I can't see the intersection. I can only see after the intersection. Still no sign of the megabus. Uh, waiting for the megabus here. But yeah, if you're hearing any noises, uh, five freeways. Uh, yeah, about. Uh, I don't know how far that is. Don't still don't see the megabus. Don't worry if I, the megabus should have gone through, so it probably went left or I'd missed it somehow. It could have made a hard right in this part, uh, right on the right where I can't see. But yeah, you can hear the sounds of the five freeway. It is, uh, it is about uh, five uh, thirty. It's five thirty-seven p.m. And I'm here in Burbank, California, um, uh, like uh, like uh, Los Angeles area. Uh, tonight, I'll, I'll be, by the time you hear this, I would have been a guest on Dan Harmon's uh, Harmon Town. So I hope that went good. I hope I was a good guest. But yeah, I'm staying here in the uh, in the Burbank Holiday Inn, and I happen to get a room 
I got really nervous and I said, like, I kept calling. I said, I got to get into the room early to record a show. And now it's 5 p.m. and I'm just getting to recording the show. Uh, but I'm here at Burbank. The sun is uh, is uh, slowly headed down. It's behind some clouds. Soon it'll be behind the other building for the Holiday Inn. But I happen to get this room with this great view. I said, what am I going to do an episode about? Uh, will I be able to do an episode while I'm in Burbank? Or will I, you know, because I don't like falling behind on shows. I want to have, you know, shows ready to go. But then when I, you know, go place, they say, well, let me do something a little different. So just in case anybody, I'm not sure of the date, October something, 24th or 23rd, if you were on the five headed north, pretty well, pretty much any time, I'm watching the actual freeway back up. Uh, looks like they're expanding the freeway here, the five. And you can actually see, like, at where the expansion is, it must at some point reduce in lanes. So traffic is at a crawl. And right when it gets to me, I, I wish I had a like, I wish I had an ability to fly because I could fly down and wave at everybody. Because where I can see the freeway directly across from where I'm looking, it's where traffic finally speeds up. And if anyone's wondering, it's in LA. It's right by the new IKEA. It walked by there earlier. It hasn't opened yet. I was tempted to try to sneak in, because that would have been awesome, and just wonder that would have been an episode. But then I would have probably gotten in trouble. But yeah, I have a view of what I believe is uh, like Griffith Park and all that. Uh, where the backside, I don't see the Hollywood sign, but uh, the hills above Los Angeles. I don't know. I'm not good at landmarks, and I don't pull out a map. Uh, L.A. Zoo should be somewhere there. Johnny Carson Park, I think. I saw that on Google Maps. I don't know. Like, I think uh, a couple cemeteries that I can see directly across from me. Radio Tower. Uh, beautiful stuff. You know, a normal human would probably not be in their hotel room. Uh, but as I said, we call my eye was the Megabus. Like, right when I started, oh, here goes a train. It's the Metro Line. Oh, and you can just hear it. How lovely. Metrolink. I think there's a train station and a bus station. Uh, I can see the bus depot. That's actually a station. Uh, there's like four buses parked there that I can see. Uh, it makes sense that Burbank would have uh, its own station, right? Um, and also what caught my eye first, and, and actually we, we lost a car, is the uh, right across from the freeway from my hotel is the uh, Hollywood Piano. And they're having a piano sale in case you're in the market for a piano. Now it's Sunday late afternoon, so uh, I don't know if there's a lot of I don't know what what their hours were, but there was a car, and the, there's, there's still one car left in the parking lot. So someone who, someone is working at Hollywood Piano. There was another vehicle in the parking lot before that. Uh, and I won't describe it, just you know, just in case somebody was supposed to, you know. But uh, And if there's other workers that are supposed to be there, there's a couple trucks. I don't know if those are piano delivery trucks. They look like uh, ice cream, tr uh, like frozen food delivery trucks. Uh, oh, a food truck just went by on the highway. Um, I wonder if anybody's looking into my room from the other room. I think the sun's reflecting off my windows, hopefully, because uh, hopefully there won't be anybody, you know, coming to get me in trouble. 
But yeah, the freeway's still backed up. Everyone's lights are on, which is nice. Oh, food truck drove by. Did I say that? There goes a... There's a lot of, like, uh, here comes a bus. And uh, let's see. So, so so let's start with the Hollywood piano and work our way. That's in the center of my viewing. And as I described, that's par- it's parking lot. Um, you know, wow, that's riveting, riveting, riveting stuff. I'm tempted to stand up, but I don't want to, re- re- you know, to do to, to to shuffle too soon. Uh, it's pretty boring, even for for a sleep podcast. So I'm definitely gonna have to work it here because behind uh, Hollywood Piano is the most descriptive, nondescript building. Uh, there's actually all the buildings behind Hollywood Piano. Talk about unlucky. One, two, three, four. Five and then a giant sixth, uh, not all nondescript buildings, nothing, not even even the uh, graffiti has been painted over recently. Uh, right at the Alameda Ave uh, exit, that's pretty funny. I think that's what that says. My eyes aren't perfect. Uh, on the local street, another orange bus going by, too far away for me to read its advertisements. But yeah, like, uh, to, who would think that I would get get uh, six nondescript buildings, uh, four in white, one in beige, and one in gray? You know, lots of uh, air conditioning units on the roof. So that's the next layer behind Hollywood Piano. The layer after that is uh, continuing the the theme of nondescript, uh, describing nondescript buildings. Sleep with me. The podcast, uh, you know, Makes you uh, wish you uh, it puts you to sleep. You know this is nice. Can you hear the freeway? That's the sounds of the cars uh, driving on by. Uh, yeah, but yeah, getting closer and then I'm getting closer to the window. Like that's going to help me describe things. But oh wow, there's a beautiful tree. So after the uh, nondescript buildings is another round of buildings that are nondescript, but their views being blocked by the nondescript buildings. Then after that is an angle, a street running at an angle instead of, uh, you know, uh, grids. And there seems to be some sort of municipal uh, lots. I see what look to be garbage trucks or street cleaning trucks. I see some utility or tree trimming trucks, some shuttle buses, uh, someone taking a bribe. No, no, no one's taking, no city employees or county employees are taking bribes. But that I can see, that was a bad joke. Uh, you know, just trying to think of something funny to say. But yeah, like what you would call a yard, uh, uh, like whatever they say, hey, go take this, uh, down and get it washed at uh, Johnson's Johnson's yard or something. It, why you know where they park trucks and stuff. Uh, another thing that comes is another uh, hotel. I see two people walking to their car. Uh, one and a man in a maroon shirt and blue shorts. And this is a another brand hotel. It has uh, some cool lights on the side of it. It's got some green lights. And the palm trees looks to be a pretty new hotel, smaller one, one you'd stay at long. Actually, I think I almost booked a room there, but I got a great deal here. And then how lucky did I get? I got to check in early so I could procrastinate, took a nap actually too. Wow. 
been a few months since I've taken a nap. That was am- holy, holy moly. The sun is amazing. It's behind the other uh, Holiday Inn building, but its rays are shooting up to a cloud, and they're separating into the you know heavens or you know the sky, like where you can actually see rays, uh, sun rays. And you really can't beat that. It looks holy mackerel. You get this one massive cloud. Now I have a bird flapping, flapping, flapping in front of the cloud. It's got to be miles away. I mean, maybe not. Maybe you say it's impossible, Scoots. But man, look at the the sky is a glow. I'm aghast, and the sky is a glow. And you know, we got the nice puffy clouds, and we also have the nice wispy clouds. Now, if you want a weather report to my left, though, it looks like it's going to rain. Uh, I'm leaning forward. I'm sitting in the uh, desk you just just to, to set the mood here. I'm right up against the window. I'm sitting in the uh, hotel room desk chair as close as I can get just so, you know, you get all those juicy, juicy uh, freeway sounds. And this, I guess it's meta because I, I was sleeping and I really found it comforting like, I was having trouble. I really needed a nap because I was stressed and tired because I didn't sleep good last night. And, and so I said, okay, come on, let's 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 get a nap on. And then I was having trouble sl- falling asleep. But I, so I was like, well, maybe I'll just lie here and rest. But I'd really love it if I could fall asleep. And then I drifted into the old sleep with me zone and I started hearing, uh, I heard trains I heard, you know, siren V. Oh, we got something. We have a woman in the parking lot of the hotel down there with a one of the brightest caps I've ever seen in my life. A neon peach. A neon. I don't know if it's quite pink. It's a neon coral. Wow, is that a bright hat? Um, and then she has a nice pink jacket in under her arm. And they just got out of an SUV, Uber, probably Uber SUV. Very, very brightest cap I've ever seen at a distance. If she was Waldo, she'd be found. And I mean, we're talking pretty far away from me. Uh, check uh, uh, update at the bus depot. We have three buses still there. No, listen to that sound. I think that's a motorcycle. I'm not sure if you could hear that, but that was a nice little mo. Ooh, very blue car. You know, the, to change subjects yet again, there's a Tesla dealership. I walked by there. I thought about lying on the the hood of. Uh, uh, one of the Teslas and taking some selfies, but then I figured that would be. I wondered. I said, "Do do you think people that work at Tesla dealerships can run faster than people that work at regular car dealerships?" You know, because I was trying to picture them chasing me down the street. Okay, so back where were we? We we were at the yard, and as we move beyond the yard, we see some like like uh, lower apartment buildings like I've lived in, you know, two or three story apartment buildings interspersed with, you know, more nondescript, nondescript buildings. I, I wish I had like an assistant. I could look up rent prices. I was wondering, I said, well, what's the rent like in Burbank? Uh, uh, you know, cause a lot of Bay area people are fleeing to Los Angeles uh, because for, for people my age, uh, the idea of home, home ownership has become uh you know, fantasy that really, you, you know, so it's like, oh, well, if you want to buy a house, 
you know, Los Angeles is a little bit more affordable. I, I mean, for for all things, and it's it's beautiful. What a beautiful day it is here to be in my hotel. And actually, the um, a couple other big good pieces of news for this uh, holiday. And it, just in case you're a fan, it has a windsock on the roof of the other one, and not just one, but one, two, three, four. Five wind uh, gauge. So I don't know if they have something going with one of the local meteorologists. Uh, but uh, it also has the lights because we're close to the Burbank Airport. That's why I'm staying here because it's close to Burbank Airport. And, you know, because uh, I don't know why else. Because uh, I say, I, I, it's like I got to get from the hotel uh, or get from the airport to the hotel and then try to. Uh, Comp, bus uh, 3103 going by here, uh, just in case uh, no ads on that bus that I can read. You know, check into the hotel and then, you know, steal my nerves in, in, until I go on Harmontown. Uh, you know, which, I don't know, I said, which is, isn't there a part of me that's very excited to go on Harmontown? And the scared part of me said, well, I'm not going to give any other room, you know, I'm, I'm too scared to... Uh, uh, to consider any other possibilities, uh, so let's see. Let's get back to Bur- back to Burbank, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. We're back in Burbank. Oh yeah, I can see the entrance to the yard. It has a California state flag and a U.S. flag uh, flying, full mast. And then we go to the apartment buildings. Then we get to another park. It looks like or tree, like a tree line. There's a lot of trees. Burbank's got its share of trees. So, well, there's a loud, you know, uh, mufflerless vehicle uh, keeping the people of Burbank up if they were sleeping at 530. Uh, but, yeah, we, we, like I'm not sure if it's a park again. I wish this window had, uh, like, an overlay that I could tap on. But it looks like maybe a Burbank City Park or something. I don't know if I'm looking towards Burbank or what. Let me grab a map and let me pause it, and then, you know, that'll that'll be a little bit more. I mean, maybe we'll learn something. I'm back here with, you know, map in hand, you know, Google Map. Yeah, it looks like that park is George Isay Park, I only have one hand, you know, I have one hand on the mic, so I can't uh, look up what uh, it's named after, but I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it's something great. And then uh, we have the Forest Lawn and Mount Sinai, Hollywood Hills uh, cemeteries that I can see. And I don't know if those are the famous ones or not, uh, you know, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very useful with that kind of stuff, but, uh, you, know, you can see that. I guess uh, right uh, uh, somewhere is Universal City, according to the map. Now, I don't know if that means Universal Studios or it just means Universal's offices. Uh, but you, I got to tell you, I got to update you on this gorgeous, gorgeous sky now. And the beautiful, you know, one thing that Los Angeles just doesn't get credit for is uh, it's, it's, it's a natural beauty. Uh, I mean, you have the, the park and I'm looking at, which, of course, I said, well, it's Griffith Park or something, which I think it is. Uh, yeah, looking at the map, it's it's Griffith Park. Uh, and the Greek theater's there. I used to have some good times there when I lived in L.A. And the Los Angeles Zoo and Botanical Gardens is not far. 
Hollywood sign, uh, Gene Autry Museum of the West. I think there's some trains down there. Uh, but this sky, that's what, oh, Los Angeles is natural beauty. Let me describe the sky to you first, because you have all these beautiful mountains uh, encircling the, the city uh, or encircling the, the metropolitan area, maybe. Maybe that's a better way to describe it. But, man, we've got a... Uh, We've got some clouds that feature grays and purples. The sky still has some blue to it, but as you go lower, you're getting some orangish pink coloring. And then, you know, there's actually, I got to tell you, there's Purple Mountain. We're, we're in the midst of Purple Mountain majesty here. Now, and, and in some sense, this is the fruited plains of uh, human creation and human beings doing stuff and... On the other side of the mountains is the uh, fruited plains of the uh, Central Valley. You know, I mean, not directly, uh, but, you know, we have, uh, yeah, we have Purple Mountain. I mean, I'm looking right now at Purple Mountain Majesty, uh, I guess to my northwest, I don't know. Is that Runyon Canyon? I don't know what I'm looking at, but uh, it looks it looks good. i tell you that much. I, I can tell you that for a fact, F-A-C-T. And we're also getting the sun hitting some of these buildings in Universal City or whatever. And I see this one building that looks like it's close to Johnny Carson Park uh, on the map. And it is getting lit up just like that woman's hat. That same color, electric coral pink. Uh, Lovely, lovely, lovely. I mean, unbelievable. Also have a water tower near that building. I don't know if that's on a lot of... uh, you know, but that was one of the things back when I was a kid, and then, you know, for the decades before that, uh, you know, that was one sign, you know, you were making movies, you had a water tower. I don't know if there's a 99% Invisible about that, uh, or any other podcast. Like, why did, uh, like, was it, uh, you know, was it just a thing? Was that like, I mean, I guess that would be a sign of power, uh, be like, well, I got extra water. You know, where you talk about landed gentry, it's like not only do I got this land, I mean, I guess it's weird for a movie producing, but uh, you're like, yeah, we got all this water. We can make movies whenever the hell we want because we got plenty of water here. Uh, you know, we'll say, how many gallons? Are, I mean, the good thing about water, to, you know, the underrated thing about water towers is this water pressure. And I learned that from one of my jobs, you know, to say, okay, well, you know, the water, if you have to get on the sprinkler system or, you know, spray it by a hose, if the water's up high, it's going to have great pressure. So I guess that's something. Uh, but, yeah, I was talking about the beauty of uh, the, the hills around Los Angeles, the trees. Uh, you know, and it's just, it, it, it was really stressed coming down here. And I said, geez, could, could I please... Uh, is there, I wish I was a sane person, and I wish I would be able to enjoy it. And I think I have found a little bit of enjoyment. Uh, now, I mean, because the irony is I had to isolate myself. Uh, I said, well, I, I, I mean, maybe my next trip down here, uh, hopefully I want to go on George's show, uh, would be the next time I come down here. But um, a good friend, it's just someone just pulling into the Black Angus with their blinkers on, their, their hazard lights. Let's watch this. Sorry, very sorry for the interruption. Breaking news. Silver car with his hazard lights on. Tried to go into the Black Angus. Now it's in the hotel parking lot. It's making an oval. 
tentatively moving. It does have a moonroof. It's a silver four-door vehicle. Looks uh, newish. Can't tell the make of the model. Um, probably a Camry. Or it could, but it could be a Mercedes. Uh, you say, holy moly. Um, it's parking. It's not parking. It's sitting. Yeah, this is pretty. This is good stuff here. Let's see what it's doing. Oh, there's a. Uh, I think there's a, a motorcycle. Not a, like a dirt bike or uh, something. Also in this hotel parking lot, but it's up on a kickstand, so it's wheels up. It looks like it's a. It looks like a leaping horse. A car still sitting there. Um, I mean, I guess this is like. Wasn't there a Gene Hackman movie about this? Like he, he was recording stuff, or and then. Uh, Caused him a lot of trouble. Was that a Hitchcock movie? Okay, silver car. I'm still monitoring. But speaking of weather reports, the uh, the weather from the south that I had to lean forward to see is now swept uh, so that 50% of my sky is cloudy. I don't see any rain yet, but what an effect. Holy, like, fish song. Divided sky, the wind blows high. And because of the setting sun... It could be fog or it could be rain clouds, but they have like a, wow, they have this wispy purple, gray, bruised color. The color of bruises uh, on the bottom of these clouds, that it, but they seem like trans, they almost a jellyfish a little bit, uh, nearly translucent. I'm not sure, maybe that's the rain or the water content. It does look like it's raining uh, where the map says the Hollywood sign is. I guess those would be the... I don't know if those are the Hollywood Hills. I just know, you know, Holiday Inn, Hotel Motel, Holiday Inn is where I'm at. Uh, not a sponsor, but I don't have anything bad to say either. So don't, you know, don't, you know, don't contact your barristers. This is a free... Oh, the silver car's moving. Maybe it was an Uber because it's now leaving the parking lot, but I did miss any activity... Another bus going by, 4117. It does look like a can't. No, I think that is a Mercedes Benz. Uh, I mean, no, you know, K car designers. I can't tell the day. And it could be some other car, too. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if that's a big deal. You know, but if you, you know, if you're looking, just in case anybody's also wondering, the slowdown on the five continues. Now, on the other side, I guess what would be five south, uh, I'm presuming this is the five. I think I'm pretty sure it is, but uh, that's moving very well. Like if you're go- if you were you know if if you needed to get somewhere uh, between Hollywood Piano and what I can see, uh, now's the time to do it. Now the buses, the lights on the bus depot, on the buses are coming on, which is nice. Uh, Black Angus uh, sign has been on all day, and the blank Black Angus. Uh, it looks like a decent amount of people are already at Blank Angus. I guess maybe watching football or eating steaks. Uh, makes me wonder. i got to figure out what I'm going to eat. Uh, let's see. I'm leaning forward and looking to my right. Just Oh, we see you can see some planes lined up for the Burbank Airport uh, in their landing patterns. It does seem to be like some sort of cogeneration plant, possibly across the freeway to the right. I don't know if that's a natural gas plant, uh, but I see you no know, smokestack, and most of the building is blocked. But uh, uh, some sort of po- I mean, a possible power plant. Not positive on that. 
the clouds are really moving now. Uh, I mean, you know, really slow. They're mo- but they are moving. And I'm going to stand now. I don't know if I sound any different. Maybe I'm even closer to the window. And I'm looking north. Uh, and, you know, just looking at some of these local Burbank buildings. Uh, they're, they're uh, you know, they're, they're your typical uh, three or four story. They seem to be general office buildings. Uh, I don't know if they're mixed use commercial because I never knew what that meant. Uh, but they could be green and light. Good news for everybody waiting at that light. Because uh, now you get to go. Go ahead. It's green. Now, looking back towards what we may be calling Universal City beyond George's Park. There's a nice building. It has It's a black building, but then it has like a, um, a vertical, what do you call that? Uh, like the upper right angled corner is like a silver white color. Uh, that's been catching my eye. So, uh, and you can just see the scrub here of this, uh, uh, beautiful Griffith Park. It's humongous. Uh, just huge. And you can see, I guess what we call, I don't know what they call that. It always Manzanita. Is that what it's called? And brown grass and, uh, you know, some trees. Wow, the sky now above uh, Griffith Park is a lavender, lavender-colored sky. I haven't seen that. I mean, because of the setting sun and the fog or the rain, it's a lavender color. Uh, you, can, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Wow. Uh, and as you go further up, it uh, it's more of a purplish, the bruisey color. A uh, plane just took off at uh, Burbank Airport. I'm assuming it's a Southwest flight. My flight in was great, by the way. Uh, not, you know, and in, in, you know, I had my full row and everything. I did get a window seat. I was B, was in the B boarding group. Still managed to get a window seat. No reason to rush. Oh, there's a boat shop. If I lean really forward, and there's a boat in front for sale, maybe. You know, uh, still taking bids, if you wish. And right at, at the actual hotel I'm staying at, they have like a nice little, I guess what you'd call a wedding pavilion. They have uh, like a little uh, gazebo uh, with uh, stone paths, a couple of ponds, a bench, uh, like fountain, a couple fountains, actually. They even have a pool. It's right below my room, though, so I have to do this uh to look at the pool, it's empty. As a light is a one light in the pool. It'll be on, I mean, between the window, I'm like, huh, it has a nice blue stripe separating, you know, shallow from the deep end. And now the lights are coming on. Is it Los Angeles? It's a city of angels, but is it the city of lights? Oh no, that's Paris. I mean, there's a lot of lights here, but uh, maybe you know, Paris. Holy mackerel! Now. Oh, what a magnificent sky now. So the lavender is now fronted by some deep uh, pinks. Oh, man, this looks like a a painting almost. Uh, there's different patches, like off to the right above the hills. It's just this round patch of pink. And then, you know, following where the uh, sun is setting. This is amazing. I wish I was a better describer because... You just have one of those, I mean, near mystical uh, looking 
I mean, I don't know if you could paint it because it could be something from outer space. There's layers of purples and pinks and way more on the, uh, you know, the nighttime color look, like a really iridescent pinks with dark, dark purples and uh, grays. And wow, wow, wow. Exactly. I guess that woman's color, uh, color of her hat really set the mood because these are pinkish. Uh, too. Just amazing, amazing stuff. And I guess that'll be it for tonight. You know, why not end it here with the uh, the uh, setting of the uh, sun? And then I'll return for a little commentary in the morning. And we'll get a little taste of uh, Burbank at night and uh, boredom delight and Burbank in the morning. Uh, nervous people take warning. Thanks. I'm back. It's only been a few minutes, uh, but it's not morning. I wanted to give you an update. The the sky is still, the sun is still setting. And the clouds have become uh, still amazing, but it's heading more towards the horizon. uh, I don't know if those are striations. They might make my hip want to do some gyrations, though. They look so good. Uh, Amazing, amazing sky. And, you know, clouds look good. I don't know if it's going to rain. I, I should probably check that. But, uh, uh, and the lights, as I said, are coming on. And, um, you know, now this is a bit of an, in, in, you know, this is like, a, in, you know, a lot of lights are functional lights, especially in the nondescript buildings have nondescript lights. I don't know why anyone, you know, why, why are there any great songs about, you know, there's nondescript buildings in their lights? Like, there's songs about tiny bubbles, but, uh, you know, not boring buildings. So, was that in the show Weed? So, those tiny houses, uh, right? And I think that was a great, that was a great song that opened Weeds, uh, and uh, I always enjoyed it. But yeah, I'm looking out at an indiscreet talk. This is like I guess they might have known. They said, "Is this is that scooter going into that room? Make sure you get him the room with the view of the the boring. You know those boring buildings." And I said, "Well, she's yeah. Oh, oh boy, Hollywood piano sites. I just watched live as Hollywood piano sign went on, and first the piano lit up, and then the Hollywood. It was it was breathtaking. I mean, you can hear my reaction." And that is not a forced reaction. It was, uh, I was surprised, I guess. I didn't expect on a Sunday night, uh, but it's free advertising, right? And I guess maybe the last, the last car is gone from the parking lot. So presumably they closed at uh, six. But the site sign is on. I think the business next door to Hollywood Piano, it looks like it may be a four lease sign. But it, that's like a nondescript but describable building. It's, uh, you know, the Hollywood uh, uh, piano building is a maroon, a deep, deep maroon. By the way, they're having a piano sale, just in case you didn't hear me the first few times I mentioned it. Uh, but it's a maroon, like one of those granite brick buildings, I believe. Or granite, whatever those, masonry block buildings. I don't know how to describe it. But the building next door looks to be a brick building and a little bit newer it's got some uh, rectangular windows that have uh, sun treatment or whatever, so they're uh, smoked out or whatever you want to call it. And this hotel down here, you know, remember, I don't know if you remember uh, 15 minutes ago when I was describing the lights on the hotel. 
but they did catch my eye, and now they're even catching because they shoot down the side of the hotel, giving you like a laser effect. So on the parking lot side of this uh, residence inn, there I said it. Uh, there's some red, deep reds, and then there's green on uh, the side closest to my hotel. And then some purplish blue, that LED. I love that LED purplish blue. Holy moly. Give me that every Christmas from here till eternity because those are supposed to last that long. We may have some lighting effects. The lights change. Holy moly. Talk about the lights change colors on this hotel. Not only did the Hollywood be, I'm, I'm here. Not only do I have nondescript buildings, but I have slow lighting effects. Now all the. Lights on the hotel are changing colors, and they're all going from the purplish blue to a more uh, b- b- like uh, purple lavender. Oh, they whoa! They just all went to green right as I was trying to describe it. Green lasers. What will be next? Well, you'll be here live to hear it. Uh, they're green lights still, except on the parking lot side is blue. Which lights will change first? Who will? Another bus going by slowly. Red light as we wait for the lights to change. And they do. The parking light lights change from blue to purple. And the street side lights change from purple or from green. You're right, you're right. Green to blue. The color I I've grown to to, to, to adore. Uh lights on the airmark building are also lit up. Uh I'm keeping an eye on the time because I'm waiting for a pizza to get delivered to the lobby, so I'll head down in a minute. Ooh, the lights just went from blue to purple. Parking lights, lights went to red. And you can't, and they're still back up on the five. Uh, it's moving pretty good as I lean it forward as far as I could see. And I always remember this part of the five. I don't remember the Hollywood piano, I'm sorry, but, uh, I always remember getting to Griffith Park and kind of this windy bend, and I think you pass, like, uh, one of the Disney buildings at some point. And uh, clothing, lights are now green and red, uh, holiday uh, colors. Uh, but I do, I do enjoy this part of the five. Uh, plus, it always makes me, and then you get, I think you go through, have, would you have already gone, I guess you go through downtown L.A. next. And you always wonder, like, how long is it going to take, you know? And then I think, I don't know if you're done with your decisions, which is, do you just stay on the five or or what? Um, but, yeah, that's all for now. I just had to tell you about these lights on this hotel. I couldn't let you miss it. Now, my hotel has green lights. Uh, they're going with the holiday and theme. And they're pretty good. And the gazebo's lit up in case you... Uh, are looking for an evening wedding or evening romance, a proposal maybe. And there's a car going out of the Black Angus parking lot. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's, uh, it's only been a minute for you, but uh, it's the morning here. And the garbage is being picked up at the Black Angus as we speak. Uh, there's someone out walking, and it's about 8 a.m. And the tra- it's rainy, and the traffic is... Uh, it's not uh, at a standstill, but, you know, it's a Monday morning, and uh, the traffic... There's traffic. Uh, 
I mean, I mean, in all honesty, I'd say, well, geez, get off of L.A.'s back. Uh, I've seen a lot worse. Uh, a couple updates. The uh, the leaping uh, motocross bike or whatever still in the hotel parking lot below me. And the sky is uh, it's divided once again, and it's a, it's, a, it's a lovely sky. The uh, backside of Griffith Park uh, has a... Um, what would you call it? Like, uh, I'd say uh, an eighth from the top, a quarter from the top is a is a cloud or a bank of, of fog, a small one. Just a, it's a, it's not a patch because it's too long to be a patch. Uh, I guess a, a what would you call it? It's not a bank, not a stream, not a patch. A stream of fog, a string of fog, a, a stream maybe. Uh, we've got, uh, it looks like the rain is mostly to the, either the south or the east or the west, uh, not to the north. Uh, it looks maybe dry in the north, hard, hard for me to say. Uh, but yeah, good more. I mean, good, good morning for me, good evening for you. The buses are running, you know, bustling, bustling mo- Monday morning, Maybe it's a it's a calm. Oh, yeah, update my my appearance on Harmontown went really well. Uh, uh, everybody there was just amazingly, amazingly kind, and uh, re- I mean, mind blowingly nice people. Uh, Dan and Jeff and Cody and Spencer, Dustin and Steve. And I guess as I look out the window, maybe I could, I'll see if anything catches me. I could feel it. So let's see. I left this hotel. I ate, I got some pizza. Then I came back. Yeah, good, 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 I'm going to have, have some of the rest of the pizza for breakfast. But yeah, I had some pizza. And then I was procrastinating. So then I had to like iron my shirt. And then I called an Uber. And it was in Glendale. And it kept, it, it was one of those ones where it said five minutes. And it would go to nine minutes. And I would stay at nine minutes, and, and I didn't want to be late, you know, but I, holy moly. I didn't want to be too early, uh, but I didn't want to be late. So then um, I overthought, and I canceled that Uber. And you can still hear the morning freeway sound, so don't worry. You're not missing out. Uh, but then the Uber came, and the Uber driver was wicked cool. I have his name, but of course I don't have it in front of me, but he was wicked nice. Well, I canceled one Uber. Then I got a second one who was dropping someone off right by my hotel. He came and picked me up, and he's a big fan of Dan's, uh, so that was cool. He, he, was, he was a harmonian. And so we talked about that. We talked about Rick and Morty for a while. Uh, the Uber driver's actually from the Bay Area, and so that was really cool. We were talking about podcasts, and he's a big fan of No Sleep, and I told him, uh, you know, I never met, never met David Cummings, but David Cummings seems like a great guy. And he said, don't worry. I said, I got to be there at 745. Uh, he said, don't worry. You'll make it. You'll make it. So we drove there. And we hit some traffic, so I was, you know, I was stressing like, uh, like you wouldn't believe. But they gave me something to fixate on. And then I got to uh, the Nerd Melt where they have uh, the Harmon, where they record Harmontown. 
And then I was like, oh, "There's a like, uh, everyone was in line to get into the theater, and I was like, uh, meandering, you know, trying to get around the line and worrying about that." And then it hit me. I said, "Oh boy, I'm gonna meet Dan Harmon here." Uh, and it, 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 just just a social arc. I said, "Oh man, like not, not only do I have to not mess up like uh, the the show part, I forgot about the social anxiety part." Uh, but then I went in and I met Dan and Cody and Steve and uh, it was just uh, talked and uh, turns out human turns out human beings are human beings uh, and nice people are nice people good people are good people so we did some chit chatting and then we talked about what was going on with the show and you know then did then did some more chit chatting and then Jeff who was the comptroller came in and uh he was dressed to the nines as he always is and uh just just getting distracted by Hollywood pianos sign is off the business next door there's a car in the parking lot though but then uh they went over some stuff for their sponsor and they were kind of talking about that you know business type stuff and then me and Dan were talking, and then the show started, uh, or got ready to start, and he kind of led me. Uh, it, it just can't, it, it can't say enough how, how nice Dan is. It just, it just uh, the, this was a moment where, like, a, like, like a, a tiny human moment. Uh, what happened was we had to leave, like, the room, the, I guess they call it the green room. That's where you, you sit. And he's like, okay, come, come with me. Like, uh, he's, I'm going to go on stage and then he'll come out, you know. And then we had to cut through the theater and I kind of froze because I was like, oh, wait, where do I, where do I, is Dan going straight on stage? Or is he, is he, is he, and then I didn't, but I didn't say anything and he detected it. And he said, oh, no, 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 just keep following me. And, uh, it just, just the, 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 that moment really made my night, uh, because you, you, I, don't, I don't know. Um, and then Dan went on stage, and uh, there's like a control room because they live stream the show, and a big Harmon fan. That's uh, like people were watching the live stream. And thank you for uh, the support. And then, uh, you know, uh, well, you you can listen to the show, but I get to watch the show from off stage. That was really fun. And kind of see, you know, just, just, uh, I don't know. And, and I couldn't believe how unnervous I was. I think it was like, uh, uh kind of d- Dan disarmed me. And I realized, okay, okay I'm going to be okay. This will be okay. Um, and then the, the, the show, I, was, I still like, I have like mostly a, a fragmented memories of the show. So I'll have to le- re-listen to it. Uh, but, you know, I won't have a, I mean, my view of the show will be much different than anyone else's because, you know, I don't have a sane, you know, way of looking at it. Uh, uh, you know, the five is really moving north. Uh, it was more backed up yesterday. Uh, this construction slowdown doesn't seem to be causing a traffic backup. Uh, just seemed, but I don't know if anybody takes north through Burbank to work. Um so, uh, yeah, the show, I mean, the show went great. I, I mean, uh, like, uh, I mean, if I take anything away from it, it's like, she said, yeah, I had great respect for Dan. I liked what he did. And Jeff, uh, you know, I, uh, and, and afterwards, and now, like, 
I mean, my respect and I don't, I don't know, putting a human face on things. I don't know. I guess it comes back to like, uh, and this kind of came up in the show. Uh, it was like a nice, nice I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's touched. I, I was, um, as I sit here and I try to diffuse my, the, the fog bank on Lake Griffith Park is actually increasing. Um, now it is a bank. And it's kind of pouring over this one ridge and getting denser. Uh, uh, but, yeah, so the appearance went great. Uh, I mean, I think neutrally I could say that. Uh, you know, my internal critic is like, oh, boy. And I, I didn't get a chance to say that on the show, but that was like the first time I've been in, in that situation in my life. So, And what a great opportunity. Uh, so, yeah, I'm totally touched. And then after the show, uh, there was another day in there, a listener of the podcast, Dan M., who gave me a book, uh, and that was unbelievably touching and uh, just came right, right right up to me. Uh, I think I was talking to somebody else first that didn't like uh, that was going to check out the podcast. And then I talked to Dan, and we had a nice hug, and we got a picture. Not sure. Hopefully, he took it on his camera because I don't even. I was I, somehow my camera, my phone filled up too. Uh, but then, uh, so I met Dan, and he gave me a book, and it was so so nice. And then our friend Ahab's wife, Faye, was also at the show. So so then I got to meet Faye and give her a hug. And Faye happens to be best friends with the Silvertone. Uh, Chris Chris Williams, the official jazz singer of the podcast. So then I spent a few minutes there thanking Dan and Cody and Dustin and, and saying bye to Jeff and Spencer. I don't think I said bye to Spencer, but uh, you know, and that was awkward just because I I didn't couldn't put put into words how thankful I was. But uh, then I went. So then it ends up. So Faye is best friends with the jazz singer of the podcast, the Silvertone. And if you're in L.A., they, it turns out they play every... The Silvertones playing in a band at Now Boarding. And it just happened to be around the corner from the theater. And, you know, I didn't know how stressed I would be after the show, but I felt great. Uh, you know, like I had a lot of adrenaline going, but uh, you know, I wasn't freaked out or devastated. Or uh, So then Faye was like, oh, let's go see the Silvertone. Uh, so we walked over, or drove over to the theater, uh, to this other, to this, uh, this lounge, I guess it was, and, uh, where the Silvertone was playing, and we went in, and he was singing, and doing kind of songs from the Rat Pack, and he didn't know who I was, and then during break, I got to meet him, and, uh, it was just, a, just, just another great moment, holy moly. And then he saw, sang, at some point he sang the song he wrote about the podcast, Wings of Pointlessness. Tried to record that on my phone, but that got messed up too. But geez, what a, I mean, and then just to listen to his, he's got actual dulcet tones, and he really is a performer. Uh, this was something this guy was, but he's crafted, you know, he's worked hard, but he was, he's born to do it, watching him on stage. Work in the audience, dancing, and uh, his band was great. 
and then and then that was it. And then I came back here and uh, tossed and turned for a while, uh, and woke up a lot, you know, because my brain was trying to process everything that happened. But yeah, I guess like I'm sitting back here, sitting. I'm, you know, I got to get brush my teeth and get moving here. If I get some point, we'll uh, come over this ridge. It's, it's headed down into these uh, cemeteries now. And, uh, but yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I, I guess like I, I am uh, developing some adult skills because I honestly was like, there's no way I, I couldn't possibly see me going on stage. Uh, I was really, really nervous. And I was nervous about meeting Dan, you know, because he just wanted to be uh, really, like, uh, consider him a brilliant, brilliant person. Um, and I guess maybe it was harder because I listened to Harmontown. And I can tell you that DJ Logic was on Harmontown a couple of weeks ago. And he had said how nervous he was, and that was a big help to me. I forgot to mention that, too. That That was really nice. But uh, she said, I, can't, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm really thankful that, uh, like, uh, and the way Dan found out about the show is if Cody, hopefully Cody's mom's asleep, but uh, Cody's mom listened to the podcast, told Cody, Dan's girlfriend, about the podcast, and then Cody told Dan about the podcast, and then the Silvertone told Faye about the podcast, and then I got to go. So you really are wonderful people, anybody that can't sleep, uh, you know, I'm honored to be here, whether it's to put you to sleep or just to be here sitting, uh, looking out at uh, 5 North. Uh, traffic is so low. 5 South, it's packed, but it's moving. Here at Dull Chopper 5, uh, Fog Watch, uh, almost the, the peaks of uh, Griffith Park, almost fully uh, enrobed in fog. And yeah, so uh, good night, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey everybody, Scoots here. I'm here at Tilton Park at the steam trains. You can hear the sounds of the train traveling across the rails. What you cannot hear is the looks on the children's faces, on the parents' faces, on the grandparents' faces. On the first date faces of a couple, one of the people thought, hey, this is, let's go on a steam train. That'll be a unique experience as it chugs along behind me. Not a loud chug, a bit of a squeaky, you know, squeak, squeaky rail gets the kids to ride on the steam train, as they say in the uh, miniature steam train business. But this is the Golden Gate Live Steamers. You can hear the birds of a lovely spring day. From where I'm standing, I can see all the way across to San Pablo Bay. So it's a rare day here in the hills of Oakland and Berkeley. Uh, Beautiful Oakland and Berkeley, California. And uh, we'll be having a little bit of an adventure here. Uh, Because right now I'm on the outskirts looking at... uh, uh, a grove of pine trees. I believe I don't think they're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I wonder if they share a root system. I assume they do, but I don't want to assume anything about you lovely trees. But I'm in a lower parking lot now. 
and I'm going to head to where the people are and, you know, see what, ideally. Oh, I just saw, I'm not kidding, a robin uh, catch an insect right in front of me in the air. Uh, all right. Scooter here. I'm hoping to catch a uh, close-up version of the train. I'm close to the tracks, which uh, I have a close-up view because I'm close to the tracks. And they look... Uh, it's even thinner than I would have imagined. It looked very safe. They're sturdy tracks. Don't worry. Uh, and they've got heavy ties. Ties that uh, bind, I guess. I don't know. I mean, they're bound, you know. Ties do bind, they say. I'm going to get closer. I don't know how much uh, audio I'll be able to pick up closer, but we'll see. All right, this is Scoots here. I don't know if this is going to be usable audio, but I'm watching a train boarding. I'm live here at the boarding of a steam train. Army camp, says the sign at the depot. In the family stream into cars, many wearing hats, hopefully everyone wearing sunscreen. You can hear the chatter. The chatter of a long weekend. RVRY, Redwood Valley Railroad Car, number 114. People looking happy, people looking tired, people looking at me and wondering, what is this man doing? He's got uh, some strange contraption on a, a tripod and a strange mic and cords. Warriors gear, uh, or there's a Warriors game tonight. And there's a double, triple safety check going on, so... You know you're in good hands here at the Redwood Valley Roadway. Quadruple, as a matter of fact, quadruple safety check. One, two, three, four. And then two uh, heading out the uh, cars. Uh, a great diversity of berries on display here. Oh, how glorious the riders of the Redwood Valley Railway are. Oh... How wonderful. I wish I had a bard with me. Either a bard of words or a bard of song. And all around us, evergreen trees. Diversity is evergreen, I think. I mean, I don't know. I think it, I think by definition it is. Uh, but what we're really seeing here are people making the most of their long weekend of they're getting out and about. I think they call this doing the opposite of what Scoots does. And Scoots is doing the opposite of what he does by doing what he does. I'm out of the house this weekend. Not recording at home. Uh, trying to soak in... Uh, call of all aboard, all aboard has rung out. And a train prepares to depart. Uh... There's not a oh and the and the engine fires up and prepares for departure. The steam begins and the motion begins. R V R Y one one four passing me by. Clapping. Enjoy R V R Y one oh eight. RVRY 106, it looks like a coal car. RVRY 304, a contained car. RV 302, 
The boy in his father's lap looking right at me. I couldn't wave because I have too many things in my hand. And finally, RVRY303. And goodbye, Caboose. I'll see you soon. Uh, so I'm at the end of the loading area here, and I see a weathered mossy sign that says Golden Gate Live Steamers. There's moss on the top. There's moss on the sides. There's chatter, but it's a uh, uh, kind of a hidden path, so I'm going to take it, and I'm going to see what we find here. Oh, wait, strange. There's a tr- socks on a tree. Uh, I don't know what that means. Children's socks on the branch, lower branches of evergreen trees. Okay, I'm about 10 feet down this path. i got to recommend you take it because it's got a nice curve, and there's earth uh, on either side of it. Uh, but I'm here, I'm standing under a trestle, the trestle of the uh, the railroad, and uh, I'm down here, there's a sign, Golden Gate Miniature Railroad, it looks like an even smaller railroad, owned and operated by the Golden Gate Live Steamers Incorporated. Builders of small steam-operated locomotives, the system accommodates uh, two and a half inch, three and a half inch, four and a quarter, and seven and a half inch gauge engines. And there's a notice here. This is not a commercial enterprise. Its purpose is, is to encourage the hobby of steam locomotive building. Engines will not will not be allowed to use tracks without permission of the safety committee. And, of course, there's some rules. Uh, Golden, welcome to the Golden Gate Live steamers. Uh, always sit facing forward. Keep your hands and feet on board in all caps. Do not reach out to touch objects. Always keep your hands and feet on board, all caps. Uh, do not reach out to touch objects or lean to take photos. Never rock the cars. Remain on board and seated at all times unless directed otherwise by the train crew. When the train returns to the station, remain seated until the train comes to a complete stop and the station manager advises you to disembark. And there's some beautiful pictures from the history of the Golden Gate Live Steamer. 75 years, founded in 1936. Actually, that's uh, 70, 80, 80 years this year, I think. 70 plus 10 is 80 years. Uh, they have a picture of Vic Shattuck from 1936 in an Oakland basement with a big train. Nice, great train. Vic is wearing looks sharp. Uh, the Tilden Track Park at the beginning in 1971, and it looks like the uh, model train or the train that the kids are riding is, uh, is spewing out real coal smoke. I think now probably runs on something less coal-like. A shot of a uh, Thomas the Tank engine. Uh, the first outdoor track was at Redborg Park in 1950. They had a Golden Spike ceremony in 1975. And they have a little bumper sticker with a little pun in it. Steam locomotives have a tender behind. But I'm here underneath a total tree cover. It's a warm day. The sky is nearly empty. The birds, as you can hear, are tweeting. Uh, a jet trail is across the sky in a few wispy clouds. And as I wait for the next round of train travel so I can experience it from directly underneath the trestle, 
I look out, uh, and it's, it's, you know, for me, and I'm not a big appreciator of things, it's hard for me to slow down, but, you know, I want to label all these trees evergreens, but as I look at them, I can see, uh, just the diversity within these evergreen trees or other trees. I can see ones that are a deep pine green, uh, shading to black in the shadows, and then ones closer by that are almost like a, uh, a jaundiced yellow green. And I can see their branches and different configurations similar, but still different. Their heights, you got, you got a pretty uniform, not totally uniform, you know, I guess I'm wrong. A huge difference within a, a minute space, but overall, a semi-uniform. And the train wind blows. It says, you know, take a break, driver. Seven, I think, was your number. Whatever it is, these uh, people are getting their money's worth because I forgot to look at the price, but the price is very affordable. Line, not terrible. When I first got here, I said, that line looks terrible. I was wrong. That was the line for the restroom. But that's Tilden Park that we're in, just in case you're listening t-i-l-d-e-n i'll say it once i'll say it twice and then i'll say it again tilden it's a park you wouldn't believe is you know steps away from beautiful downtown oakland california what's that i'm saying well it's not steps away scoots okay you got me train approaches which allow me to reset uh, readjust and actually i wasn't under the trestle i couldn't get to the idea like the train for the leisurely pace it, it goes, it's, uh, f- it's faster than faster than a sleep podcaster. Faster than a sleep podcaster. Uh, more slower than a children's locomotive. Uh, duller than the dullest building. Uh, duller than the dullest municipal building. Uh, super scoots. The only thing he's super... Is super dull. Well, I used dull once, I guess. Like Christmas bells, the the, the uh, bells and ring of the train. Enjoy they bring. And, and yes, the train did make a uh, an adjustment because now I see the uh, head of the locomotive as it gets ready to unload. The end of the line. And I do say to myself, how the hell am I going to make a sleep podcast with a freaking locomotive uh, uh, tooting its horn? I mean, that'll complicate the edit, but uh, I guess I'll just put a warning up front and say, hey, the, you know, not to toot my, I'm not even tooting my own horn. Somebody else is tooting a freaking train horn. What do you want from me? But I do have to tell the tale of my daughter uh in her or my first trip to the live steam trains here at Tilton Park uh, she wasn't down to, uh, she wasn't down to uh she she was uh from the tender age of uh at birth till hmm, I don't know when it wore off I'll have to ask her 5 6 years old uh she didn't like the words all aboard when when someone said all aboard she would start to cry and I remember the train ride we took on this train. Uh, my parents and my daughter and her mother. 
and my daughter cried the whole time. And she was, she was old. I think she must have associated it with, uh, she also didn't like to be weighed at the doctor's office or measured. So I don't know if those two are, I don't think those are related, but, uh, and when, as soon as someone would say, I'll, you could say it even in an out of context and she would, uh, start to tear up. But yeah, she didn't like this train and, and it gets, uh, mild is, is the way to put this ride, you know, leisurely. Maybe it's, maybe she has a, maybe we'll one day learn she has a super hearing, uh, but she did not like the train. You can hear the trains going through some sort of, uh, I don't know if it's a re-steaming or, uh, you know, steam, steam. You remember the show, there was a show called Steam Pipe Alley. Mario Cantone was on it, uh. Did you believe Mario Cantone, uh, Dennis Leary, oh, and who was the actress? They all went to Emerson together. Uh, school, I was too scared to go to Emerson. Um, and I think they were all friends. They, they did theater together. But Mario Cantone was on a, WP, a show uh, that I saw on WPIX 11 Live uh, called Steampipe Alley. A children's show. I don't remember the plot. I remember he was very energetic and good. And on Steampipe, I can't sing, but it would, I think the chorus went on Steampipe Alley. Oh no, that's WPRX in Cincinnati or whatever. Uh, time to time, up and down the aisle. Maybe you and me were meant to be sitting around listening to some trains. I'm at T-I-L-D-N, Regional Park. Uh, but the train is, uh, is, is uh, I can see some passengers waiting, boarding here. Hey, better probably doing a little maintenance, you know. This is a long day for an uh, ancient steam engine. An iron horse is uh, uh, John Henry, who, who I have a great love, you know, once derided. Maybe I don't know, did he deride it as an iron horse, or was that the guy that was selling it? But uh, John Henry, what would John Henry, you know, I'd, I'd like to take a stroll with John Henry. I'd like, you know, I, I've always had a affinity for him, uh, whether it was in book form or uh, cartoon form or, you know, historic, I don't know, was this, is, is it a tall tale or historical fiction or was he a historical figure? But we stand and we await the train. The whistle blows. Train conductor says, hey, take a break, drive rates. And with the release of steam, the train goes on. Wow, that sounds cool. So this is Scoots here. Uh, to be honest, I had a quiet moment there between recordings, and I... Uh, so this is Scoots here, waiting for one more round of the train. Yeah, to be honest, I had, you know, I had a few moments between the last uh, recording stopped because we got a lot of family traffic here. And he said, oh boy, I don't know if this is going to work with all the rail sounds. Uh, yes, I can feel it. I have a, a squinch squanch going here. But I guess I'll just go with the flow of the... I mean, I can edit it. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you, Tilden. So I'm under the... 
the uh, like it looks like a depot, you know, for the miniature, the Golden Gate Miniature Railroad. And I just said, uh, you know, you sometimes you miss the beautiful things in life when you worry. It's natural to worry. You're trying to put people to sleep. You got you were, you, know, you got some good recording down, but you got screechy rails. You say, well, well, screechy rails wake people. Probably they probably might wake people up. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. But I could tell you if you could see this. Uh, it's a fake slate roof, you know, with those uh, those uh, usual roof tiles, the scrapey ones. Uh, but on the roof is some moss uh, towards the. Uh, the pinnacle of the roof, the top of the triangle, and below it is some evergreen pieces that have fallen and dried, and they're just sitting there, resting on the on the slope of the roof. Uh, even a couple hanging over, as you can hear the train whistle blowing yet again. In a note approach, I used my stopwatch in the parking lot. Well, it kind of, I'm not I'm on my phone, and then I forgot. So I think the train's loop takes about nine to ten minutes. Not scientific, but this, uh, there's nothing scientific about the beauty of this slope of this roof. And there is something, you know, you want to talk about underrated things. Roofs are one of the top underrated. You see, you want to talk about unappreciated. I mean, except when you got to pay for it. Then there's the object of scorn. Do you ever hear somebody that's got to put a new roof on their house? Uh, uh, so roofs, roofs and roofers have it hard, you know. But then you look at one like this, right when I need it, you know, right when the train just went by again, it's squeaking, it's blowing. And I'm squinch squanching, wondering, oh boy, how's this going to go? How am I going to edit this? I guess I'll edit this one myself. Well, how many emails will I get? Uh, will, will I need to, will I just feel like curling up in a ball or will I need to... And the roof says, you know, this is sometimes where, you know, I get the backup, uh, from, but this is how the podcast really works. Uh, things like the roof, uh, this roof and roofs everywhere say, hey man, forget about all that. I got you, I don't got your back, I got your head, I got your, I mean, technically this one just has my emotional, it's a roof over my emotions. Uh, this ceiling can hold us, uh. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, look at me, man. Look at how nice I look. I'm not perfect. I'm, you know, bowed and bent, covered in uh, former evergreens, evergreen no longer, dried out, brown and rust and uh, the color of earth. Uh, moss, probably its own ecosystem, you know, as in as the roofers of this will discover. Well, see, this uh, this one looks like a volunteer, so they'll, they'll be able to fix it. I got all the face of the Golden Gate Live Steamers Incorporated, uh, founded in 1936 in Oakland, California by Victor Shattuck. Yeah, that they'll be fine. They'll deal with this roof. Uh, and, 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 and I guess it's this contrast because I'm under a, a roof of trees at the same time. Steps away from a tr- train trellis. Is a, a trellis is a helicant. That's a nice word, you know. Trellis. I've known a few people named trellis. I mean, that's a good... You, 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 some people live on the street named trellis. 
Some people have a name, Trellis. Train Trestle, oh boy, there you go, Scoots. Uh, luckily, there's no one here to see me uh, blushing at this roof. Uh, oh, roof, you saw me mix up Trellis and Trestle. And you probably even heard my brain say, well, that's weird, it's called Trellis. Uh, like, how is a trellis with a train trellis? Uh, how are those the same? Uh, so, because it's a different thing, Scoots. It's a trestle and trellis. And I say, yeah, I don't, I don't have the ability. Phonemic awareness uh, is not my game. Roof awareness, uh, that's my new thing. I, 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 I swear from this day forward. I don't know, what was I going to promise? There's something. Oh, no, I'm just kidding, Roof. I was just giving the Roof. That was a little joke because I like you so much. I feel like I could get around with you, uh, train Roof. As we wait for one last trip of this train to get some, try to get some clean audio. Try to get some clean audio where I'm not talking and obviously, hopefully, no families come and I feel obligated to stop recording. I'll just watch this roof and let it soothe me and think about the roofs in, roofs in my lives. The roofs of my lives. The scooter story. Part 44. I don't, I don't I think that's probably better off as a chapter. Or a novella. No, is it a, no, a trellis or trestle? A trellis or a trestle? You, you could put trellis, trellises on a trestle, though, I, I, I would think. I, I believe, I, I have to believe that because I just said it's... Uh, how lucky am I to, you know, right when I needed it, right at my emotional no, low point for this hour of this day, uh, I had a roof here to say, you'll work it out, man. Just keep talking. Do what you do best. Uh, ramble. Observe. Edit. Weave together a story... It feels like it's mushed together. And I said, well, why don't I just mush it together, Roof? And Roof says, done. And I say, those shingles are too, you know, those, those shingles, that, what was I calling them earlier? Tiles? Roof tiles. I think about the uh, the steeples I saw in Syracuse, New York months ago, and the roofs on those, the roofs on a steeple uh, were quite nice. And I hear the call of all aboard ringing out and uh, imagining my daughter somewhere at a birthday party uh, 15, 20 miles away from here, cringing. Why did I get this sense of unease? Because it's time for the train. And so now I'll move on and uh, use your <laughs> attempt to use the restroom and uh, right, not likely uh, here. Because uh, the line was humongous, but you know, that's not you for you. That's neither here nor there. Because uh, I can tell you one thing. I can tell you as a fact is, right now I think it's about two thirty p.m. And if I look up, and nearly directly overhead is the sun. I know it's supposed to be overhead at noon. But, you know, I've I've been off kilter my whole life, but it's filtering through these tree branches. And a lot of these lower branches are bare and, uh, you know, look like they've passed on. I don't know how that works. I'm not an arborist or a tree pathologist, but, uh, you know, there is green in the higher branches, but the lower branches look dry. But, man, do they look good as the sunlight and they contrast against the sky that doesn't even look blue. It looks, uh, it looks white. 
When they catch the air, it's a heady sense. It's not just of pine. It's of the, uh, I think they're eucalyptus trees that dot the hills here in the Bay Area. Let me smell it again for all of you. Oh, boy. No, I'm not. Oh, wow. It, uh, because you're getting the dry earth, too. Uh, the dry earth, I think probably like a, like a pine tar off of the train uh, trestle rails. Because yeah, those always smell good, you know, especially when they're drying in the sun, you know. Have you ever come across a, a tel- downed telephone pole in the sun? A downed telephone pole in the sun. A collection of poems by Scooter. Ah, uh, but it smells good here, So, I, but I have to move on because people are coming, so... But you won't notice. I'll be right back for you. All right, this is Scoots. I'm here at the Tilden Merry-Go-Round. You can probably hear the sounds of joy all around me. Uh, And the sounds of Mary uh, getting to go around. Right now, within my view, is the enclosing building... The lights of the carousel. A crane, I believe, is the closest animal to me. Uh, it's hard because it's very bright outside and uh, shaded and dark inside. But yeah, it's a good-looking crane, and I believe this is an all-wooden carousel. Not positive on that, but I'm going to I try to investigate, try to work up the courage to ask permission to record inside, though it might be too loud anyway. Okay, now my glass sunglasses are off, and my view is a little bit better. Yeah, the crane has uh, is a feathery neck and a red, uh, maroon actually, maroon uh, color around its, uh, its uh, face, a light orange beak. And uh, some sort of purple material uh, as part of its, uh, what do you call those things that you could put on a horse uh, saddle. There's a nice looking uh, white uh, horse with a uh, mint, not quite mint green ribbon. What color is that? I wish I had a, I wish I brought a brother that color uh, thing, but... Uh, it has a, uh, hmm, you say a berry, you know, the color of a berry, not gelato. What's that other stuff that's not gelato? It's like gelato. Uh, it's like made of ice, but it's, it's not called icy. It's uh, supposed to have not, it's the one that's supposed to not have any cal. I guess it has, still has calories because it's got sugar, but, uh. It's that color, you know, I get to the point, Scoots, I just did. And that horse has a matching, I guess it has a, a, what you, a saddle, those things are called. And then underneath the saddle is a billowing material. In front to the left of that is a zebra putting its head to the sky and saying, Yes, I'm on a carousel. Uh, yes, I am. You can't saddle me. I'm a saddle-free zebra, but I'm on a carousel. Why does the zebra have no saddle, but the horse and the crane do? Uh, why? Ask why.
I said, this might be perfect recording at a distance. You can hear the noise of parties, birthday parties, and yeah, picnics, and late lunches of family time and friend time. So you can rest well knowing that uh, I'm surrounded by joy. Maybe, you know, a little bit of uh, tired tiredness, you know, just nap time for some. But who can blame them? It's a warm day. Warmest day of the year, I think, so far. In the, oh, I just made eye contact with a lion. I wonder if that has a saddle and who put it on the lion. But yeah, the, there's a board boarding going on. And um, ideally, I'll get a little bit of time to look at the paintings on the carousel as well. I always find those to be intriguing and enchanting. But yeah, the, the, the children are boarding... The carousel is filling. I see something with it. It looks like a mystical creature. Some sort of sea goat. Seahorse goat. Uh, purple, scaled, horned. No one wants to ride that sea goat. I'd like to ride. Say, hey, sea goat, I'll ride you one day. The boy who rode a sea goat. Uh, yet another tale. It, or would it be, I don't know, I should have brought a, I wish I had an intern here, uh, especially to do the Braves. I wish I, the bravest intern, uh, my time was Scooter. I mean, really, I'd love to have an intern. Uh, well, Scoots, I'll go right in. Let me ask them, uh, Mystery Bard's like that sometimes. Mystery Bard's very brave. Mystery Bard's very brave, but... Yeah, just say, go inside and say, hey, how about Scoots comes right in here, right, record, recording while riding. I don't know, that that would be pretty intense. But, uh, let's see, so I'm still looking at that white horse, the, uh, the, the, the zebra's neigh. Okay, it looks like they're getting ready to go, so there might be a bell ring, which I'll have to maybe edit out. I've seen a darker gray stallion, I believe, a very dark gray. Uh, lighter gray on the mane. Ma- do, do horses have a mane or just lions? Because the lion's right behind it on its tail. Uh, but they look friends. In this, uh, in, in a Potter-esque fashion, this uh, stallion has a uh, scarf. It looks like, a, I don't know if there was a, I don't know how the horse would make it from Harry Potter onto the Tilden. It's got a blue uh, turquoise and light blue scarf with some gold. There goes the lion. Lion is saddled, just in case you're wondering. There goes that giraffe, saddled giraffe. Reindeer, uh, horse, tiger, saddled. Uh, dragon, saddled. Uh, another, I'm trying to find any other. There goes my sea beast. It looks like it was just a uh, a fancy goat. I think the uh, zebra may be the only unsaddled beast uh, in this. Oh, and there's a man on the on the zebra. It uh, looks like there's more than one zebra. There's a young girl and another zebra. Uh, and they're saying, "Hey, I don't. I, I need no saddle. I trust this zebra. I ride zebras uh, for fun at the Tilton Park Carousel." Uh, the uh, dragon looks cool. Like no one's on the uh, fancy goats. I guess I'd have to ride that. It doesn't go up and down. So this does have, I don't know, is that reticular motion or uh, up and down motion on some of them? You can really hear the uh, yells of joy as people ride it and uh, and enjoy themselves. So, so you who you, you let out joy. Oh, there's, the reindeer doesn't go up and down either. No one's on the reindeer. I, I can't say it's a reindeer. It's a, yeah, 
a horned uh, mammal, you know, one of those hooved mammals. And it's probably a bunch of different species of horses or horse. Horses, right? Species of horse. One crane. Let's keep an eye out for any other cranes. Uh, but if you could see this motion, it would only carry you deeper into a restful state. It's uh, it's a perfect motion. I am trying to, I'm actually trying to talk to the motion. Just notice another creature. I'll have to get a good look at that one. It was a dark uh, gray and red fantasy creature. I think I saw a giant rooster, too. And I'm talking at the same motion as the carousel is spinning and wondering, you know, if this motion, if I'm, you know, am I feeling uh, vertigo or not? I don't think so. But it's spinning. People are leaning back. You know that move when adults lean back to take pictures or talk to the kids. I see someone holding a real young child sitting on the side of the horse. Uh, not a lot of phone use. I don't think there's any service up here is probably why. Oh, there's someone. Oh, that was the same child being held on the horse as a, a pacifier, and that's cute. And they do have the seatbelts and the slowing. The motion is slowing as my pace slows. The pace of the carousel also slows down, and so does my... Speaking, there goes my goat buddy. But yeah, I wonder if I should just risk, you know, I probably shouldn't just go right inside and record because that wouldn't be a good idea. But I'd really like to get a better view of the paintings and the uh, the craftsmanship of this carousel. I wonder if the noise, you know, I don't know if it's the fear or the noise. Let's <laughs> see what's the fear. Let's be honest. I'm afraid I saw, I looked in the snack bar. And I remember the last time I was here was maybe four or five years ago, and I was frightened, maybe even longer than that. And I was frightened by the person that worked at the snack bar. So I'm still frightened of her, even five, six years later. You know, I, I don't know why. I just am. And there's the crane, and the ride comes to a close. And people start to disembark from their carousel. Still see a zebra. Just, oh, and there's my goat friend, uh... Uh, standing there. I don't know what animal it is. It looks, it looks like it has a sheep. Whatever the heck is a sheep. What does sheep have? Wool. But it's horse-shaped. It has a saddle. Uh, turquoise or even like a aquamarine blue with a, a candied red stripe and then a light orange stripe and then a brown leather saddle. Horns, like a goat-like horns, you'd say. Even if it was, you know, like Goat Boy. Remember Goat Boy? I think that was on uh, Saturday Night Live. But yeah, like uh, goat horns. And actually like an upturned tail, just a little tail, like a, like a deer's tail. This could be an experimental creature. Um, could be a very experimental creature. Uh, who knows what it's doing here. Someone's taking my picture too as I'm recording. So, you know, when the controversy hits, you know that... Uh, as my picture was taken, and I say, what is that odd guy doing with the uh, strange microphone and such? But he got my picture, so that's good. He, it took him a while, and he's taking more pictures, so, so that's good. Maybe he was taking a selfie, you know, my ego talk, and says, hey, yeah, my ego's, uh, you know, said, it's time to panic, someone's taking your picture. So I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. 
trying to put people to sleep, actually, and appreciate the uh, carousel. So there's another carousel boarding going on. Maybe I'll try to get a little closer with this one. I don't know how I'll be able to do that with this sound, though. And at least try to get a look at some of these paintings. Uh, I guess I'll have to leave my... I have a tripod with an ambient sound recorder going. Hopefully these people that are by me I can trust to uh, keep it keep it well. Uh, so I'm going to do that. Uh, so I've just gotten close enough to smell the snacks and things. But I've also gotten, and it has the care, it has the right smell. We're in the hills above uh, Oakland, California, and Berkeley, California. But it smells like any uh, park anywhere, USA, anywhere you might want to be. You right, and the, the building that holds this, I think it was made from redwood. I remember reading something about it, but uh, what I'm really looking at are these paintings in the wood. Uh, the whatever you call it, the top of the carousel. It's not enclosed, you know. I don't know what you call that. I always want to call it wainscoting. Uh, but it has the, uh, the beautiful, like, uh, lights, uh, the lights you see at seaside amusement parks. There's uh, faces carved. Uh, some are smiling, some aren't. And then there's paintings of, uh, I see one of Alcatraz. I see one of two uh, Native Americans or... Uh, maybe they're not Native Americans. Maybe they're uh, colonialists or whatever. We, uh, non-indigenous uh, on horseback, uh, pointing at something. They could, yeah, they could be Spanish explorers. Uh, now I'm looking a little bit closer. Look like they're on some coastal scrub. Uh, the painting of Alcatraz is nice. There's uh, three boats in the water. Looks like sunset, uh, close to sunset. Uh, the water is calm. And those are just the ones on the exterior top. And then on the interior, there's two more sets of paintings. And the uh, part which uh, should be enclosed by the, uh, whatever the music machine's called. Calliope? Is that what it's called? Calliope? I love this kind of music. I do. And just waiting for the carousel to move. I guess you give a horse, you have some miniature horses uh, driving a uh, sleigh. And a family that I saw at the uh, train is here. A family of three with a young, young child. There's some sort of uh, billowing horse sound there. The crane, of course, I can't get rid of this crane. Uh, interior paintings, there's a, there is a painting of a... A bison and a Native American. Looks like a painting of some kind of lakeside cabin. And another lakeside nature scene with some animals. Uh, another interior painting of a woman uh, walking. Uh, farm type. Uh, some bucolic. Is that bucolic? Oh, wow. A uh, white tiger and a deer and a natural situation. Mount, oh, that looks like uh, maybe Yellowstone. It's hard to get to paintings as it moves. Uh, definitely a reindeer. That one that I thought was a reindeer is a reindeer for sure. Lions, oh no, that's a tiger. It's definitely looking up. Oh, it's, you know, another thing I just saw that's cool. Oh, wow, they have one spinning, uh, container you could sit down in instead of a sleigh. But the sleighs are really well decorated, or the sledges. One has, like, the, uh, 
Oh, one rocks back. This might be the greatest carousel in the world. Let me just say it right now, uh, because uh, that I've podcasted from uh, th- this right now. Oh, I just saw Toad. Uh, so there's a Toad. Uh, so you could ride. It's not Mr. Toad's, but you could have a wild ride on Mr. Toad. There's a. Uh, you got to see. I wish you wish you could be here with me, seeing all the details that I can't even capture. In a sleepy podcast, so many there. There's it goes the rooster. It was a. I think it's a cock. I mean, I'm not even. Oh, a cat. Oh boy, there goes another rooster. Oh, the uh, giraffe has a scarf or an ascot on one of the giraffes. I like that a lot. Only one of them too. So I just saw another giraffe had no ascots. Uh, yeah, there it goes. Or maybe just a you know maybe it's like a singing giraffe that uh. Oh, a dog. I see a dog. So much. Uh, four gray horses and it lined up, and then four white horses. Four. Okay, so horse thing. So maybe they've uh, patched this together. Maybe that's another thing I read about it, is that they patched it together as they were making it. Because uh, there is some consistency with the horses, uh, but not total consistency. But I'll tell you what, who want, you know what I want consistently out of my carousels? Fun, and that's it. Uh, I don't need, uh, it's a, you know, it, 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 that's a difficult job. You know, you don't see theme parks saying, well, let's tell a story with this carousel. Here's a story that goes around and around, and it's fun. Say we and enjoy it and, and soak in the details. Uh, and, uh, you know, why well, I got to st- make a story out of everything, Scoots? And they say, well, I don't know. They just get uncomfortable, you know, like I said, that's what I got to I need something to grasp onto. Or, you know, I'm worried that, uh, you know, I got to go inside and maybe ask for permission. So that, I don't like that idea. A dog barking. That's, that's strange. Is there a dog on the carousel? And now the carousel slows. Oh, I just saw a, bit, a painting of a, a mill, old stone mill, Yosemite. Wild animals, uh, two dogs in a cave, uh, advertisement for the uh, uh, wagon train, uh, a boy sitting on something. All right, here I am. I'm live on the uh, carousel. I try to lower the gain as slow as I can here. And I have permission, and uh, so I'm on, I'm in the, uh, the, uh, in one of these bench things, driven by three miniature horses, and I'll see what's on the side. Oh, it's a, it's a school one with, uh, I don't know if it's a muha or, you know, the kind of, uh, aquatic women you see in, like, uh, World Fair type art. I wish I had, uh, Art knowledge. And the bench is padded. It's nice. Uh, in front of me are four white horses. Next to me is that crane. The crane has a cross look on its face up close, to be honest. Very cross look. And there's a bunch of people. A lot of questions came in here, but uh, people are boarding and uh, safety's being checked. Uh, the guy just said, "Enjoy your ride," and he meant it. He didn't just—he's uh, not dialing it in. Oh, American flag on a winged horse nearby. A boy on a saddleless zebra next to the loneliest goat I've ever seen. I, I couldn't. I couldn't, uh, oh, a woman's holding the goat, goat's horn for balance, at least. So 
so that's nice for that goat. You know, we got some human contact. Oh, and Lady Witchbeard's riding with me, by the way. Uh, like, uh, the fig- like Lady Witchbeard the figure, not the woman. But you can hear the booming sounds and... Uh, I don't know how this will sound. I don't, I don't even know if any of this is usable. Uh, so fun. <laughs> uh, lights are above me. Watching the motion of the horses is very relaxing. Uh, this might be the next thing. Yeah, carousel videos to sleep to. I guess because we got to have your eyes closed to sleep. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. There's actually a kinetic motion as such that I'm being uh, moved slowly. A uh, boy on a, a hairy dog in front of me, too, I'm noticing. Uh, a couple of the horses have the like, horsehair tails, and some of them have sculpted tails. Spinning The spinning uh, seat, uh, there's a couple of kids in there. They look like they're having the time of their lives. I mean, these, are, these is the kind of place where memories are made, you know. Ideally, you know, not the ones uh, like from the movies, <laughs> but, you know, the good ones, uh, they say. I remember that day, the smell of popcorn, the smell of uh, machine oil grease, uh, uh, the, the way the sun hit the trees and the, the calliope rang out, the sounds earlier of all bored or ready to go. Even the mechanical humming, I don't know if you can hear, but I can hear it just, under, just underneath, uh, kind of like a bass and the... A bass drum and a bass. Don't they go to support music anyway? But, uh... Uh, but here I am. Uh, I guess I just heard this carousel is 105 years old, and that's impressive. Uh, I'd like to... I mean, it's surprising no one's actually made in, a, like, a house... The house of carousel. Like, this would be a good... It's got a hardwood floor... You put up walls on either side. It'd be hard to navigate. Yeah, so I guess it'd be better for. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much utility it would have unless you uh, just enjoyed sitting on things. Like you, people are cheering. I don't think anyone's crying. Uh, I think there's just cheering going on. I do hear kind of a deeper guttural sound, but I think that's a good one. I don't think I'm traveling through time. I hope I'm not traveling through time. I, uh, but in some sense, I do feel like I am in a good way, you know, uh, traveling through time on a carousel or a merry-go-round. I'm merry. Oh, and I feel the motion. Is the motion slowing? Uh, are we going? What would Willy Wonka say about this? Uh, what would, uh, Willy Wonka say? He would say, uh, hey, Charlie, what, get back to the factory and get to work. Uh, I didn't uh, just, you know, you're not even my child, and I, I gave you my entire fortune. Uh, you know, make some chocolate already. I said, well, that's what the Oompa Loompas do. Um, uh, and, oh, I just got a mouthful of fresh popcorn scent. Wow, that was good. Crane's still in a bad mood. Crane, Crane and I have a very similar look. Hopefully I'll remember to take a picture of it, but... Uh, and the ride comes to a close as we wait for the bell. And, uh, yeah, the carousel slows. Motion goes. Time flows. Nobody knows. Uh, yada, yada goes. 
keep keep warm toes and you know wear proper bed clothes on a carousel. Crane still Crane doesn't like me. Bell's about to ring. Children won't sing, but it'll sound like it. Uh, they'll be singing with joy. And uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, a little carousel ride. Carousel is moving backwards. Uh, backwards motion. Never seen that happen before. I like it. I like it a lot. Hundred-year-old carousel. A ride in time and a ride on time. I'm just reading some historical facts about the carousel. Uh, the wor- origins of the carousel in general, the word can be traced back to 12th century uh, uh, games of horsemanship in uh, the 12th century, quoting this Arabian games of horsemanship called Carousellos. Uh, and then 16th century France had lavish. 16th century France had lavish tournaments of pageantry called carousels. 17th century French noblemen were trained for a contest on legless wooden horses uh, going after rings around a pole. Uh, rotation power originally in at the Dickens Fair could be by horse, mule, or man pushing or pulling the mechanism. Uh, through the late 19th century. In 1860, Frederick Savage, or Savage, designed a portable mounted, portable center-mounted steam engine which could carry the rate of, weight of three or four rows of horses on platforms. He followed this invention with the patent for the overhead gears, which, man, this guy's brilliant. They gave an up-and-down motion uh, to the horses called jumpers today. In uh, 1867, Gustav Denzel... Denzel, a German immigrant, formed the uh, G.A. Denzel Company and pioneered the carousel industry in America. Uh, in 1876, Charles Loof, L-O-O-F, uh, in his spare time, built the uh, carousel that was installed in Coney Island. Uh, in 1882, uh, Alan Herschel started the Armitage uh, Herschel Company, later to become Herschel Spillman Company, which built a small portable carousels except for a few large park machines and the Tilden merry-go-round that we, we, we just rode was one of those large machines in 1893 Charles Wallace Parker started the C.W. Parker company to build carousels and at age 14 Dwight Eisenhower sanded horses at that factory 1903 Henry O'Shea formed the Philadelphia Toboggan Company and these were all, like, uh, their major players. Denzel, Loof, Herschel Spillman, and the Philadelphia Toboggan Companies. They were the big players, and they each had their own style of carving. Handcrafted chisel carousels prospered until the mass production in the 1920s and the Depression gave a fatal blow. And from then on, they were made from aluminum or fiberglass. There's about 300 handcrafted carousels still operating in the U.S., now, the Tilden merry-go-round was manufactured, as we said, by the Herschel Spillman Company in North Tonawanda, New York. It was built in 1911, and it's a three-row machine with menagerie animals. It was the second permanent machine built by Herschel Spillman for Oliver Davis of Redlands, California. It was first installed in Arvita Springs, an amusement park built by the Pacific Electric Railway along its trolley line between San Bernardino and Corona, California. 
1960, it was moved to Wonderland Park, Ocean Beach, in San Diego. In 1928, it was moved to somewhere near Long Beach, California. 1935, Oliver Davis reacquired the machine and brought it to Griffith Park in L.A. In 1937, it was dismantled and placed in storage. In 1939, it was used in the Universal Studios film So Ends the Night. And in 1948, Ross Davis and his son John moved it to Tilden Regional Park. And there's a lot more uh, recent history about the restoration. They had a project in uh, November 2015 that brought fresh life to the merry-go-round animals, chariots, and spinning tub. And the project team included artisans from the 1978 restoration that introduced the color palette we see today. So that's a little bit of the history. So that's a little bit of the history of the uh, carousel here. There's also a couple different uh, uh, music machines. I don't know if any of them are working currently. All right, so this ends our visit to the carousel here. I don't know if I'll have any extra audio. Maybe I can pull some out and uh, carry you off into into dreamland with it. Uh, but for now, just in case this is all I have, try to picture the horses moving up and down gently, rising and falling. Uh, a slow, steady motion up and down. So, uh, just picture the carousels moving up and down, gently carrying you away, gently, gently carrying you off into dreamland. My pace the same as the carousel, slow and languid, pleasant as the summer breeze, refreshing, refreshing, gentle, and, uh, you know, I don't know, carrying smells that are good, I guess, and I guess summer breezes don't always do that, but uh, idealized ones do, and that's what this podcast specializes in. Idealized moments you can rest to. I see an idealized painting right now of a mountain cabin in snow and a carved face blowing some breeze, actually. The irony, uh, it's blowing its summer breeze right at me. So, uh, yeah. So, thanks for joining me today at the Tilden Carousel. It's been a pleasure. It's been my pleasure. And, uh, a wagon train. And I guess, uh, with that I'll leave you. And I'll leave the park for the day. Thank you, and good night. Hey, this is uh, Scooter here. I'm outside the uh, Erie Canal Museum, uh, Syracuse, New York. And I'm looking at a mural of the old Erie Canal. There's three horses and a man pulling a barge across the river or canal is a red barn or warehouse. 
uh, labeled flour and feed mills. The uh, man is uh, wearing a white shirt with uh, black, blue, and brown suspenders, a belt in black and brown, black pants. His mouth is uh, open as if he's calling to the horses. Not far behind him is a, a black dog with blue eyes in a large blue building. Erie Canal Supply and General Store. Out front are barrels and boxes. Tin roof. Six windows and one of those large uh, barn-style windows. And then a long barge, or at least a mural-wise barge is long. There's a horse in front looking out. I don't know if they're transporting horses. There's a man in the... It looks like there's two wheelhouses there. I don't know much about barge barge history. That's why I'm here at the uh, Erie Canal Museum. But there's a man in a blue suit, looks official, looking out of uh, one little hut or uh, on the barge, you know, wheelhouse. But they'd be mistaken to call it a wheelhouse because back in the back end of the barge is a... Uh, is a uh, old man in the sea looking old man old man in the canal though and he's uh, at the wheel the barge wheel as we say sky's blue there's clouds across the barge after the general store and a yellow building is uh, beautiful trees lining the bank of the canal the Erie Canal and as we get to the end of the barge, we can see a, a lock, L-O-C-K, canal lock, red barn, a steeple of a, a church time. It looks to be uh, 11 a.m. because the sun's out. It could be 11 p.m., but that would be confusing. And there's a maybe even a log cabin there with a possibly a blue spruce i don't know much about trees either but it looks like there's a decent amount of blue spruce type trees this beautiful mural is by kelly curry c-u-r-r-y maybe i'll learn about this today but it goes like a swampy area and on the banks of that swampy area is some red lily looking flowers there's another mural here on the back of a brick building. It's a, what do you call it, a cutaway. So it looks like we're looking into the building. It's two stories. Uh, presumably it's the a general store. Actually, there's a uh, sign. I'll read it. But uh, And the second floor looks to be storage. There's a man looking out the window, getting a view. There's some bags and a cart to move the bags there's a third floor uh, some couple people going up the stairs to the third floor there's a closet it looks like uh, under the stairs and there's two men using a block and tackle to move uh, heavy bags on the first floor looks like this mural was made by Corky Goss G-O-S-S in 1989 a moment on the Erie Canal 
And a man, man uh, filling a feed bag. Looks to be some sort of uh, a telegraph, maybe. A few barrels. Cobblestone street out the window. Uh, there's a man in overalls, Oshkosh, Bagash, a red handkerchief in his back pocket. He's uh, at the, uh, the, I guess it looks like a bar, but it's a, where the register is, the counter, I think they call those things, the general store. And there's a woman uh, with her back to us in a, a green dress, red hair and a ponytail. I don't know what they called them in those days, but she seems to be filling an order for them. I, we can't see where her hands are. They're below the counter. But there's bags and there's pots and pans, rolling pins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven rolling pins. There's a black cat scratching itself on a barrel. There's a chair next to a wood stove uh, heater. There's a boy eating an apple looking back at the uh, woman at the counter filling the order. There's a loud vehicle driving by. And then there's an open door to the store and a dock. And a beautiful blue water of an imaginary Erie Canal long gone because what I see is Erie, is Canal Street or Erie Street or Erie Boulevard, East Water Street. I think I'm looking at Erie Boulevard East. But here's a little bit from the uh, the sign for this mural. Double enders. Buildings constructed on the banks of the canal had two distinct sides. One faced the canal, one the street. And just to paraphrase it, you know, street sides had uh, facades to attract pedestrians and carriages. carriages. The canal sides were simpler with an uh, area for loading and unloading cargo and goods. Ground floor was usually retail. Exception was the Waylock building. Its canal side was ornate to attract passing customers in canal boats. A two-story mural. Oh, this two-story mural was painted in 1989. And all these outdoor signs were made possible with the gifts from Niagara Mohawk Power, which May and Helen worked for. Money Financial Services, McDonald Foundation, and the EQBA of New York State. And uh, right here is the spot of the Waylock Building, which was built in 1850 to Way Canals. At the oh, this is the junction of the Erie and Oswego Canals. Waylock Building was originally open like a boathouse. Channel in front of you, so we have a, a channel here. A recreation would guide the boat into the waylock chamber. They would lock the gates at either end and the water be drained out through an underground tunnel. The boat would settle into a wooden cradle and get weighed. And each boat had an empty registered weight when it was empty. And then the waymaster did some math to find out the weight of the cargo. The Syracuse Waylock Building is the only structure of its kind in the world. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places. And now it's the home of the Erie Canal Museum since 1962. And I'm looking at the uh, front of the Waylock Building, now enclosed in glass. I see a recreation of a barge and 
locks and uh, a few other things. I'm going to do some walking outside because I'm not sure if I'll get permission to record the episode inside, but this will be a you know, mellow trip uh, through Syracuse, New York in an afternoon in uh, Syracuse, New York. Okay, I'm here in the uh, Erie Canal Museum in a newer section of the museum here about the engineering and the building of the canal. If you ever have time, you should really come by here and check it out. At the time it was built, the Erie Canal was considered an amazing engineering feat at 363 miles, longer than any other canal in the world. 83 locks. It engineered 18 stone aqueducts. I believe at one point it was called Clinton's Ditch. I'm sure we'll find more, but uh, if you're going through Syracuse, you live in Syracuse, you live nearby, this is beautiful, beautiful museum. There's almost so much I don't even know where to start. Right now I'm looking at a piece of limestone from 1825, hand-hewn. What a beautiful hand-hewn. Uh, it's from the lower Mohawk Crescent Aqueduct. You know, the Erie Canal was designed, built, and financed by the people of New York. Looking at a, what looks to be a woodcut by J.C. Lass of the Seneca River Aqueduct with 31 stone arches. Seneca River Aqueduct was also known as the Richmond Aqueduct and was the second largest in the canal system when it was completed in 1859. You can hear the sounds of the museum behind me. And with the opening of the Barge Canal, many of the, I guess I missed the part about the Tow, tow Canal as we were changing here from uh, being towed by horses to being towed by tugboats, heavier, uh, larger barges. Uh, here's a little bit of it from uh, 1918 to 1959. In its 40 years of uh, operation, the Barge Canal teemed with traffic. Uh, boats were filled with bark, bulk cargo. Another beautiful factoid here. Commerce on the Erie Canal was near its peak in 1880. Six million tons of freight. So successful. Well, here's a here's a, a conundrum. So successful that New York stopped collecting canal tolls in 1883. And here's a place with uh, assuming where someone made an ass out of you and me. Assuming the use of the canal would continue to grow, canal supporters sought to enlarge the big ditch once again to compete with the growing use of railroads. Amidst considerable controversy, but with the backing of then-Governor Theodore Roosevelt, a bill to a bill to build, that's hard to say, uh, what is now called the Barge Canal passed, and 15 years later the canal system reached 800 miles of waterways, 40 dams, 309 bridges, and 57 locks. However, its success was short-lived as railroads and highways assumed a greater role in freight. You can see here maps, older maps in New York where they mapped the canal. 
in the cities we travel through, Buffalo, Tonawanda, Lockport, Medina, Albion, Rochester, Genesee Falls, where we would meet up with the Genesee Valley Canal, Lions. At some point, it would meet up with the Cayuga and Seneca Canal, which would go down to Seneca Lake and Cayuga Lake. It would head along through Lyons, Baldwinsville Canal, Seneca River Towpath, the Oswego Canal, into the Great Lake of Lake Ontario, the Oneida Lake Canal, through Syracuse, New York, uh, off to Rome, where I'd meet up with the Black River Canal, down through Utica to the Shenango Canal, through Herkimer and Little Falls, Fonda and Amsterdam, Schenectady, Troy, and on to Albany, where I would meet up with the Hudson River, or head north to the Champlain Canal, all the way to Lake Champlain. Wow. What an amazing, amazing thing to know was there and in a lot of places it's gone now. These aqueducts. And this is history. I've never been to this museum and it's a little humbling, a lack of knowledge of these wonderful things as you hear fireworks presumably to celebrate the opening of the Erie Canal keeping it flowing. The engineers that planned the Erie Canal were learning on the job, and basic physics told them the canal had to have a certain amount of slope for the water to fall. Basic physics told them the canal had to have a certain amount of slope for the water to flow. That's hydraulic capacity. In many parts of the canal, the engineers designed the slope of the canal to be one inch per mile to ensure adequate flow of water. And there's a little oil and water yeah, thing to demonstrate hydraulic capacity. Oh, this is really interesting, too. Keeping the canal full. Canal requires a steady source of water. Uh, so to maintain the water, the Erie Canal, it was hard. You know, water would leak and go out through the bed and the banks. So there had to be frequent maintenance. And as industries developed along the canal corridor, water was diverted to, for water power and mills, factories. And the need for water grew as the canal got heavier and wider. Uh, here's an interesting little thing that Niagara Escarpment, that was the last major challenge to canal engineers, was how to get the canal to the top of the Niagara Falls Escarpment, the rock ridge that produces Niagara Falls. Blackport was one of the lowest points on the ridge and was selected as the best location. However, in order to lift the canal 60 feet, five locks were required from the top of the escarpment. Three-mile channel was blasted through solid limestone, known as the Deep Cut. Before it was finished, 300,000 cubic yards of rock were removed. And there's drawings and recreations of how they did this here at the Erie Canal Museum. So I'm here in the uh, Waylock section of the building looking at a barge in blues and whites and pinkish, I say a salmon color, believe it or not, and there's windows and 
There's a man looking out of the window. He's looking right at my waist, uh, hand on his knee. And I don't know if I can get a better view into this uh, canal boat. I may be even be able to go inside. Inside this part of the museum, we have a recreation of the Manhattan Company Bank. Uh, the partnership in the Erie Canal and the description of the phenomenal income that got deposited into these banks. And there's some beautiful models, one handmade by Jim Nixon of a packet boat, Good News, and then of a New York State repair scow. And here we're in the heritage part of the museum. You may even hear some of uh, Elizabeth Cotton's music, uh, Elizabeth Libba Cotton. You know, she became nationally famous for her contributions to America folk music and her style of playing the guitar upside down and left-handed. She's a lefty. She wrote songs like Freight Train, Babe, Ain't No Lie, and Jumpin' Jack. But Elizabeth Cotton from Syracuse, New York, the pride of Syracuse, New York, who's who's played with groups from around the world. And I'm having a peak of an office here. I'm in the uh, Waymaster's office. He's uh, having a look at one of his drawers here. Uh, uh, Oh, in his home drawer, he has a Bible and it looks like a bottle of uh, whiskey. And he's going over some of the weight uh, logs. He's got a chest with his clothes from home, a wood stove, and a checker, coal, heat, and coffee. Leisure time was scarce in the Waylock building because it took 15 minutes to wake a nail boat. Four boats an hour needed to be processed, and lock tenders worked the gates. While the waymaster calculated the cargo weights, it was a busy job. But he always had a coffee on and time to play a game of checkers. This game looks half-played, though. Now I'm uh, descending the steps. You might even hear my feet as I step onto a Erie Canal barge. I'm at the, uh, I'm not sure if I'm at the uh, head of the boat. Coming up some stairs here. Looking at a boy fishing off the roof of the canal barge. There's some, I don't know if these are steamer trunks because this doesn't have steam, but there's trunks on the roof of the canal boat, canal barge, and a couple of, uh, Hooks, uh, you know, hook stuff. Looks like there's a rudder here. So maybe I'm in the back of the boat. Yeah, I looked over to the side. I'm in the back of the boat at the tail or the rudder. But now I'm having the honor of uh, walking in down the stairs. And uh, I'm inside the uh, uh, kitchen, I guess. There's a wood stove there's a table canal water and whiskey canalers were seen as, seen as godless heathens and 
Love Drunken Brawls. And they're featured in a lot of fiction and non-fiction books. Taking a peek here at the... uh, the back, one of the bathrooms here, which went right into the canal, which, you know, that's not surprising at all. I don't know if this is wainscoting, but there's some beautiful decorations here. And looking at the kitchen supplies, and now I'm heading into, the, I guess, the storage section of the canal. A lot of beautiful exhibits here. Lots to see. Which came first, though? Here's a question for you. Erie Canal or the salt industry? Although for more than 20 years before the Erie Canal was constructed, salt was being produced by evaporating brine. The canal's low freight fees and enormous shipping capacity caused a boom in the industry, making Syracuse the great salt city we know. Oh, here's something that warms my heart. The canal was the stage for vaudeville shows, floating museums, missionaries, and circus performers. Wealth generated by the canal financed more refined entertainment as well as intellectual and spiritual pursuits. Opera houses, theaters, libraries, and churches were built. Schools, including Syracuse University and the County Historical Association, were founded. And Syracuse held the first state fair in 1840 and still does every August. And here I am in the bunkhouse. A woman has her eyes closed. She seems to be listening to music or relaxing. She's got some knitting in a basket in her lap. There's three tiny, tiny bunks. Because, uh, you know, canal. this was a canal boats uh, traveled through the night while passengers slept. Wooden canvas bunks were hung in the evening. If the night was uh, hot, some passengers would sleep on the floor rather than in a stuffy upper berth. There were no legal limits on the number of passengers a canal boat could carry. At times, the forward cabin and cargo hold were jammed with travelers in conditions as poor as steerage on ocean-going ships. Oh, hello, sir. I'm looking at a mustachioed man with looking out the window. He, he really looks like one of those uh, performers you see that are doing the robot dance uh, with the whistle that goes meh, meh, but he's not moving. Hopefully he won't. Now I'm lucky enough to be standing in the front of the canal boat. Time to dream. Passengers were free to pass the time as they wished. As long as they stayed out of the cruise way on deck, they might read, watch the countryside go by, or hop off and stop and walk a few miles, or try in their hand fishing, as the boy I saw above does. And this boy, uh, Donald, D-O-N-A-L, is a immigrant child, presented the museum in 1986 by the Waylock Guild as a commemoration of the children who traveled the Erie Canal in the 1800s and contributed to their growth to the United States. And uh, you'll hear here, I'm stepping off our lovely boat. Uh, Excuse me, boat, I didn't catch your name. Okay, I'm on the second floor of the museum here. Looking at some beautiful, beautiful exhibits. Syracuse uh, Stage, the Guild Theater. We're backstage 
And this was made by a gift to the Waylock Guild, a guild composed of volunteers who support the museum through programs and financial support. As Syracuse thrived commercially, its cultural life flourished. Uh, important cargo shipped on the Erie Canal was entertainment, as we said earlier, circuses, theatrical troops, and musicians. For vaudevillians, uh, Syracuse was a must-play city. Jenny Lind, Charles Dickens, Buffalo Bill Cody, the Waiting Opera House, and the Bastable Theater were the largest in many local theaters where shows destined for Broadway were previewed. And those are places that places like the electrical light and the telephone were demonstrated to an excited and interested public. Sounds like a Kickstarter. Syracuse's landmark theater is still on Salina Street, one of the last great movie palaces. It's been painstakingly restored. Its uh, gilt and gesso interior showcases films, live performances. And then there's also the Mulroy Civic Center with three theaters in a building with offices. And many of the things in this exhibit here, this is a backstage exhibit, were from the uh, Masonic Temple Theater on Montgomery Street. It's also a recreation of the Farmer and Trader's General Store. If we don't have it, you don't need it. Uh, stores were showcases for commodities and places where commerce and transportation would come together. This general store in the 1800s uh, had a wide variety of goods for road railing, canal transportation, dry goods, medicines, mousetraps, meat, bread, milk, and eggs. As Syracuse grew, general stores evolved into grocery stores and department stores and household goods stores. And the Syracuse First Shopping District uh, grew up in Hanover Square, just a few steps away from the Erie Canal. Uh, but taking a walk along these shelves here, we see I see a couple uh, hurricane lanterns, a jug of something, a stereo, one of those things where you'd look at 3D pictures, you know, uh, Oculus, pre-Oculus, Rift, a stereoscope, I believe they're called, a couple boxes of uh, soap, some jars, codfish, Cigars, irons, shoes, elastic underwear, children's shoes, fans, bolts of fabric, uh, spools of thread, a jello, a crate of jello. Wow, I didn't even know they had jello back then. Uh, Shep's cocoa nuts. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's used in first-class families, though, according to the sign. Uh, James Barnard ground pepper. That's the best. Aunt Sales soda. National roasted coffee. Bouquet coffee. Royal Dutch coffee. Rosebud coffee. Ivory soap. Young and Larrabee's uh, celebrated biscuits. Douglas's gloss starch. Majorum, thyme, cooking herbs, uh, 
Orphan Tobacco, Lucky Strikes, Dr. Linus's Hair Powder, LK's uh, Sprain Liniment, Carborundum, Carborundum, Cutting Material, Carborundum. You think that's one of the things they were trying to get in Avatar, Carborundum. That's nice, Uh, Carborundum. Packer's Charm. I need a box of that. Give me two boxes of that. Higgins Inc. Uh, assorted Chalk Crayons. But yeah, I need it. No, sir. I need it. I don't care what the price of a Packer's Charm is. Does that come with a warranty? Not for me. Okay, thank you. Uh, next door is a pottery shop where a potter has been hard at work with some Small vases or vases. Oh boy, trouble. This is the tavern here. Barlada's Tavern. This registers, it's a national cash register. Beautiful. Registers the amount of your purchase. I can't, I gotta keep moving. Syracuse Daily Journal's open at the side of the bar with a fiddle and a painting of a Great Lakes sailing ship. And that may end our day at the uh, Erie Canal Museum, but not my day in Syracuse, New York. Thank you. Hey, I want to say thank you and good night. I guess Koa, my dog, has been passing around a petition. A uh, petition uh, hereby signed, thus hereby signed. I agree with the statement Koa should get more broccoli. Uh, so I guess Co, you know, Co, I say, well, geez, I'm trying to give you the right amount of broccoli, you know, Co, and not, but whatever. So I want to thank everyone that signed this uh, on Twitter, uh, Johanna, the FF, uh, Molly, uh, Jelly, my, uh, is there, 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 uh, Gareth, Jonathan M, uh, Caroline. Bad Kitty in a 4x4, Amy Saga, uh, Patrick Jude, Lisa L to the M, uh, Chaos TV, Old Semi-Bold to Cassie, uh, Mary W, Nadine. You see, oh, a lot of people thank you, everybody, for signing this. Uh, good night for everybody signed over for COA. Uh, Stacy Coca Coca W uh, S Bradford really supportive of uh, Coas Brackley's S Bradford is Old Chris Icy Wiz thank you uh, Kate uh, T uh, Kim H uh, Tiffany Photog Tiff and, uh, uh, Fern, Geeky Girl, Lynette, Old Broadway, Lynette, World Famous Broadway, Lynette, uh, Dan from Save It by the Show. There's a cool uh, YouTube uh, animation of Dan's show. Uh, Kiki versus Everyone. Uh, Phoenix Sunrise, everybody. Jane, thank you. Wow, Koa really got a lot of. Oh, Lori, of course, Lori. Yeah, she's on Team Koa. More broccoli for Koa. 
uh, Caroline and Gavin within Lady Witchbeard's Grotto, uh, Lejeune, uh, Renata, uh, Robocorn, uh, Brie. Wow, Coe, it really did good. Lars. Lars the Dude thinks Coe should get more broccoli. Uh, Jason Nodgers also thinks that. Uh, Steve Unwin. Wow, Coe. Uh, Jennifer C. Uh, David A. Wow, she's done well. Uh, Gina. Uh, Kate L. Uh, Devin. Wow, go best W. Babs, be like Babs. Harold from Mrs. Pawprint uh, podcast. Old one rainy wish, Justin. Okay, you're really doing well with this, go. This is one uh, squirrel, our old friend squirrel. It's uh, me, Lisa. It's uh, Lisa, you know. Uh, Charlie S. Uh, Nika, thou art sick. Uh, Devon or Devon, uh, both, both signed it, believe it or not, for Co. Marianne J. Carrie, good old echo, echo textual. Kim C. Amanda Reed, who recommended to the world famous Kim C. The lovely Amanda R. Uh, Scott S. Uh, uh, Lee, Lee, our photographer Lee, a good friend Lee. Uh, Tony, Vanessa L, Andre G, Io Land Rosa, uh, Nug, Tung May, Josh E, Soren, uh, Casey, uh, Dystopian, Bob to the K, Elastic, uh, Petra, uh, Becky H, K A L W, Huma, Huma, Huma and Kelly, Allison, Tonya and Tanya. You say Tonya, I say Tanya. And then they both say, hey, Scoots, we signed up a Bragley petition for Coa. And there's another petition for Facebook users that signed the same the same petition, just a different section, subsection B for broccoli, and M for uh, BM, MB, more broccoli for COA. So yeah, it was the great MBK movement, more broccoli, MBFK, more broccoli for COA movement. That's what took Scoots down. Uh, he got into it because he said, well, he doesn't want his dog having too much broccoli. But Kathy M, also, she signed it over here, too. Uh, Chendi W, who also said, she's what about this girl with the green T-shirt? Uh, Melissa B signed it, and the guy from Unsolved Mysteries, that guy, Robert, uh, whatever, he, he's, he wants to go to have more broccoli. Uh, Jen M also agrees that we go to have more broccoli. Graham D, Vanessa B. This is worldwide. Vanessa Peace from New Zealand. All the way from New Zealand. You got to tell me how to feed my dog. Okay, that's good. It's, it's healthy. You know, Crucisaurus. This is uh, Diana L. Lance. Old memory, Lance T. Remember the name, Lance T. Uh, believe me. Shane G. 
Uh, Dave K. All these people have come together to make sure Doug has more broccoli. David P. Uh, Tony B. On the back of uh, Jerry C. Uh, Lord B. Lord B. To the SCR. Jennifer C. Uh, ben S. Uh, Julie R, all supporters of Coas Brackley, Stephanie R, uh, Diana L, uh, Ken M, more Brackley for Co movements, really picking up steam. Kelly L to the N. Thank you, everybody. Ashley, Ashley R, more Brackley for Co and Agent Cooper, more pie for Agent Cooper. Uh, Caroline S and Gavin over here, Shane G. Megan L. Uh, Gail E. said, geez, how about more broccoli for co? I said, well, that's a, yeah, that's a popular uh, sentiment. Thank you. And even people on YouTube signed up for uh, pro co and broccoli. Maria E. I uh, said, hey, yeah, thank you and good night. Uh, get co some broccoli. Dennis D. Uh, Dane M. Susan P. Oh, wait, Susan P. Uh, said there was people talking, and I don't know. She must have been listening to something else. Uh, there's not two people talking in there. Um, Manic Mode, uh, thank you for saying this thing. Dana, Danish Guy Reviews, he says, Hey, I review this. Give Co more broccoli. Abibaba Ju. 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 Uh, Jew a Jew or something. Apologize, can't can't read your uh, signing of this witty witty vixen. Wants to go to have more broccoli. Charlene L too. Sophie J. U dash control wants to go have more broccoli. Oh no, Brazil! Hey, more broccoli for Koa. Our good friend so easy of in this easy says give Koa some broccoli, pleasey. Purple Cracker uh, says, oh, yeah, how about some broccoli? Kanye West, even. I don't know if it's the official Conway, Kanye West, but uh says, hey, give Matt D. Hey, sign, sign the petition. Mr. Ayub22, yep, give Cole more broccoli. Page same thing. Susie B., thank you. Flaming Potato Guy, yep, more broccoli for Koa. A plasma man wants to go to have more broccoli. Famous YouTube supporter, uh, Sean D. Uh, e to the Y to the Yo. Yo uh, says to give Co broccoli. Uh, Praveen, uh, more broccoli for Coa. Mackay, Angela, Andrea B. Our old friend Brian V. Uh, Jerry R. Uh, a guy with his name in Cyrillic uh, that's very muscular if he wants to go to broccoli. Rebecca S., Noel P., Mick Mac, all Circe's ego even. Patrick Triple Three, uh, the L Wind, LOL. All these people want more broccoli for Koa. Uh, Diodaudai, uh, Tony F., Natasha M, uh, thebomb.com, 
put by one Wyatt H. Annalista and Boss Chance. All the pro, all those people, thank you and good night. Thank you for your support and interest of the show. And you, and you, you know, different you places, but also your signing of Coa's broccoli petition. Oh, which she just ate because it smelled like, because it was a broccoli scratch and sniff petition. So I get a good deal with that. Thank you and good night. Well, hello, everybody. This is Ray, your friend Ray. Now, uh, I believe it or not, I talked to little Andy about some podcasting things because we were podcasting. I, I started podcasting on our first flight here. Uh, well, he, we could say, Ray, where is here? Here's where we are right now, my friends, in the present moment. Ah, uh, but it is also would be there a little bit, because Ray's going to be taking you there back to Disney California Adventure right now. And I talked to Andy a little bit about, uh, I said, uh, little Andy, what are we going to do about all the noise? So there's the airplane noise. And then there's not the airplane noise. And he said, well, Ray, we'll, we'll cycle in the airplane noise the whole time. So within the next few minutes here, you'll probably hear the airplane noise, some white noise from the airplane coming in. Now, in the present moment, I'm not on an airplane. But in a past moment, my friends, I was on an airplane, and I don't know if I'll be recording on the next plane. Now, the man, young man that was sitting in our row, he was a little sleepy. He was sleeping on little Andy, believe it or not, some such thing. And so uh, he, he was sleeping there. He was laying all over him. And so uh, then little Andy fell asleep. And they were not snuggling. But he he was snuggling on little Andy. And then I said, well, Ray, let's record a little podcast. What do you say? What, what, do, we, what, do, we, what do we get back to what Disney's California Adventure for? What could be more wonderful? Uh, so now you're probably hearing some airplane noises in there. And your friend Ray will, uh, I'll send it, now it'll be minutes from now, it'll go into the future, but it'll be a past trip, uh, well, it'll be a present trip, I'll be taking a memory road trip back to, uh, uh Disney's California Adventure, because I was just in the middle of telling you, I was just in the middle of telling you one of my favorite things to do is I enter California Adventure, so I'm gonna throw it, uh, oh wait, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna throw it back into the past right here. And then we'll go back into the future. Then, then I'll be back. I'll be here in one second, but you won't hear me for a little bit. All right, this is your friend Ray. Not on an airplane, but it should sound like I have an airplane, so that this consistent noise. Uh, all right, my friends. Oh, by the way, before we cut it, it's so good to see you. You know, this is your friend Ray. Anybody new? This is uh, Ray Perkins. I'm Scooter's neighbor. I call him Little Andy, and I've seen him grow up from uh, the ripe young age of uh, the late 30s uh, to his present uh, prime time age. And, you know, we all know he's a wonderful young man. He Emotionally, you know, he, he's got a he's, a... he's a very young man emotionally. But I'm his neighbor. I'm his friend. I, I, I'm proud to call him my friend. And he's proud to say when I say, well, yeah, he said, man, my friends. And then he says, of course, I love you, right? Now, now when you, you know when you're a Scooter's friend when he starts uh, giving you the business and saying, uh, you know, just just being a little silly, giving you a hard time. You know, or letting you uh, companion him across the country. I still, you, Would you believe it or not, though, I've still not been in a Disney park with Scooter. 
and I, I honestly wonder if he's been to one or not. But I know he has, but uh, I just ponder that sometimes. Uh, but I'm Ray Perkins. I'm Scooter's neighbor. I love Disney. I love Disney stuff. Mostly theme park stuff. Now, I don't have Disney figurines. Or Disney, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some people say, well, that, that would be their Disney stuff. My Disney stuff is the experience of uh, being, you know, a suspension of disbelief. So I do like uh, the movies as well. But the theme parks for me is a uh, fully immersive imaginary experience that your friend Ray loves. And I love sharing it with you listeners because I just, uh, I find it so relaxing being in Disney. And I tend to have a relaxing time. I know a lot of people hear these theme parks and they say, oh boy, the wallet starts to vibrate and the teeth start to grind. But your friend Ray, you know, I, I have a couple rules when I go to the parks. Get up early. You know, get there when the park opens. That's my number one tip, you know. You know, have fun. Of course, all things have fun. Have a nap. Uh, your friend Ray always has a nap. I don't know if this is quite a rule or a tip, but it's be friends to make friends. I tried to tell that to a little scooter with uh, the podcast board. That's another thing. Though that has become a pejorative. I hear Bernie the Butterfly and a few other people calling him the podcast boy, but they say it in that one, but the podcast boy. I call him the podcast boy because he's just a boy. Uh, in podcasting, he's only an infant, I believe. He's uh, two and a half years old. Uh, though he's, you know, we're, we're working on the uh, pushing the 400s of episodes. So, uh, you know, what, what are you going to do, my friends? Uh, but yeah, this is your friend Ray here. So good, to, so good to be in your ears. Oh boy! So uh, thank you for having me there. And I'm going to take you on a little trip back to Disney's California Adventure. What do you say you join me? Hey, uh, hey, it's me. Uh, so I'm going to record this. Um, I'm going to turn down. I may, I don't know if I'm going to turn down the gain a little bit. But if you want the most meta podcasting moment. I'm on a plane recording a podcast, watching the man in the seat in front of me uh, watch the recording of a podcast. Uh, Stuff you should know, I think. And right now, uh, I don't know what the guys look like. The guy in the black shirt with the beard is reading off a piece of paper. And they're showing some Egyptian hieroglyphs. And now they're showing some treasure chests. And now they're back with the two two of them in the shot. The other guy's wearing a plaid. Oh, now we're back full screen. Uh, Chuck, I would say this guy's Chuck. And he has no papers. And now we're looking at a tomb, an open tomb. And a mummy, I believe. Um, now we're looking at cataloged uh, discovery items. And now we're back with the two shot of the two of them. And uh, they're really engaging guys. So that's your uh, meta, meta airplane podcast. Well, I'm going to turn the mic over here in a minute uh, to my neighbor Ray. And that's my neighbor Ray Perkins. And I'll probably work, I mean, this won't be the best episode, uh, but it should be pretty lulling with this airplane noise, I think. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to do it in segments because I think we're getting close to uh, the ATL is our layover. 
So, uh, yeah, this is it. They're still looking, uh, showing more treasures right now. And now we're talking. They, they have real good mics there and uh, stuff you should know. I'm going to start listening to the podcast. I, you know, I don't know much, and I, and I remember even less. So it would be stuff I knew while I was listening. Uh, so I'm going to run some more tests here, and uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, thanks. Hello, everybody. This is Ray. This is uh, a little, little, little Andy didn't know I was already on the microphone here, so we'll probably put those in there. Uh, but I'm here to uh, sit here on this aeroplane and uh, talk to you about my trip uh, to California Adventure. And when we last left off, it was with the closing ceremony of the evening, the uh, uh, the uh, spectacular World of Color broadcast. And... Uh, yeah, so I wanted to say, so so with that trip, we had gone in, and we had gone down by Buena Vista Street, I think it was called, and we walked down there past the shops, and I, I, I guess I failed to, uh, you know, I didn't really give out any pro tips, any uh, any spots Ray likes to stop. Uh, but as you know, your friend Ray, let's just say I... Uh, Let's just take a little fantasy trip here into the world of imagination. Uh, it's a little pot boy's totem where the theater of the mind begins. And picture yourself, it's, uh, let's just say it's a July in Anaheim, California. And we've just woken up from a wonderful nap. Now, your friend Ray, he, he doesn't always stay on Disney property there, because they only have uh, three hotels. Uh, I believe they have the uh, Disneyland Hotel. Then they have a, a Grand Californian Hotel, which is a very fancy, lovely hotel. And then they have a Pacific something hotel, uh, which I, n- I have never seen before. And uh, they, they can be a little spendy, you know, because they're right there. And as many of you may and may not know, you know, uh, Walt was uh, very upset by the, uh, you know, the, that all the land was bought up outside Disneyland. He didn't predict uh, how successful would, uh, he would be and how it would drive uh, real estate prices. Uh, so he did not make that mistake when he built the, when he purchased the land for the Disney World. They did that in a bunch of shell corporations, you know, so they could acquire a ton of land without there being a land rush. Uh, but your friend Ray will find a nice spot within walking distance. Now it'll be a little bit of a walk. Uh, but a bit, a bit, it'll be a nice walk. You'll see people coming from the park. You'll see people returning from the park. You'll see people uh, laughing. You'll see people crying. Uh, you'll see people coming off for work. You'll see people going to work. And, uh, you know, you get a little taste of... Uh, Outside a theme park in Anaheim, California, with the, so which what could possibly uh, be wrong with something like that? Uh, don't you know? Uh, but so if you join me, my friends, we're, we're walking there. Oh, one other thing, poor little Andy. I remember now. This was in his, his darker days. I think this was about four or five years ago. He had uh, made a trip to uh, Anaheim with his mother. 
and his daughter and his brother and some other some other fam family of his and he'd had a bit of a he'd, he I remember he was fighting with one of these uh because he always tells he used to always tell me oh Ray I got it all figured out these uh, bidding sites he said oh I got these bidding sites figured out the uh you know the ones where you bid for your hotel he said I, I, I could I could figure out I got it beat so I said, okay, little Andy, take a, take a few breaths, you know. And he said, oh, right, I'm, I gotta, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna strike gold on this next trip. I'm gonna pay you like $24 a night. I'm gonna stay right inside, the, right outside the Disney gates. And it's gonna be a five-star accommodations. And, you know, we, we know the bad boy. So we know, I, I patted him on the head. I said, well, that sounds so wonderful. You're just so industrious. Uh, and you know you, you can't, uh, you can't you you know you, you got just gotta gotta breathe with them. You can't because if you say you, you know you don't want to uh, run into a brick wall, he can be a bit of a brick wall, you know. Uh, but so then he ended up it, it ended up going awry, and it ended up being too far to walk. And I heard him on the phone. He said, "I need to you know I need to speak to a customer." He said, what is the, he, he, I think he always, he, he, this was back when he was a little bit more uh, unwired, but he would say, uh, your general counsel is something, I forget what the, he, he, he would really like to throw on, around legal terms. I think his, his, the quote was, uh, what, what is your uh, name and customer service number so I could put it in my email to your general counsel? I think it's some other word though, not general counsel, but... Uh, I think they had him on a watch list because they said, well, let's transfer you. And it was too late, you know, to cancel because it was spring break. So they had him. They said, well, we could cancel your reservation and rebook you at the current prices, my friend. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. And he said, what about? And then they said, okay, have a nice day. Enjoy your trip. Uh, so little Andy, they, they ended up just having to take a cab to the uh, Disney parks. But it, it was fine. It was fine. I think, you know, probably a few years off his life uh, with his abundance of uh, dopamine and uh, whatever the, you know. Uh, but uh, what was my point? My point is I always just say, hey, what's he, what, what, what's, it's such a bargain. I'm, I want to be close. I want to be able to walk. You know, let's not freak out here. Let's uh, let's let's take it one step at a time. You know, this is how Ray and I like to have a nice swimming pool so I can have a swim. And I like, you know, I like to know my hotel room is going to be clean. And you know, I, I've stayed in some smaller independent. And that sounded like a very happy baby. Uh, but it, I, you know, I've, I've stayed in some smaller hotels, and they've. Uh, in the more independent chains, and they've done a wonderful job as well there. And I think the city of Anaheim is working very hard to, uh, you know, keep beautifying the area. But I, I, you know, I'm not an expert. I do not live there. I'm just a Disney fan. Your friend Ray is a Disney fan. And I know some people will say that with grinding teeth. And, uh, well, some people will say, what's this? And I say, well, that's what I enjoy. You can enjoy whatever you wish. I have nothing against what you enjoy. And I don't even have a problem with your problem with me enjoying what I enjoy. I understand. You're entitled to your opinion. And I, I don't even need to be entitled to disagree. I enjoy what I enjoy. 
And I am uh, completely comfortable with that, my friends. And what I'm enjoying right now is a, is a memory trip walking down, I think they call it Hobbit Boulevard. And we're passing, and you can kind of see the uh, Tower of Terror, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And we're passing that, and we're walking and racing. Well, how are you doing? Are you getting off work there? Well, have a nice day. Thanks for uh, making a magical moment for everybody. And, you, you know, it's a late afternoon because Ray's had a nice little nap. And I'm walking, and I have myself on. You know, I have some shorts on, but I also, you know, of course, have a light jacket. And I have all my, you know, backpack, so I could put on my... Uh, sunscreen and uh, you know I just I just like to have my things close by but it's a small bag you know it's not the uh, same bag as Rick Steves uses because uh, they say even then I say well I like Rick Steves but why would I pay $50 for a backpack my friend I could go down to the to the local place uh, I could even go to the Goodwill and get a get a nice backpack uh, but I prefer, you know, there's a few places that make their own backpacks locally. That's where I, Ray, Ray likes to spend his money locally. Uh, so, anyway, we're walking down Harbour Boulevard. We're passing, and, and it's a nice red sidewalk. And it feels good. It's about 65, 75 degrees or so. There's palm trees. There's blue skies. And there's tired people and there's excited people. Maybe they're going to see the world of color. Maybe they're going to see some fireworks. And maybe they're going to ride some rides and, uh, you know, cross over into the world of imagination, my friends. Uh, but your friend Ray is going to uh, start his evening off with an, a piece of ice cream. But uh, we're not quite there yet. But we're going to get ourselves a little hand-dipped ice cream bar that I did not mention in the last broadcast because I guess it slipped my mind somehow. Uh, but now we're, we're crossing the Harbour Boulevard at uh, this beautiful stoplight here and we can see the uh, the gates and the people starting to stream in and out a little bit more intense. People are getting picked up for the rides. And now we're... Uh, passing all the little bus drop-off spots here for Disneyland and the bus pickup spots and I and you can see the uh, the parking lot shuttles and all those things and there ahead are the little booths where you buy your tickets now no no my friends of course uh, Ray would have already told you this if this was our first day here but you know it's, it's probably better to uh, purchase your tickets ahead of time uh, now, my friends, I've just gotten word that a flight is about to descend, so I'm going to have to interrupt our walk. But that was Ray's last tip. But if you could buy your tickets ahead of time, go ahead and do it. You may even save yourself a few dollars. Uh, but my friends, just make sure you do a frugal licensed uh, outfit that you can read the reviews to make sure you're getting your, your money. You're getting what you pay for. But I'll be back and talk to you maybe on another flight. Thank you. Okay, my friends, testing, testing, one, two, three, this is Ray, your friend Ray. I'm here, I'm not on an airplane, aeroplane, but it should sound like I'm on an aeroplane a little bit, but uh, in reality, my friends, we are walking through the gates of Disney, not the Disney's California Adventure. 
uh, present-day Disney California Adventure. And just for uh, placemaking, because uh, I recorded the other portion a few days ago, it is a lovely, we'll say a July day. We've just had a wonderful little nappy poo in our hotel, and we had a nice constitutional walk over to Disneyland down Harbor Boulevard. And there is a spring in our step because, Ray, is we're going through the turnstiles, don't you know? And your friend Ray is just so excited to share with you because as we head down Buena Vista Street and we hear the uh, call of the street performers, the streetsmosphere characters, the cries of joyous children and the cries of children that did not get their... Uh, you know, the, all all of the wishes fulfilled. But, they, you know, they will live and learn, my friends. They had a good day at Disney. They'll just remember it later. But we are going, and, and there's a little bit of money burning a hole in my pocket. But there is also, up here on the right as we go, now there's a Starbucks here, you know, my friends. This place is called the uh, Fife in the Fiddle Cafe. And they have Starbucks, and there's usually a bit of a line because, you know, you used to only get a concentrated coffee, you know, not brewed coffee at these Disney parks, which I never understood. I said, what the heck are you doing? Brew some friggin' coffee. But, you know, there, there's uh, there's all layers of business, you know. So, so my friends, I cannot, you know, Ray is not a... And you know, my friends, this is an aside. People always say, Ray, why don't you work at Disney? Why don't you move to Orlando? move to Anaheim, work at Disney, and I say, my friends, this is as much work as I need to do as like putting you to sleep. What could be, you know, they'd say if they had a pillow down, turn down service where Ray said, uh, you know, I, I could uh, do a little scooter at the luxury hotel, you know, well then I would, I would, I don't know if I would do that either, my friends. You know, Disney is my place to get away and escape. So I said, no, I, don't, I, I honestly am afraid of tampering with that magic. But this is Totem, the theater of the mind, my friend. So this is a different, this is different business all entirely. All, I don't think I can say that all entirely. Uh, totally a different business, my friends. But anyway, we're walking by the Fife and the Fiddle. Now, if you go into one of these Disney shops, a lot of times you're going to be surprised. It's not like a shop, you know, because they own the whole place. So if they open, you could go in one door and you could connect to the other stores. But it, within this complex, which on the outside it looks like individual shops, on the inside, you're going to see a little ice cream store. So we're going to go in, we're going to grab ourselves a hand-dipped ice cream bar, my friends. And you could see here on the board, you can choose your kind of ice cream bar. You could choose what they dip it in, and then you can choose your coating. Now, now your friend Ray, I like a vanilla with a chocolate, a milk chocolate. I know the dark chocolate is better for your heart, but I say, well, just, I don't know. I, I, if I want a dark chocolate, I'll have a little coffee or a bar. And then I like the, uh, there's a Mickey, it's not a sprinkle, it's like candy, but they think they call it a sprinkle. It's like a tiny Mickey Mickey head. And it's like a teeny tiny little candy that you, and, and it's, oh my friends, you are going to look at them dipping it. Oh, thank you. Hello, how are you today? Now, I can imagine that people ask you all the time, how wonderful is it to dip ice? And I'm sure, but you do it with a, with a joy and a sparkle in your eye. What is your name? Wow, that is a lovely name. And uh, 
Yeah, so I just like, yeah, I, I know there's uh, dark chocolate's good for me. But I think the, uh, you know, a dose of ice cream every once in a while is good. But how about a dose of that smile of yours? And here's a smile of mine. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking my order. And I hope you have a lovely afternoon. You know, right? I'm going to be walking the park here. And I'm going to go down to the Hollywood section of the park. Believe it or not, I'm taking... Uh, I'm, I'm recording within my imagination. It's good there's no line right now so I could chit-chat with you as they create my ice cream creation. But yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm recording in my mind for some friends of mine. And I'm going to take them down to the Tower of T-E-R-R-O-R. The Twilight Zone Tower, which I love. So do you like that tower? Oh, you, it, it gives you the chills. Oh, bur, bur, oh boy. Oh, Ray, it gives me the chills in a good way. You know what I mean? It gives me that feeling, the vavaya, you know? Well, okay, here's my ice cream. Thank you for so much for being such a pleasant person. I will be sure to tell them that they have an ace on the ice cream order side of things. Thank you. And, oh, oh, this, okay. Well, thank you very much. I am going to enjoy this ice cream even more now. Oh, and that's your number. Okay, thank you. Oh, yes, oh, no, not. Thank you. That's just a piece of paper I dropped. I understand. Oh, this ice cream is going to be good. I will talk to you one day. Thank you. Okay, my friends, so I have my ice cream cone here. And now we're outside of the ca- the ice cream in the cafe. And as we stand here at the uh, the end of Buena Vista Street, there's fountains, and this is where the show goes on that I was telling you about. And this is where Ray likes to eat an ice cream and watch the Pixar parade. All right, now, my friends, we're going to take a left here, and we're going to head down, I believe this is called the Hollywood Boulevard or some such thing. Plenty of good photo opportunities. What you're going to see here, we, 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 ha- we have some beautiful... Uh, there's an animation building on the right, and there's a Disney Playhouse show. I think they're in trying to figure, figure these things out, you know, on this side. And on the left here, once upon a time, as we come up here on the left, there's a... Uh, is a uh, is a theater where we used to have once upon a time the Muppet Vision 3D, which I think I told you about long ago in Disney World. Now, who doesn't love the Muppets? You know, the Muppets are great, and they're being reintroduced to the children of today. Jason Segel and uh, his 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 friends, the lovely young man from the Flight of the Concords, Brett. They have done a great job. Tina Fey, I did not catch the movie, but I love... Ray loves Tina Fey. I mean, who does not love Tina Fey? Holy cow. What a a brilliant, brilliant comedian. And she is, she's just... That's 30 Rock. And Tracy Morgan. But anyway, we're at Disney. I know, I know. Stay on topic, Ray. So I don't know if the Muppets will return to Disney one day, but I think they believe the movie needed uh, updating. Because now now that your friend Ray's remembering, it did have some uh, computer graphics that were a bit dated with... uh, Not the Muppets, you know, they're puppets. But there was another character. So that might have been the undoing of the show, is just the advances in technology, my friends. Uh, But also back here is the, the, the Hollywood back lot... 
and there's a Monsters Inc. ride, which is very fun, and uh, you get to hang out with Mike and Sully, and uh, it's a nice ride for children and adults. You ride around in the taxi cab, and you go through the movie Monsters Inc.'s. Monsters Inc., I believe it's pronounced. I don't know why I pluralized Inc.'s. But uh, also back here, there, there's a little dance party. I just got myself an invitation to uh, dance with someone. Like my dance card, it, well, it's not full, my friends. It has uh, one name on it now, your friend Ray. Uh, ice creamy. Uh, but anyway, I, I'm getting, you know, my thoughts are flushing my brain now. But so your friend Ray, uh, so we can come back here and they, they've had different, they had a Tron dancing and now they have Alice in Wonderland style. So, and it's it's very family friendly. Your friend Ray, you know, I don't do any non-family friend. Well, I mean, at a Disney park, I would only dance, you know, in a family. And I don't think I, there is an unfriendly way. So you can bring your family but it's a little bit of a show. They have a band, and, and it's, who doesn't love to dance? Well, Andy, little uh, the podcast boy, doesn't love to dance. Now I know he will dance, and he went to a dance with his young one. Uh, but uh, not not like Ray, you know. I'm, I'm, when my hips are shaking, the the earth may start quaking, my friends. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I get carried away sometimes. I'm a bit excitable. But so back here is the dancing, and you, for those of you that enjoy a cocktail, you could get a themed cocktail for the show, and there'll be DJs, and the DJ, like that, I don't know if they call it house, house music anymore, or techno, but it'll be, you know, it'll have downbeat, is that what they call it? I don't think they call it either dubstep, I, maybe that's the thing. But they'll be get that that you know they'll they'll rotate, and it's almost going on all the time. So just in the evening, you can come by, you can do a little dancing. Ah, uh, but I think my dancing will be off mic, you know. But also now, as we continue down, now that's the animation building across the street there, and that's where you could see how to animate things. And there's a little bit of the history of Disney animation, and there's a talk to the crush show. Uh, so it's an interactive uh, show with uh, Cru- Turtle Talk with Crush, I believe it's called. So the kids could talk to Crush and his little guy, Flapper, whatever his name is, the smaller turtle. Swoosh. No, it's not Swoosh. What would it cr- Crush Jr., that's not it. You know, but he says things like, hey, man, show me some fin. And then he says, hey, little bro. Hey, come on up and uh, tell me what, what kind of what kind of school you swim in, man. And hey, bro, that's some smooth, smooth bubbling, nice paddle, bro. Show me, slap me some fin. And it can be fun, you know, for the kids. They get to hang out with Crush. So that's there. But uh, at the end of the street is a Hollywood. Uh, well, it's a more of a Broadway-style theater. And for the longest time, they had an Aladdin show, and I believe now they're working on a uh, a Frozen show, which should just be delightful. But oh, this Aladdin show—it it was sad to see it go. But when when we're here in the past, right now I'm in the present. But when the past, oh, where, where are we? I, I can be confused. But this Aladdin show can be just such so delightful. And it's a full Broadway-style show with singing and special effects. 
and I'm sure when they get this Frozen show going, it'll be spectacular, my friends. Absolutely spectacular. And what a way to, you know, to get out of the heat. You know, you could go before you nap or after you nap, but don't don't use it to supplement. You want to be awake for this thing. And you go in there, and it's just like going in. It's a Broadway-style theater, my friends. There's tiered seating. So do yourself a favor. Don't say, well, I don't. I think a little Andy does that sometimes. Well, why bother? And I say, well, my friend, you know, if Lewis and Clark said that, they wouldn't have done whatever they did. On the, you know, gone on the Snake River or what such things. And, well, Andy, if you said, why bother to put people to sleep, you wouldn't be putting people to sleep, and then Ray wouldn't be able to share his little story here. So that is that theater. I think it's called the Hyperion Theater, and it is lovely. Now, now it doesn't have the greatest facade. Like we've talked about, when they first built this park, you know, they said... Uh, I, 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 I guess I don't know, I, but, but they didn't fancy it up quite enough for, for Ray, your friend's Ray's taste. I say, well, well, fancy this up. Let's put a little, uh, you know, d- don't just put some paint on it. You know, where, where, where the hell's the paper mache? And I know they don't use paper mache. It's a figure of speech that no one uses but your friend Ray. Uh, but as we transition from uh, the theater here... You're going to see in front of you a large tower. It's the Hollywood Tower Hotel, my friends. And that is where you could take a trip into the Twilight Zone. And I know little Andy, the podcast boy, loves, loves the Twilight Zone. And we could, I mean, we're all laughing right now. You know, he spends most of his time in his own Twilight Zone. And this podcast exists in the real and the proverbial Twilight Zone as well. But this is one of those rides, my friends. It's an all boy. And you, you want to suspend your disbelief. You get in, ride, in line for this ride. And you go through the queue and you get into an old Hollywood hotel... And you go into the lobby, and then you go into the library, and you see a little uh, Rod Sterling movie, and he sets up the mystery of the ride. Now, it's an action ride, so you got to be ready and read the, uh, you know, find out your tolerance. Well, what would what your friend Ray would say, you know, take a few breaths. It's, it's a, you're in a controlled, safe environment, and give it a try. Just try it once. It's okay to be a little bit, say, I don't know about this. There's motion, Ray. And yes, there is motion. Oh, boy. But the best kind. And there's views. And if you really get into the mystery, my friends, you... I, oh, boy. I mean, it, it reminds me of the Twilight Zone. It reminds me of a few other things. And I just love, I mean, you know, you know I, I, there's nothing I more love than descending myself into this. I, I find it a joy. Uh, but I know for some of you it could be a little intense. So, so that's all the details. Like, but just look at the grounds around here. And try to imagine it's a real hotel, you know. Now, as we exit the hotel, we're at the edge of this street here. And uh, beyond the street is Bugs Land, which we've talked about. It's a little children's park. And it's very nice. And it's, you know, one of the other things Ray likes about it. Well, let's walk through here. There's so much shade. 
So you say, oh boy, and you say, well, there's children, there should be a lot of shade, correct? I say correct and correct, my friends. But you come in here and you can take the little ones, and usually the lines aren't bad because it's kind of tucked away back here. And you can, you know, you just get some shade, maybe get a cold drink. There's plenty of benches around here. And there's also a nice set of restrooms if you take it. You come in from the tower here, you head right, there's a nice set of restrooms down there. So, so you know, at least use the restroom. And that, what I'm going to do is, let's do this, my friends. Let's do a little imaginary journey here. Because uh, little Andy's pacing around me, believe it or not, here at the airport. So he wants me to go check on the, we want to go over to the gate. I'm saying, well, she's in, but Ray, let's, let's go. I'm going to use the restroom. And then I will meet you back at the Buena Vista Hotel so we could go take a right and explore the last regions of this park. How, how does that sound to you, my friends? Well, I'll see you there. Hey, this is Scooter again. Hey, I'm back. Uh, I just saw the name of the show is uh, Internet Roundup. Uh, my neighbor here is watching. It was Josh and Chuck. I realized that, though, before I could give myself credit. And uh, they're talking. Josh now has a blue Oxford on. I guess I'm assuming it's Josh. And Chuck has a black t-shirt on. Looks like a Damon and Buster's hat on, but maybe not a baseball hat. He's, 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 he's got a nice grin. He's reading off a paper. And they're in a podcasting studio or just a studio. And Chuck, well, Chuck's got a smile. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck really looks. Uh, I mean, he, he, you could say, I don't know if he's corn fed. He, yeah, I wonder if he's from the Midwest. That would be my guess. But I mean that in a good way. Uh, now I'm seeing these guys. I have no doubt why. Oh, it's an LA studio. It says, but I don't have any doubt why they. Like I can't hear anything they're saying, but I can see. Uh, their charisma, and, and this isn't uh, facetious. So uh, now I have no doubt why they're so popular, even without, uh, you know, really listening to the show or what they're talking about. And they're still chatting. I think someone on the plane just whistled for a second there. Uh, Chuck's combing his hair, uh, wiped his face. Oh no, that was uh, sorry, that was Josh. The man I assume is Josh. And they're talking back and forth. There's some kind of discussion going on. Oh, Chuck Chuck seems to be... Oh, he's laughing now. He made a point and he laughed. And they're aware they're on camera. uh, Josh is doing a good job. He's, you uh, you know... He's doing the podcast, but he's also... Not pandering to the camera, but but he's aware, you know, he's using gestures. And his face is slightly turned. I don't know if that's on purpose or just natural, you know, skill. Man, this Chuck guy is good. I mean, he's he's got loads of gobs of charisma. Man. And Josh, I think I may call Josh Scott by accident. Sorry about that. Yeah, but who would think? I mean, what are the odds? I'm on a plane, and I'm watching two people record a podcast while recording a podcast. 
within a dream about a podcast. Okay, next segment up is a neat website. And they had some cool uh, 70s graphics. Uh, yeah, this will be too boring, so I'm going to turn it over right here. And he's going to talk about uh, the rest of his trip uh, uh, to Disney's California Adventure. Oh no, wait, now there's a, it looks like a cattail. That must be the cool website. It's a, oh no, it's not, it has eyes. It looks like one of those floaty things that would be in charge in, uh, in, in front of a car, a car, a car dealership. Or, yeah, that's what it looks like. Oh, and now uh, Josh is doing the car dance. But I bet you, you know, it's based on some sort of, uh, Oh, now it's getting really, uh, uh, funky, the dancing. Yeah, but what a, what a moment for podcasting. A strange podcaster is watching a normal person, probably maybe you can hear and hear me chattering and getting irritated. Uh, watch two podcasters, uh, record their show, or a recording of them recording their show. Oh, that's even weirder. Because it's a recording of them recording. Oh, episode's over. Okay. Oh, wait. Okay. I think he's going to go in for another one. Um, nope, we watched all of them already. There was only four. I'd go through what was on my... Oh, that's another reason I'm recording a podcast. I have the... Uh, and this happens to everybody all the time. I have the touch one touch screen on the plane. Uh, that when you you know when you touch where your finger touches, it lights up like f- uh, four inches to the left. Uh, so at first I did it in two different languages, and now it's stuck on the map, which says we still have 45 minutes to our destination. Plenty of time to record. So uh, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna double check the recording and then turn it over to Ray. Oh, hello, friends. We're back here. Yes, yeah, sorry, I was in the ice cream shop. I just had to check one or two things, you know. You know, make sure my dance card was still, uh... Anyway, so, you know, Scooter says to try to keep this off the podcast. My personal business. He says, Ray, can, can you keep it personal? People are starting to think you're like, uh... Like a Joey Butterfuco or something. And I say, oh, my friends, I'm nothing. They say, no one even knows who that is, Scooter. And he says, well, the modern-day version. I say, Scooter, I am your friend. Don't get, I'm not going to get caught up in it. You know, I like to do what I like to do, my friends. But anyway, we're back here at the Buena Vista Hotel. But you could go in there and have a soda or two or a soda water and lime and just get out of the heat. It, it won't be cheap. This is a little bit of an expensive place. But, uh, you know, if you want to indulge in some such thing. But here we go. We're going to go we're straight for us, but if you're coming in, the entrance is right. And what that is, is this is, it used to be called, it used to be a desert theme. Now it's a little more mount, uh, forest themed. And this is kind of the first area. There's like, uh, there's a nice grill here where you could eat. And then there's some restrooms on the left. And just past the grill here, and you know, it's the, the, even the, the flooring, the ground here is uh, themed. But up here on our right is the, the ride uh, Soaring Over California. 
And there's rumors it's going to change to soaring over the world or so keep it here. I, I'm not sure of those things, my friends. Well, what I am sure of is this is a ride not to be missed. You, uh, you get in what, what could be uh, described as a, uh, IMAX, uh, what are those things called? A glider. And it's perfect. It's, it's, there's nothing frightening about it, but it's like, uh, it feels like you're flying in a glider over California, soaring over California. I guess that's why they called it soaring over California. And it feels like it's in about five d- dimensions. It has some smell of vision for some wonderful smells of California. And you get a taste of a wonderful state out here. And it's fun, fun, fun. So check it out. And it's worth the wait, but it also has the fast pass, so if you're planning. And, what you know, if you, if you get here early, as Ray said, I, I think what you would first do is get your fast pass for the Radiator Springs. And then you would go on the Radiator Springs ride, and then uh, or, or not, and then you'd go on the Toy Story ride and the Roller Coaster ride. And then what you would do, my friends, is... Uh, I don't know when you'd... You'd have to check with one of the touring... Uh, touring plans is the one your friend Ray uses. But at some point you'll go out here... You won't, if you plan it the way they plan it for you... You won't really wait. But it's worth the wait. I'd wait 30, 40 minutes for this ride. A- after 40 minutes I would say... You know, get up early and go on this uh, ride early in the morning. Uh, but but it, it's a lovely, lovely ride. And as we make our way past this ride, you can see a little spot to meet and greet the characters. And there's an old aeroplane there. And you can see the monorail go by, which is nice. And up here on our right is the uh, Grand California Hotel. But if you're here at the holidays, my friends, it's worth a trip into the lobby. It is, uh, got a, it will have a huge tree... And decorations, but any even another time where you, if you say if you can't take a nap, but you need to get away from the park and you need a little air conditioning and maybe you want to have a nice drink or just sit down, head over to the lobby of the Grand Californian, my friends. It, it is worth it. It is majestic, and if you have the uh, funds, I, I mean, I would even stay there. You know, they say here they have a lovely pool. Uh, so I, w- I, w- I would check that out, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, now as we pass it, that's the entrance you could go. And they have their own entrance to the park. Now that is classy, you know. My friend Andy would say, well, how about woo, woo, woo. But Ray, that's what Ray says. I don't think little Andy says that. So I, 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 I'm getting care. But uh, across from the entrance here, now one good thing and one thing that makes Ray a little sad. Now you see this giant bear and the bear is in a, uh, a life vest for going in the water. He's got a paddle. And this is one of your whitewater rapids rides. It's called Grizzly River Run. Now, you, you, you go on this ride before you nap because you're going to get soaked, my friend. So uh, no doubt about it, you'll get soaking wet. And so it's just an easy decision. You shouldn't miss the ride. You should just say, okay, I'll go on this ride, and then I'll go back to the hotel. I'll change my clothes. I'll take my clothes off. Maybe I'll have a swim, and then I'll take a nap. And in the summer here in uh, Los Angeles, uh, you know, you're not going to get cold. It'll cool you down. And it's a fun little ride. It's got a little story. 
and uh, you know it's very cool all the uh, fake granite and all those things and the uh, the giant bear or the grizzly at the uh, peak and snow and all those things so it's a nice ride to check out but the, the thing that makes Ray a little sad is one of Ray's favorite things about these box is the little live axe A-C-T-X not A-X-E's and they used to cross from this entrance they used to have a little uh, Americana band or a jug band style band washboard and unfortunately I, I, your friend Ray is terrible he, he complains but he doesn't know the name of the band uh, but I think it was called like Billy Boys and the fun you know I, I don't know Rock Bottom River Boys but they were just wonderful to stop and listen to and you would see da- you know children dancing and and I think they went away, my friends. And I say, well, what, why are you going to cut back on those things? You know, come on. Ray needs his live music. I mean, oh, boy. Uh, do I ever, do I love to just sit down, uh, maybe have a churro or a cheese-filled pretzel and just enjoy myself? So, police, if you're listening, uh, get get some live music back in there and say, well, we got a budget or we got these. I say, okay, that's on the other side of the park, my friends. And that's a different style of music. It's complementary, not exclude whatever you call it. Okay, and sorry that Ray's losing his temper. This is not a request, it's in demand. If I have any influence in the middle of a sleep podcast. Uh, bring back some... I need, I need washboards. And, and, and uh, ain't no... I, I need a hole in the washtub. Your friend Ray, I want to see a washboard. What a washtub base... Washboards. I want to see someone blowing on a jug. I'd like to see overalls and straw straw hats if we're going to go with the uh, theming. And I say, get the, get it get it done for for the love of for, for the love of music. It's called Americana or country and western, uh, whatever you want to call it. Do it. Okay, so right, your friend Ray's. You know, I get carried away. I'm sorry, my blood was already pumping. You know. It's healthy. My blood flows well. Anyway, Scoot is rolling his eyes. He's here. Uh, oh, he's going off again to the gate. So, uh, my friends, I, I, uh, we're almost done. On the right here, you're going to see the... Uh, it's it's an adventure course. I think right now it's themed to the young man from uh, Up. And you can go in there and you can... It's like a giant playground for all ages... And they have little different missions you could go on. Uh, but you, if you need to blow off steam or your kids need to blow off steam, again, before you nap, you say, blow off some steam. You go on the river, Grizzly River Run. They cool them down. And then, the, the, you know, especially if you've had a sugar peak, don't go sugar after. Okay, you know, this is all free advice from your friend, right? And I'm an expert at these parks, believe me. So, uh... You go, you blow off some steam here at the adventure courses. Rope, roping, and climbing, and ro- you know, rock scrambling, and, and and it's you. And this place is to sit down. If you say, "Well, that's not for me, Ray," it's for my kids. Say, "Well, okay." And remember, this is a safe place. Disney knows what they're doing in these in these situations. You know, so don't freak out. I remember little Andy. The first time he went here, he was freaking out, chasing after his little one. So don't freak out. But don't be ashamed of freaking out. If you do freak out, just say, hey, your friend Ray said it's okay. It's going to be okay. 
but so that they'll scramble and then you'll go on the rocky river run now make sure you plan it so you're not waiting in line all day and then you go back to your hotel you take a little nap but so that's that's a little adventure course you could spend some time there and then as we curve around here my friends there's a little area strangely it's uh, dedicated to San Francisco. It's just a couple restrooms, like the Painted Ladies. And that's what the Painted Ladies got, is a restroom behind them. But that's, uh, so so you can go to the restroom here. And then we're back at this junction where we could go straight ahead to the uh, boardwalk area. We can go to the right here and uh, get on to the Little Mermaid ride, which is lovely. And that looks like the uh, Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco a little bit, my friends. So those are all options. And so, and then you can have a lovely look at the lagoon, but you could also go left. Now, if you were timing it, you would uh, you could go here for dinner and have a little dinner, you know, at the, the food court there and listen to the mariachi band. But you could get yourself some dinner. You could go into Causeland for some dinner, too. And then prepare for the world of color. If you have not seen that yet, my friends, you know, that is worth your time. Uh, but, you know, and, or you could go, you know, some some people may have your dinner plans or dancing plans. Or after dancing plans, an evening swim, you know, you know, more, you know, activities, activity-based plans. You're like your friend Ray. Uh, but, you know, my friends, you hear your, your Disney's your oyster. Or you could have Vandy pacing around your chair, playing, saying, let's get to the gate and check the gate. Uh, but, oh, hey, no, I, but believe me, I had some wonderful plans that evening, my friends. But they are not anyone's business with ice cream. and, uh, and Anyway, my uh, so I hope you have a lovely rest of the evening at the park here. And if you don't, just... Uh, you know, stroll around. Remember to have a nap. Bring a hat. Bring a light coat. But remember, the most important thing is to have slow down and have some fun. All right, this is your friend Ray thanking you and saying good night. Thank you so much, my friends. Okay, I am headed into the woods. I am headed into the woods of my youth. Following my brothers, I'll attempt to walk slow. Hear my footsteps as I walk through the woods of my use. My brothers are waiting for me, crossing through my neighbor's backyard with the greenhouse, talking into a mic, headed towards the legendary Minnesota's house, white with black shutters, just as it is in my dreams. Crossing Mrs. Otis's backyard. I forgot there's a, I guess, a pit for burning garbage or grilling once that we thought was a sacrificial. Oh, I hear that strange bird. I think it's just for garbage burning. But Miss Otis has a long uh, yard, hilly leaves strewn but the new homeowner seems to have mowed it with two of my brothers Ken and Ted they're ahead of me wondering what the best entry point to the woods is 
I dropped my phone. Oh, now I'm panicking. And now I stand on the precipice of the woods, ready to enter. Though it's spring, the woods are stark and gray. A little green poking through the ground. The leaves are, some are bone white. The trees are bare. I think I did a little, very little uh, woodsing in these woods back then. In the, I guess in the winter would be cool. You can hear the buzzing of an insect, a bee, or a some other buzzing insect. Now I'm on the verge of a a wall, an old wall. When I was a lad, I wondered if the revolutionary soldiers hid behind this wall as they did heroic acts, but now I probably realize that it's just a way to divide property lines. Some moss growing on the wall, stones piled, leaves covering it. And now as I head down this small gully that runs behind houses to the left above on a hill and houses to the right at the bottom of the gully. I see one of the best parts of playing in the woods, tipped over trees you can climb on and pretend you're an Ewok when you're when I was a kid. So we're here in the wilds of Syracuse, New York. Early spring, a warm day. Feels warm, but the trees, they look like they're cold because they're naked, you know, naked trees. In front of me now is a large tipped over tree. Was this a tree that's been here so long that I climbed on it? Uh, it's possible. It's probably likely. There's a little couple stumps underneath it. Just enough for a couple kids to sit and chat or read comic books. Imagine. I don't know what the kids today imagine. They still imagine revolutions and fighting for the North. And the, uh, in another, I don't think any of the Civil War took place up here. I don't even know, probably in this spot here, if there was any revolutionary action. Do they imagine... They're with uh, the characters from Star Wars The Force Awakens. Or maybe they're a budding brother and sister because this tree has a big opening at the bottom where you could just imagine small animals, little bear cubs living. Maybe a young moss lover, child who loves mosses and lichen. Who likes when I make jokes like I'm liking, liking? Uh, this is the sound of me stepping over a tree. 
those of you that are the detailed listeners of the podcast will remember when my sister, brother, and I climbed into a, a temporary pond that had gathered, and I'm on a small ridge overlooking that pond. It's dry now, but you can see the basin. You can see that it was recently filled with snow that melted and either evaporated or sunk beneath the earth. And for your enjoyment, I'll descend now into this pond, this pond basin. I don't know if the same crabby older woman is uh, hiding in her house watching me with a microphone, black bag, cords, uh, strange outfit on, mostly uh, pajamas I've cropped together from clothes I could find, some smack short and a shirt, shorts and a shirt. Ah, sound of a acorn falling from a tree. Here I go, down the banks of this pond. A giant tree is overturned here in the pond area. You can see where... Oh, I see a... I see a squirrel. Maybe you could just hear it. There's a bird calling. And here I go, down the banks of the pond. Now in the more loamy, wet earth of the, was recently kissed by, holy moly. But what I found here is one of the uh, um, Christmas gifts that uh, people that say, you know, I kind of thought of a gift for you back when I was little. It was a plastic bowling set. You can hear it here. It's a little AMSR action. I'm tapping on a plastic bowling ball I found in the bottom of a pond. I once talked to my brother and sister to going into in our underwear, and we got grounded for many, many years. A pond that only had water once in my use. But it, you can hear it. Um, so it's a, a plastic bowling ball about the size smaller, bigger than an orange, smaller than a grapefruit. And it would come with a few bowling, plastic bowling pins. And you would either use it, you know, you wouldn't really use it for bowling except for once or twice, unless you're very industrious. But yeah. There's a mangled uh, bike tire here and a figure eight. Oh man, this is an old one here. How about I touch some bark? How about that? You want to get ASMR on me here. That's the sound of dried bark on an overturned tree. Oh, I can see the spot where my brother and sister and I went in. I'm on the other side of the pond now. Beside the one who's screaming at us and saying, I called your mother. And I'm thinking this tree was here the whole time. Crossing the pond again, recrossing it. Uh, returning to the shore where I first said, hey, one day I'm going to go in this pond and 
you know, get leeches on me like the guys in uh, Stand By Me. Really a lot of uh, overgrowth here. This is a spot here. There's two trees at the uh, edge of the pond. That's where we put laid our clothes. So we climb down the bank into the pond. I can see the lowest point of the pond from here. Where we would have uh, set off on our adventure. And uh, can't say I feel very much other than uh, wondering. You know, what, what just, I mean, that soil must be very drain, you know, drain, drain heavy. But yeah, I mean, it must be very, yeah, I'm, I'm standing in soil now, I'm sinking. Looks like uh, wild strawberries or something are growing. My brothers are up on a hill above me searching for tennis balls. Tennis court stands in beyond them. And here are the leaves. And this is another spot from my youth here. Oh, bed frame. This is another. This was where the path was the most worn in. There's a big rock here. I never named the rock, but this is a good rock for uh, having, pretending we were having meetings. For you know, during the Revolutionary War, we were fighting, and pretending it was our camp or our sentry point, and. I don't know, I guess somebody would drank a beer here recently. Could have been me. The last time I said, eh, let me tuck, tuck, pull up the old nostalgia blanket here. But I'm headed up another hill now. Yeah, I'm at the peak of a hill now. Bumblebee. Just caught in beams of light. It's making its way from leaf to dried leaf. Not sure why or what. I wish I was a bumblebee expert. Just lazily bouncing along. I've lost sight of the bumblebee as a breeze picks up. Probably due to the lack of uh, cover, people are watching me from their homes wondering what I'm doing. Luckily, my brother's in the fire department, but they could be contacting. The weirdo authorities, I guess, would be... Oh, there's another tennis ball. But now I'm going to make it my way up a ridge. You may hear me. This is a good stick area. Lots of sticks for making your revolutionary weapons. Strange, a piece of thing on the ground looks a bit like a piece of corn on the cob. Not sure what it is, really. Now we're into a further section of the woods. A little bit more boring section. At least as far as uh, childhood memories go. One last hill to investigate, but... I don't know if there's anything really to see beyond there, so I'm gonna... Probably now caught in one of these sticks. Oh, I just saw it. I saw something cool. A flat rock. Giant flat rock. The other thing out here are salamanders. I don't know what salamanders do in the wintertime, though. We used to come out here and flip over rocks and see salamanders. 
And, you know, that's cool when you're a kid to see what, I mean, to me, it was an exotic wild animal, salamander. Not dangerous, but in its wild environment. Usually it would result in dropping a uh, rock on your toe for me. Okay, we're being tracked now by strangers. Can you hear them? Might be in neighborhood kids or, uh, you know, interested homeowners saying, what is this man doing? This man, boy man, they don't know that though. They could actually think I'm, uh, I'm a strange man. Well, that'd be correct too. One of these backyards is my cousin's backyard now. And the house, uh, I guess I didn't mention this on my paper route episode, but the house uh, my cousin lives in was the best tippers on my entire paper route. And they had pretty good candy, too. And I think the house was built on plans from Frank Lloyd Wright. Or in some way it was connected to Frank Frank Lloyd Wright. Interesting. Or at least I remember when they were trying to sell it, it was. But I found a cinder block here. And cinder blocks are always, always good places for uh, action with toys. Or, you know, when you're older and you think a cinder block is actually a good place to hide adult uh, uh, magazines. Not that, you know, I'm not looking for that right now. But I've moved the cinder block and there's no salamanders or adult magazines or G.I. Joe figures. Uh, oh, here's a good thinking log. I think I'll sit here. My brothers are cleaning the woods up. So rest my, rest easy if you're worried about me being harassed by tennis ball throwing ruffians. They're woods cleaning, tennis ball throwing jerk faces. Uh, I've just had a seat on the thinking. You know, let's just listen to those two talk. Yeah, they caught me trying to listen in. They haven't given us a release form, so... But here I am, sitting on a... Looking down through brambles and branches. As tennis balls fly in my direction. Uh, down at the pond. Another tennis ball. In between... In the center of the route of my paper route. In the center of my paper route, I guess you'd say. I was also thinking, you know, what might be very ASMR-y is me stroking some moss. Uh, So let's go ahead and stroke some moss. Let's do a little more sitting and thinking, chatting, jets flying overhead. We have peaceful bird noises. Brothers cleaning the woods noises on the distant spring air, warm, unseasonably warm spring day in the 60s here. You can hear people talking and playing and, you know, doing yard stuff in the distance. Maybe I can just hear little Andy uh, talking his brother. Hey, come on. Let's just go in. Just take your clothes off. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? 
Well, no, I'll go in first. Oh, and then I go in. Oh, my goodness. This uh, strange, tepid pond with tons of sticks and barbed wire and and the woman. Oh, this is the best. Oh, look, I can do a backstroke here. Come on in, you two. I don't think Mom would like... Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Mom will never find out. How would she possibly know? You know, I'll just leave my underwear here in the woods. Okay, I think it's time to stroke some moss. So here it is. It's silent, but you'll, so you'll have to trust me. But this is the sound of a man petting moss. Yeah, if that doesn't get you in the, uh, right in the AMSR, ASMR, my inability to pronounce, enunciate, oh, my brother almost slipped there, he doesn't think anybody saw it, but I did, he recovered well, can you hear noises in the distance, probably an unruly mob of uh, former customers of my paper out, caught wind I'm in town, gathering, Going door to door, saying, let's, 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 well, Andy's in town. Remember? Worst paper deliverer that ever delivered papers. Now I'm just at a distance here. My two brothers are on another thinking log, hunched over their phones. Well, one's sitting up straight, the other hunched over his phone. Oh, I just, let's see, let's just check this rock here. I see a good rock for, uh, what do I think, what are those things called again? Newt, maybe they're newts. They're not chameleons, because I remember, come on, come on, change color. Salamanders. They're amphibious, I believe. Read through their skin. Okay, I have a rock up. There's, and there is a salamander under here. And it's peaceful. He's he, he. that's a salamander's red stripe right down the middle, black on the sides and the legs, rusty stripe. And I just returned it to its uh, its rock to its proper place to leave it alone. You can stand here and listen to a couple bird calls. There's not many leaves, so the wind as it blows through here gently. It's just a light, tiny, crinkly rustle on the leaves on the ground. Where I stand here, there's ivy poking through. Not the itchy ivy, but the ivy with uh, lavender flowers. Honeysuckles, I'm not sure if that's what they're called, but you can pluck them out and suck on them and they have a sweet taste there's another rock pile here I'm heading towards a lot of rocks just generally strewn about I don't know if that's from the big bang or people just throwing them you know down the hill uh, this looks like something was digging here once upon a time take a step into it oh boy hear that it's got some depth to it this is a pile could be a natural pile doesn't look natural to me 
And I don't know if this is the people we pushed out, you know, that once uh, made their homes in Onondaga County, the Onondagas. But, uh, you know, I guess I should learn more about the county history. And where does this wall come from? Who made this rock pile? How many different kinds of moss are there? Could I make a living just as an ASMR artist on YouTube, stroking moss? What rating would a video have if it was called The Man Who Stroked Moss? Now my two brothers are excavating something, or excavating, excavating I believe. They're onto something. Yeah, they're digging through the leaves. Uh, they found the bowling pins, I think, that go with this bowling ball. Now you can hear them talking in the background for an extra layer. I'm here by an old log. It's got holes bored in it or uh, that have leaked in it over the years. The, I, I think this log is older than I. But, uh... It's got some bird uh, droppings on there. No bark. I guess, you know, even this is lulling... Balance is an important thing with sleep and life. Balance is not uh, something I'm good at. So why don't I try to silent... Like, not silent... You know, lullingly balance and walk on a log. What could possibly go wrong? So I'm on the log. And I'm walking feel a bit like uh, one of Robin Hood's less merry men yeah, and I'm, I'm not a friar either but yeah I'm walking along towards the end of the log then I'll attempt a, uh, a 180 degree turn here I am at the end of the log turning turning and I'm going to make my way to the end of the log again, one step at a time, letting my body balance itself. Heading to the end of the log where my brothers chat. Doing another 180 degree turn, walking again. Getting slightly too confident in my ability to balance because I'm going to switch to yet another log. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, these are the things you do after 20 minutes in the little woods. Oh, he's transferred. Whoa. But yeah, now I'm, I have a foot on each log. Uh, stra I'm straddling a couple logs because uh, now I'm back on the... I'm on the new log. I'm not back on the old uh, Yeah. I'm balancing... And I'm walking. This log is smushier. Just kind of log you, you don't want to find out that uh, crumbles underneath you. Now this log here, I've transferred to yet another log, has some white growth on it. Huh. Some sort of ancient white growth. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's growing on the log. It's not moss. It's not bird droppings, it's something else entirely.
something ancient? Is it something... Some ancient form of life that I, I don't want to step on it, so I had to step off the log. That's why I stepped off, not because I lost my balance. Holy ASMR uh, jackpot. Just seeing the most furriest thing in my life. Uh, listen, to, listen to me stroke this. Why don't we continue our ASMR issue edition? Well, actually, it won't be binaural, but we can continue our ASMR with me crinkling some leaves. You can just hear my brothers chattering in the distance. In the far distance, I can hear a happy kid playing on the hillside somewhere. Oh, it's a swing set. I can just see it through the trees. The father that'll soon be calling the police. He sees three men emerge from the woods, one with a silver thing held to his face. That'll be fine. I made my way over to the old wall. The one, you know, I think, make up history about. There's an interesting smell here. Nice woodsy smell that I just quite can't quite can't quite identify. You can hear the joyous swinging going on. Oh, I think I see an old piece of a vehicle and another wonderfully flat big rock. I'm gonna make my way over there. Now I'm standing on a giant flat rock. I mean giant. Looks like it was carved out of the raw material of our planet. Um, I'd say ten inches around, but it's not a circle. Ten inches, no, no, ten feet. And about three feet thick. It's got some two kinds of moss growing on. Maybe passed away moss and Maybe three cans. Let's do a little close-up here. Oh, yeah. I've never looked up at moss this close, even when I was stroking the moss. There's, uh... Some human hair-looking moss and tight curly curls. And you have some fresh green moss. Uh, that's more bulbous. I should have brought a looking glass with me. And then some older, uh... I'd say pine tree-style moss... Then on the side of this you have some uh, blackish moss, almost like a moldy moss. Ah, moss. Wonderful to say, wonderful to touch. Pretty, pretty, pretty darn nice to look at. And one day I'll make my bed in moss. It, it, you know, once I get clearance out there, it's a good idea. But another thing about the woods is, you know, when you're Wandering in the woods, you'll find car parts, and you say, What the heck? Because uh, where we are now is far from a road, but not so far. But you still, you wonder, what, how the hell, how the hell, it looks like a front, uh, yeah, it's a front left side of a vehicle. Maybe it's a tractor, uh, where I would go above the wheel here, rusted, 
abandoned and about to be the victim of some ASMR action. Yeah, that's some rusty tapping. Yeah, this is the rusty tapping cast. So I don't think that gets a little too ASMR-y. Now we're going to do some uh, bonus. I'm going to walk back down away from the wall here. Alright, so I'm walking on the side. Of the, w the wall ends for a second. It's just a mound here. Um, not far from the vehicle. Oh boy, this is a little bit of a work to get up that hill. So maybe not everybody builds walls in there. But, you know, some people do. You know, I'm a builder of uh, walls myself. But I'm trying to change that fact. Here I am, I'm going a few more steps on this wall. Maybe you'll hear some rocky rock action. Some stones. So I step I'm stepping I'm doing some stone stepping. There's an old piece of metal fence there. I guess I'll be exiting the woods in my use. I hope uh, you get a nice uh, dose of the woods in my youth. My brothers have two full garbage bags, so they're the real heroes. Uh, they also weren't heroic enough to get me with a tennis ball. So there's that. But yeah, we exit the woods. I wouldn't say that was a nostalgic journey. Uh, I guess because I was recording. It's a good another yet another good way to repress my feelings, but also just to say I'm looking at it with a totally different set of eyes and a, a totally different mind in some sense but also I'm still the same person and it's just such a darn beautiful day here uh, that uh, man especially for it to be so wintry uh, tree-wise, but this yard I'm in now, I can see little green buds everywhere. So spring has dawned, I guess. And the early morn has uh, rolled in. And I guess, uh, I don't know, I don't have another one for sprung or sprang or springing. I approached the back of Mrs. Otis's old house. Oh, I forget there was a... Well, it's upon a time there was a treehouse here. Predated Mrs. Otis. And we were kind of banned from using it, but we still did. And then up through the Moore's backyard. We used to use another yard, but that yard access is cut off now. As I make my way through the yard, picking up speed, if so, I don't get yelled at by anybody. Now I'm in my parents' backyard, standing in a spot, um, 
where my two favorite trees used to be we lost them years ago uh, but well, I was already in California but uh, late winter storm that took down a huge amount of trees in Syracuse and the surrounding area but uh, I think it was a uh, seventh or eighth grade crush at the top of that tree it was engraved there spent a lot of time at the top of that tree climbing as high as I could just like a young Bran and thinking up there listening to my house it was another place of escape for me of thrills of climbing higher and higher and it was a thick pine tree there was two the left one on the left was better for climbing but I could climb up there and you didn't really it was uh, so many branches you really didn't have to worry about uh, the danger but you could get the height it was probably twice as high as my parents house could see I could think I could wonder So that's it. I don't know if you can pick up any of these beautiful bird sounds everywhere. Yeah, I'm working on the... Uh, brought the podcast to say thank you. I'm working on this. I'm working on a, one of the big companies packing their orders. Oh, here comes a wander. In fact, uh, Matthias, uh, one of those goes in this box. Oh, these are labels. Uh, Susan P., that's going too. Luella B., that one looks like a toy. Uh, Heidi Ann, that's a book. Uh, ben T, who's getting a bit of a case of tea. Uh, David H, it looks like a rocking chair. Well boxed, though. Uh, Jillian, you're getting some jello. Uh, Joe, coffee. There's a, he's making, these stores make a lot of sense. Diane's getting some hiking boots. Uh, Pat G, some Gatorade. Uh, Jen, uh, she's getting some Genesee cream, cream ale. I didn't even know you could ship that. Michael C, a nice blankie. Uh, Leslie is getting a maraca. That's interesting. Uh, KDR to the M to the S is uh, getting a stenciling kit. Uh, Gabe B is getting a cake. I know you could ship cakes from here. Well, uh, same day delivery. Uh, Jeff C's getting some soup. Uh, Stephanie R is getting a Roomba. Uh, John L is getting a copy of Every Far Side Book. Good taste. Uh, Bruce F is getting some uh, fizzy stuff. Uh, David S is, is getting an ice sculpture kit. HP is getting a, a Raspberry Pi. What a list of stuff going on. This is a great job. I'm glad they said I could podcast during it. I'm not actually packing it. I'm supposed to be packing stuff, but I have to hold the mic, so I won't be uh, working here very long. Uh, David H is, is getting some tagless teas. Uh, Colette, uh, a colander that almost rhymes. Wolene is getting a pen kit. Uh, David P. is getting a uh, karaoke set. Uh, Margo is getting the, uh, the uh, big guide of embargoes. Okay. 
Uh, looks like Brian here is, is getting uh, a game operation. Uh, Allison is getting the big book wise. Uh, Jill L is getting a uh, guide to paper airplanes. Uh, Kelsey uh, K is getting Kelsey Grammer's autobiography. That's interesting. Hattie, uh, she's getting she's getting those things you uh, stick your fingers in; they get locked in. Uh, Daniel F is getting a uh, guide to break dancing and then patty r this is a patty with the y she's getting uh, parachute pants oh these must be packing pants or lisa l is getting uh, zumba pants but or zuba pants oh no william w is getting zuba lisa l is getting zumba pants and caitlin o is getting those ones that uh yeah, we see, I say, what is that, Omega, are those Omega pants? And they say, please don't talk to me. They say, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I can't, I'm just wondering. Uh, Mary Kay's getting some cool, cool lots, that's good for the spring. Uh, Josh is getting a pair of, uh, what is it called, Gabardine, is that Gabardine? Sorry, co-worker, I'm not supposed to talk to my co-workers, I guess, but yeah, some Gabardine pants. Uh, Sarah A is getting an ascot. Uh, Brandon S is getting a guide to branding. So maybe he's looking at starting a brand. Brandon's brand. Uh, Joshua K is getting a mystery snack pack. Molly M is is, is getting one of those magic eight balls. Uh, Sheila S is getting a butterfly appreciation kit. That's a by Bernie Butterfly. No butterfly, and that's included. Uh, Lisa E is getting Sheila E's autobiography. Ariel G is getting Gymnast autobiography. This must be autobiographies. Michael T to the L is getting. Uh, Jan Michael Vincent's, that's a guy, I, I might have to keep this one for myself. Uh, Duncan B is getting the, uh, the Buster Brown shoe story. That's interesting. Miss Amy, doesn't say this, I don't know what's in that box, I'm going to buy too fast. Patrick D to the D to the R, that is getting a, a Connect 4 kid. Uh, Nicholas T., is getting a nickel collection guide kit. Amy T uh, is getting a scale model railroad of the Boston T system. Lane C is getting a uh, they speed of the system. David B is getting a, it looks like it looked like a, a whack a mole kit. Ryder H is getting a red rider. Ben G they're just sending him a stack of Benjamins. That's sweet. Sue W. She's being. She, oh no, that's a uh, Sue. I can went by too fast. Christine D. They went by too fast. She, Shelly V. Is it Shelly Winters? This is weird. This is a Shelly Winters autobiography. Guadalupe uh, B. Like a nice set of art. Paul H. Uh, I think that was a 4-H guidebook. Lord V. And it was Andy M. That just went by. 
Oh, this is really speed. I mean, I think I'm probably gonna get to work here much longer. Anakay got the historical uh, relevance of the word okay. A word is not one word. Okay, I guess Autumn A, uh, your guide to leaves. Any Yang, uh, your guide to mysterious names. Uh, Brendan P, and is that one by Mark E? Uh, that was just a mark. Someone that said Mark and E on the next box. The next box is Scotty H. It, the O to the Z. Like it was whatever was in that box. It said Jeff S. Okay, that one by Jackie. Jackie got Jack A's autobiography. Mick B to the S. Uh, he got a Mick Jagger. Okay, so this is Mick Jagger. Okay, Rachel C. Jeez, Rachel Dratch has a book out. That's great. Miranda A. She had got a box of books by Miranda. That's a popular author's name. Dylan with a Y. They got books by Dylan. Shelly. Uh, Shelly Winter's autobiography. Okay, this is doable now. Uh, Josh R. got Josh Groban's book. Yeah. Thousand Grobans. Yeah, still going strong. Uh, Jody B. Oh, Jody Sweeten's got a book. That's great. Chelsea M. She got your guide to uh, roller skating on Chelsea. Okay. Rebecca B. Rebecca remains stainless. Says, okay, Carl D. Oh, my brother Carl. He didn't even know he had a book. Oh, he's handwritten. Teresa S. Mother, uh, Mother Teresa. Uh, Blair H. Oh, well, that went by fast. I think it was something about L.A. Law, though. Sam T. Uh, I think that uh, went by fast. I think it was the guy with the mustache on uh, Bugs Bunny. Uh, Duncan C. Oh, book by Sandy Duncan. Great. Uh, Derek M. I think that was about a reality show. Went by fast. J A. That one it looked like it was a J. I think it was just a J and A in a box. Uh, Sarah C, My Life Without an H. I don't know who wrote that. Uh, Tina, uh, J, Tina Yothers book. Okay, that's cool. Uh, Karen R to the B. Uh, the book about Ruby Bridges. That's a good book. Uh, Bridget L. Uh, it's a book by Bridget Nielsen. Stephanie T. Uh, another good book about T, World of T. Uh, Jonathan S. That went by fast. I think it was a book by Jonathan Mann, actually. Uh, Brandon C. I, I think it was a book about Brandon. Uh, Cohen R. That was a book about the Cohen brothers. Another Dylan with a Y. Uh, that's a, another box of books by Dylan. Oh, no, that was music. Mute, mute, written music. Alex S. Uh, the chess books. When, you know. Uh, Lindsay S. Uh, got a book. Governors named Lindsay. There's a book about it. Uh, Sydney S Y D N E Y. That was the name of the book. I didn't see who it was by, but it had the dashes. That's a good way to do an autobiography. Uh, Philip M. Box of Philip Marlowe books. Uh, Shannon A. Uh, I think that book was about the woman married to that uh, guy, uh, the kiss guy, Gene Simmons. Allison W. 
Uh, that was a book about uh, that the song was about her. Uh, Jeff B. I think that's Jeff Foxworthy's book, uh, uh, A Thousand Fox Tales. Uh, Gail T. Henry Gale's uh, a fan fiction book about Henry Gale from Lost. Uh, Quinn G. That book's called You're Not Seen Nothing Like the Mighty Quinn. Uh, Whacked M. Uh, my life's a whack-a-mole. Wow, that, I wonder if that, that's interesting. Emily B. I was stuck in high school with Scooter. Uh, Emily, this is about Emily I went to school with. Oh, boy. Uh, Sue D. Uh, this, uh, you're one on Survivor, the Sue Hawks story. Oh, Sue Hawks got a book. And then finally, Aditya. And hers is the autobiography of Peter Venkman from the Ghostbusters. That's a book. I'm going to take. I'm taking this book. She's not going to get it. I'm going to read it. All right. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks everybody for the support. Thank you, patrons, so much. And good night. I may be here. The Conservatory of Flowers, San Francisco. Greetings, everyone. I'm here live on location. Here, we're uh, testing out another on-site. I'm in a warm, warm building. Just doing a little test here. I'm not sure if I'll be able to record in here because I don't may technically not be here, but it's lush. The San Francisco Conservatory of Flowers. Beautiful, warm, and full of green and humidity. That's the sound of uh, water and fountain. Live here on location, standing here. The chatter of the crowd and the area music and the silence of plants, tall trees, vines, lanas, lianas, and philodendrons, weak stemmed plants according to the sign, they climb, twine, or creeper called vines. Lianas are tropical vines with woody stems. They climb high in the treetops. Philodendras are a group of climbing plants. It's from the Greek word meaning fond of trees. A little bit of beautiful green. Okay. Now I've entered a swamp, more swamp-like room. With the... I don't know what to say, if stench is the right word. Wonderful stench, I would say, of decay and growth at the same time and humidity. So I'm standing here at the entrance of the San Francisco Conservatory of Flowers. It's a beautiful winter day. And the Conservatory of Flowers is one of those lovely white buildings, glass windows... I never, like, almost soaped over. I don't know if they paint them white. I never understood it. I guess to keep the the sunlight filters in. And then warms it. But it doesn't escape, is it? 
I I guess I should have researched this, but I didn't know I'd be here today. But it's one of those lovely things you'd expect to see in uh, the grounds of a mansion or a a giant park, as in this case. It has a large central, I guess, tower, dome-like, more of a, you know, center structure, and then two wings... And each wing has a uh, a small tower on it. And also, I noticed that the main tower is. Uh, also, I noticed the main towers has some colored glass highlights, and when you're inside, it plays nicely on the inside. So here I am down the steps from the Conservatory of Flowers. And it's a perfect day to be in Golden Gate Park. Sunny. And they have this lovely lawn down the stairs from the front of uh, Conservatory Flowers. Not far away is a a little tunnel. You can hear uh, some buskers making their way. You can hear gardeners driving around. Some lovely flowers. There's off-leash dogs. And it feels like a weekend, even though it's a week between Christmas and New Year's. Flanking the stairs are uh, one, two, three giant bomb trees. So there's one missing, maybe. Maybe one has fallen. And then two smaller ones off of the stairway. Also, the stairs are like the uh, old school red, you know, w- you know, hard stuff, granite or something. And they have four nice planters there. And you can hear somebody's rocking a, uh, a flute or a flout. And they have a exhibit here right now, November 12th through April 10th, the Garden Railway from the 1915 Pan Pacific. It was nice. It was good to read the history. I always have dreamt of World's Fairs and traveling to a World's Fair. So pretty cool. I just noticed this. I don't know if I've ever seen this. This seems to be a garden clock. I'm walking towards... To the right of the stairs, within surrounded by hedges, low hedges, is a clock uh, in a flower bed. Probably only visible from space or gi- maybe for a giant to check the time. As a gift of the Fisher families in 2003. I don't know if that's the Donald Fisher of the Gap. Possibly. Looks older than that, though. There's no sign of what it. Uh, just says, please don't enter the planet area. Thank you. I don't know what Roman Mars would say about this since there's no plaque. Except that it's a gift. Well, enjoy the gift, I say. Oh, don't overthink it, Scoots. And according to the clock, I think the clock is correct. It's 10 till 1. Though I'm at an angle. I'll take a picture of it. But I'm at an angle that, uh, you know, makes my time. You know, I couldn't be on time for anything. Okay. Alright, here I am, back at Golden Gate Park. A misty day on the sidewalk. No dogs allowed. Here at the entrance to the Shakespeare Garden. Beautiful wrought iron sign. Arched. Your beautiful green wrought iron topped by the leaves painted red and yellow. A little deeper than a red and maroon. An almost a mustard 
paved in brick as I step in signs say keep off and here we are you can hear the birds and the rain it's almost a mist not quite a rain here and you can hear a few birds tweeting this is one of these yeah on the way here for the second recording I was feeling a bit critical uh, because I was saying, well, it's just so mundane. You're not going to the, you know, top sites at the Golden Gate Park. And, you know, are you gonna, you're just going to walk around the park again another day just walking the park? for. And I said, well, that's the beauty of parks like this, of, of things, of doing things and going things is... Uh, you know, hey, Brainbot, this might not be so mundane. Is that on your, you know, word of the day calendar that you got for uh, the holidays, Brainbot? Because, I don't know, I see these uh, small trees going over this path in the Shakespeare Garden. I've never entered this garden before. I've walked by it a few times. But there's a bit of Spanish moss or lichen, which I'm liking. There's birds chirping. There's a slight cold breeze. There's brick pavers and a canopy of trees that have gone to winter. And the brick pavers are, you know, somewhat new but somewhat old. There's algae and sand and dirt. And as I take a few steps down the brick pavers, I see a broken... So what once was a uh, sundial, a sundial on a pedestal that goes just above my waist, uh, but a broken sundial, cast in metal, and what is the message hidden here? Count only sunny hours. Count only sunny hours. And I probably, you know, I might need that every hour of every day I could use that reminder and inscribed in the base of the pedestal is a gift in the name of Robert Haskell uh, C-O-L-L-I-E-R which I think because of Dave Coulier I know you can pronounce Coulier I would have said Collier and, and maybe in the distance you can hear but the park being busy, some construction going on in the distance. But here are benches, newer benches, uh, in memory of my husband Fred for the exciting and happy years we shared. For the two men I love, my husband and my son. In memory of my son and best friend. I think these all were... Oh, those three I think were purchased by one person, but this is a different one. Don't simply be good. Make good things happen. And that's from Maud to Harold. Oh, I guess this is from Harold and Maud here. Don't simply be good. Make good things happen. That was Maud to Harold. And Harold and Maud, I guess. And it's in memory of Colin H. 
And it's from Steve Silver, the uh, creator of Beach Blanket Babylon, another wonderful San Francisco treasure. Uh, the last bench here is in celebration of Priscilla, mother, wife, sister, poet, grandma, friend, and author. So we've already gotten, we've, we've demundaned the mundane, and I'll remundane it with my meanders and soothing tones, but we've already learned to only count the sunny hours. And, and some people, Brainbot would seize on that and really pick it apart, but let's just let it hang there. And don't simply be good, make good things happen. Again, a message open to interpretation. And the wording of both those, yeah, brain bots could really have a field day with those. But let's not let them. Let's move on. I'm under a tree hanging. A couple trees here. I didn't even, I'm not joking. Uh, Ahab's wife recently sent me a picture of uh, Spanish moss. And now I find Spanish moss in Golden Gate Park, which I did not know was here. But here in the Shakespeare Garden, you know, I may have crossed over with Shakespeare did I, just the garden one is there a Shakespeare well yeah it's probably in a sonnet you know the garden with the birds but you say hey Scoots how about you make it a little more uh, lulling well this one's in loving memory this bench here you might even hear me walk in some crushed stone in memory of Dorian a picture of Dorian Gray that was not is it a portrait or a picture. A picture. It was a portrait, I believe. And we, this park, this little garden in this park has not only, uh, you know, wrought iron wooden benches, it also has a few. This is a marble bench named after Alice. So go ask her, Alice, hey, I sat on your bench over in uh, Golden Gate Park Shakespeare Garden. You know, my brain tried to dissuade me from going there because it was so mundane. So here cast into the metal are some uh, Shakespeare. And the first one, how ironic, is a word that looks like a word that we'd use on this show. Through the chamomile. Chamomile. The more it is trodden on, the faster it grows. Yet youth, the more it is wasted the sooner it wears. And, uh, of course, I'm through, though, the chamomile, chamomile, though the chamomile, the more it is trodden on, the faster it grows. So the chamomile is a weed, as. Yet, the more it is wasted, the sooner it wears. Yet youth. Okay, doo-doo. Take it again. Though the chamomile, the more it is trodden on, the faster it grows. Yet youth, the more it is wasted, the sooner it wears. And that's from King Henry the Fourth, Part 1, 2, 4. The fairest flowers of the season, the sun ariseth. The sun ariseth in his majesty, who doth the world so glorious behold, that cedar tops and hills seem burnished gold. And that's from Venus and Adonis. The sun ariseth, the sun ariseth 
in his majesty, who doth the world so glorious behold, that cedar tops and hills seem burnished gold. Here's a Disney-esque quote. When he was by, the bird such pleasure took that some would sing, others in their bills would bring him mulberries and ripe red cherries. How come that doesn't happen to me? And that was from Venus and Adonis. The food that to him now is as luscious as locusts shall be to him shortly as bitter as cola quintida. Luscious as locusts. There with fantastic garlands did she come of crow flowers, nettles, daisies, and long purples. That's from Hamlet. And the luscious as locust was from Othello. When daisies pied and violets blue and lady smocks all silver white and cuckoo birds of yellow hue do paint the meadows with delight. And that's from Love's Labor Lost. Just like I've lost my voice. All other gifts appurtenant to man as the malice of this age shapes them are not worth a, worth a gooseberry. With fairest flowers I'll sweeten thy sad grave. <laughs> That's not very depressing. With fairest flowers I'll sweeten thy sad grave. Thou shalt not lack the flower that's like thy face, pale primrose, nor azure to harebell like thy veins. It's from Cymbeline. Now I would give a thousand furlongs of sea for an acre of barren ground. Long heath, brown, fuzier, anything. Furzier. What hempen homespuns have we swaggering here, so near the cradle of the fairy queen? Hi-ho, sing hi-ho, on to the green holly. Most friendship is feigning, most love mere folly. Then hi-ho, the holly, this life is most jolly. Our bodies are our gardens to which our wills are gardeners. So that if we'll plant... So that if we plant... Uh, our bodies are our gardens to which our wills are gardeners. So that if we will plant nettles or so lettuce, set that's uh, too so many more uh, sonnets and quotations from Shakespeare to discover here in the Shakespeare Garden. And you can probably hear in the distance the call of children playing in the park and trucks uh, parking their air brakes. Call of birds. Oh, bird. Oh, a robin is staring right at me right now. Oh, a robin is staring right at me. Sitting in the stark winter branches. His chest looks puffed. And it's speaking. It is turned its head to spy me. And I approach. Hark, robin. I approach thee. With cautious steps. Your breast is lovely, if you don't mind me saying so. In this context, 
dear Robin. And Robin spoke back when it spoke back. It's, it's top of its chest puffs out. I'm just close enough to see that. It's saying something to me. Merp. Meep. Oh, and then it said squeak. Yes, Robin. I do not understand. Is it wisdom or mere song? It left, so I guess I got that wrong. Your sonnets do not soothe me, poet. I fly away. A gray bird's here in the gravel. And yet another bird call. And even on the ground is uh, is Spanish moss. I don't know if that was... Oh, I just watched one drift from a tree to the ground. How lovely. I'm going to take a picture here. But there's a a strand of moss hanging from the tree. A little bit like Kelpolina's hair. A kelp-based goddess. We all, you know, those of us that long to return to the sea, to the naked womb of the sea, if I can drop some, you know, bad Shakespeare on you, hangs from this tree. So I'm going to pause and get a picture for thee. I'm going to head up a small bluff just outside the Shakespeare garden. A trail of, oh, and Stellar Jay awaits me in my path on a stick. He says, hey, are you the one that bugged the robin? Don't, you know, don't drop anything on me, any poetry. I'm looking for nuts, man. And I would say, you're looking for him and you found him. No time for my nonsense preparing for winter. And here I've climbed to a, a hill I never knew was here. Maybe I have. Above a busy, busy Golden Gate Park. A December... 28th, 29th, or 30th, or something. I think the 30th, maybe today. Across from me, the chatter of the Academy of Sciences Cafe, the traffic of the park, the music concourse, which we'll go strolling in next, and then the, the dark copper colors of the De Young Museum with its twisted tower against a misty, foggy sky. But let's go talk to some statues. Would you care to join me? If I can find my way down. And here we are. The garage is full at the Golden Gate Park Academy of Sciences. But whoa, another hidden statue, Verde gold. Wow, he looks uh, much different than I would have expected. Holy moly, I've never seen this statue or never noticed it before. So I want to thank you for sleeping through this. For this is a uh, 20, 30 foot stall statue and base of a bust of Verde in gold paint erected by the Italian colony through the initiative of the Dalai La Italia and donated to the city of San Francisco March MDC DXIV. And on its base is uh, a man clothed only in uh, a loincloth holding an hourglass and a bow or bow of a headdress of uh, ivy or holly up to Verde. Two babes, young naked babes, babies, you know, holding uh, what looks to be the Italian flag or some sort of some sort of uh, 
What are those things? Like a herald? Are these heralds? Uh, being like, which, you say, well, like the Maud and Herald of Herald and Maud? I'd say no, the other ones with the E, you know, H-E-A, you know, that herald. And there's also, uh, as I go to the side of the statue, is a liar. L- and you say again, whoa boy, Scoots. No, the L- L-Y-R-E, liar. And what was seemingly is a, a op- opera mask or a performance mask. And to the right side, another liar and another mask. This one more, I, I want to say Sophoclean. I'm not sure if that's a word, but I would say uh, who's, who, that name just came in and, and out of my thing. It starts with an Antigone. I don't know why it made me think of that. Oh, and even on the back, who looks at the back side of the statues but, but those in search of the mundane, the wonderfully unmundane. But two more masks and one more liar. The back of Verde's head, it says, Ickli trace is vori quori, dalimo corsico, cor, dalimo corco del anaste fola. Dide mina boke ale speranza e i libite piense ed amo per tabite. Or in English, she drew his chorus from the deepest vortex of the start. Well, let me lay this one on you in English. He drew his chorus. From the deepest vortex of the striving masses, he voiced the hopes and sorrows of all humanity. He wept in love for all. And that quotes from C.D. Anavinzo. He drew his chorus from the deepest vortex. What a word, vortex. Of the striving masses, he voiced the hopes and sorrows of all humanity. He wept and loved for all. That's Verde, which I will now pause, you know, to take a... It's the second bust I've seen. The first was a Robin bust, and this is a different bust, of a bust of a different sort. And suddenly I know why it's called the music concourse. As ignorant as it sounds as many times as I've walked through here, I see yet another bust awaiting us, and it's of a Ludwig von variety of uh, Beethoven glaring at the music concourse. His gaze closely is said almost directly aiming at the orca orca estrial the orchestra pit orchestral you know what I mean. And sitting at the base is a woman gazing into heaven, her arms positioned in a dramatic pose. So I, I I will pause it here to take her photo of Ludwig van. They say actually it's Wolfgang. Oh, sorry, I get those two mixed up. You know me. And here I am at the music concourse. There's a actually a sign here. I don't want to interrupt a man's gazing at it. More benches. Uh, this one's in memory of Rosalie G. The pedigree of honey does not concern the bee. A clover, any time to him, is aristocracy. The pedigree of honey does not concern the bee. A clover, any time to him, 
is aristocracy. And here we are here. I have a brief uh, few minutes here to read you a little bit of uh, Golden Gate Park's history. William Hammond Hall, uh, who ran the San Francisco Public Library. Oh, no, his pictures from here. Here's a quote from William Hammond Hall. Parks have frequently been spoken of as the lungs of cities. Primarily, they are intended to provide the best practical means for healthful recreation for people of all classes and the influence which they th- thus exert upon society can scarcely be overestimated. With the drives and rides for the rich, the pleasant rambles for the poor, quiet retreats for those who would be to themselves and thronged promenades for the gaily disposed. Uh, that's uh, William Hammond Hall. John McLaren, although a, a development of a large urban park on the west side of San Francisco was the idea of Hall, longevity alone would point to John McLaren's importance in the history of Golden Gate Park. McLaren continued the mission of Hall and perfected the techniques of sand dune remediation, silviculture, and plant species selection. He created a uh, fluid transition from the more passive forested west end of the park to the more active east end. And this is all on the San Francisco Parks and Rec uh, from the San Francisco Public Library. It includes a brief history of Golden Gate Park. Before Golden Gate Park was built, there was a great debate on where the park should be located. Three choices were on the table. The current location, at that time called the Outside Lands of Presidio, in a long linear park through Hayes Valley. Frederick Law Olmsted, re- renowned landscape architect and designer of New York's Central Park, proposed the design for Hayes Valley. He believed that this site would be the only location that could be successful because it was sheltered from the extreme conditions of the coast. Olmsted was also adamant that the city park should not resemble the popular English-style pleasure garden but should be planted with native and other Mediterranean-style species that could thrive in an environment with little water. Oh, the foresight of Frederick Law Olmsted. When the park's current site was chosen, William Hammond Hall, an engineer who had regularly surveyed the San Francisco coastline, was chosen to survey and design the park. With a little mentoring from Olmsted and a lot of research, Hall began the difficult task of taming the ever-changing sand dunes that dominated most of the area of Golden Gate Park. With trial and error, experimentation, and the use of precedents from Europe, Hall was very close in succeeding to his task when he was forced to retire. Hall chose a qualified and extremely dedicated successor in Scotsman John McLaren. The discipline and dedication of William Hammond Hall and John McLaren established the foundations of this great park. Golden Gate Park continues to be one of the most visited parks in the United States and one of the largest urban parks Roughly three miles long, a half mile wide, and a thousand seventeen acres in area. Golden Gate Park is larger than many prominent parks. Well, we don't need to have a park off here. I, I, I love parks. Let's just say that. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna venture over to the stage here of the uh, music concourse. What would a music concourse be without a stage? But here I mount the stage. I know. Oh, it's a beautiful half-dome stage. I, I, I think it's a gift of uh, Clavis Breckles, 
who I think there's a lake here in the park named after. And it was dedicated to September 9th of MDC, Triple C. Which, you know, that's not my cup of tea. Greek. I mean, I like Greek numbers. The Roman numerals actually scoots. Oh, yeah, you're right. But I know they have a comedy festival here and some other things. Music performances. Let's walk uh, a little more, shall we? So here I stand looking down the center of the music concourse. I wanted to say promenade. I'm not sure the difference, but at the end is a giant statue, I believe, of Francis Scott Key. In the center is two or three working fountains, which which I think you know, is a kinetic, but working fountains, uh, and I know there's a drought here in the Bay Area, so finding a way to make that sustainable, but there's nothing, I, I love, I'm a fountain man, what can I say? Fountain drinks and fountains. So I hope we can, um, I, I don't know, you always think about the decline of the budgets for city parks and when I see a, 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 you know, a fountain without water, it's like uh, seeing a child's face without joy, or a father that refuses to smile like, like me sometimes. But you can hear as I get close to the fountain, you know, the noise will slowly take over, and that seems like a gentle ambient noise to play with. So as I walk closer, you'll hear less of me and more of the fountain uh, in consort, I guess. And this is a two-ringed fountain. Don't worry, I'm not saying anything important, just the shape of the fountain. And it's of the old... uh, Almost looks like a giant round tub. It was a gift of Charles Page in 1912. So that is one old fountain. And I think they redid the fountains in this part of the park recently. There's plenty of other history here in the in the music concourse. And on either side you have two world-class, uh, world-class art museum, world-class science museum that my brother happens to work at. So I guess I'm a tiny bit biased about the California Academy of Sciences. But this next fountain is larger. It's a gift of Corinne Rideout, M, uh, MCM XXIV. XX is, so it's 19, maybe 19 something? I don't know. But this is a fountain shooting up into a bowl and uh, on it is a uh, locked in a battle that could only be both a metaphor and and on top of it are two sculptures a sculpture and on top of the bowl on top of a pedestal are two creatures locked in a metaphorical battle as we all are battle you know sometimes you say Jesus this is a battle against my more mundane half It gives us endless chances here. It's like, she scoots, I could probably do 100 episodes from this park. There's even more benches here.
Here's one. City lights shine on. Seasons warm my heart and soul. Everlasting home. I wonder if ever, anyone's ever written a poem about an everlasting gobstopper. Here in the middle of this beautiful park probably wouldn't be the time, but... Gobstopper. Gobstopper. You never stop. It's weird that you end and stop for your... Evo- you should be the non-stopper. I say... I don't think the Robin would like that poem uh, at all. It would have flown away at that one. But I say that's well. That's maybe why no one writes poetry about Willy Wonka candy. This also fountain is also a gift to Charles Page, identical nearly to the other one, 1912. Now I climb the crest of this hill where. Uh, I don't know what you call this thing. It's like it's got a base. It's a. Uh, it's got a pedestal, but also has columns. I believe these, I don't know these are these Doric or Ionic, or the other ones Corinthian. I think these. Are, I think it's rocking some Corinthian uh, columns. One of the few things I learned in school. Couldn't I guess because there was only three, and I mean I'm sure column enthusiasts are like no. Scooter, there's billions of lovely columns, not just those three. I say, well, that's, you know, blame the education system. But this is a statue of Francis Scott Key, pen in hand, sitting in a a nice chair, cloaked, well-dressed, petticoat, boots, knee-high boots, thigh-highs, I think, as was the fashion in those days. There's a a buffalo holding a garland in his teeth. Not joking. Two birds... They look like raptors, but I'm not sure what type of raptors. And on the top is uh, what looks like Liberty holding a flag. A, a woman looking out. She's looking, I think, due west. Which, to, towards Hawaii, I guess. Or just towards the... Maybe she's looking at a tree or bird watching. Or, you know, saying, let's colonize further. We're going to say, well, it's, it's, it's west coast. Let's stick here. So I don't know if she was behind acquisition of Hawaii. But it says, uh, To Francis Scott Key, author of the national song, The Star-Spangled Banner, this monument is is erected by James Lick, San Francisco, California, MDC, double C, L, triple X, triple X, V, double I. So I guess this is a monument, uh... With possible Corinthian columns. Now I need to head towards the Academy of Sciences. Now, right by the uh, De Young is my favorite uh, statue of uh, not only an author I identify with, but a character. Uh, Cervantes' bust is uh, being visited by smaller statues of uh, Pancho Sanza and uh, Don Quixote. Hopefully we can get over there. If not, there's always another trip to the park. And I can hear some of you... I don't know if there's any snickering going on in my brain. that would say, well, are you more of a Don Quixote or a Pancho Sanza? And I would say, come on, you know, I'm never... You know, my loyalty... I don't think I possess that level of loyalty. But the delusion of uh, Don Quixote... And I say, it's Quixote, Scoots... Well, thank you for correcting me. And here I am at the base of a stairway 
to cross the street to the Academy of Sciences. And there's another lovely fountain. And this one's uh, in memory of Phoebe Apperson Hurst from her friends. Wow, those are some great friends. To uh, It's a staircase uh, fountain combo. So that is uh, quite a tribute. So I'll stop it here and get a picture for you all. And here's a little of this Hurst fountain draining. It's got one drain hole. And some birds bathing in it. Nice bird bath. Birds like it. Yeah, a grayish, blackish bird just hopped in. Not a pigeon, though. A couple of them. Actually, they're just walking in the water. Maybe they're cooling their feet. Oh, no, it just washed its face. Dipped its face in and said, Hey, man, what a night last night. Hey, man, what a night last night. I got a... Oh, yeah. There's a couple other ones saying, oh, Papa, I'm going to dip my face just like you. And then there's the mother saying, uh, We're trying to look for food here. I don't know. Oh, well, maybe I'll take a drink of water, though. Are you guys hydrating? Are you properly hydrated? Oh, and then there's a bird just outside. Found a little crumb. And here's one from John C., another bench. Examples are a gift. Well, I'd say I'd, I'd, I don't know if I'd prefer an example or a staircase topped with a beautiful fountain. There's also a bird bath, you know, and they say, that's pretty nice. But I'm continuing my statue crawl here. And here's a, a statue with a, a base looks brand new. Uh, it's Robert Emmett, Irish Patriot, uh, September 20th, 1803. He has a look on his face. I can't quite tell. Frustration combined with dismay. He looks to be looking up at the bureaucracy of the world. One hand is clenched, the other open. Um, he's got the kind of shoes you'd expect to see on a wa- in, you know, a character in a Washington Irving story. I'd say those are Ir- Irving era, era shoes. And I can, you know, my brain bots are not happy with that metaphor. So I haven't heard from my family. I, that's I'm supposed to be meeting here at the museum. Beautiful California Academy of Sciences, which uh, if you're here, you should. I highly recommend checking it out. But I, I say, well, let's continue our statue crawl. This has somehow become. But I say, let's continue the statue crawls. There's a few more statues. We can work our way towards Cervantes and and part ways on this little journey of what is clearly. I guess this is, you say, was this the duality of man? You say, well, maybe you, Scoots. It's like the mundane, not mundane, made mundane. And you say, well, why'd you, why would you put that extra? You just can't just leave it mundane. And they say, uncovering under the covers. Hey, I mean, I could be doing uh, gobstopper material, you know. But here we have two men atop a pedestal. Beautiful, beautiful marble pedestal it's uh, Goethe and Schiller side by side one looking out one looking in and the statue does look well cared for as they both look out they're about they say how come they you know use scale for railroads but not statues be you know be a lot easier you say was that a two and, and I can't ever do understand the uh, scale you know 
model railroads, they say that's a 10 to 1 or a 2 to 1 or 8 to 1. Uh, Goeth and Schiller, they look about, I'd say 1.8 human size, maybe 2, maybe double. If they came to life, I would definitely run because they're both, uh, they're thick guys. They're not, uh, uh, they don't look like they're from the ruling class, but they definitely, uh, you know, not statues you'd want to toy with, especially at 2 to 1. Maybe they're 2.2. But again, you know, statuary, you know, you column enthusiasts, you could, maybe you could work on that for the columns too. You know, get a you know, go down to the Parthenon or the Pantheon, one of those two. And say, all right, this is your sta- standard column with. And say, okay, you know, this little baby column. It's and you know, I don't know if you do point five to one. But uh, how come Mal? You know, let's take model railroad. I think they're called gauge, but that might be how far the track is. You know, but we could use it. I guess it'd be good. Especially if you're, you know, and then what, and then you know, maybe break, maybe uh, walking. And how come there aren't any TV shows about? St- I guess there was Night at the Museum, so I'm wrong already about that. But is there any outdoor statue? You know, more of like a, you know, let's say. Is there any historical events where statues have really, you know, wreaked havoc? I think there was, it was that uh, Ghostbusters 2, where they they used Lady Liberty? I think it was. So, okay, that's, and what's Lady Liberty, like 30 to 1? Here I'm at the next statue, it's a general. It's a, in tribute to General Pershing and the victorious armies of the United States and her co-belligerence during the, the World War, 1914 to 1918. That was presented by Dr. Morris H. in 1922. But this Pershing, he must have just got clean because this statue, not a bird spot on. I mean, maybe he's uh, known. And he's not as big as a uh, ghost, but definitely bigger than me, plus military training, stern-faced, very stern-faced. Uh, jowly, though, a little, little bit jowly. Humongous pockets. I guess that would be the military. His breast pockets are giant, even, you know, not... So then you have the statue. I'd say he's about a 1.5, maybe 1.7 to 1 size. Uh, but his breast pockets on top of that, you say, well, it's a normal... His is a triple, triple-sized breast pockets. Uh, say, which is, you're, you know, you're just a general. You don't really do anything. You know, we could stand and they say, oh, boy, Scoots... Now you get the columnists and, you know, the columnists about columns, the column columnists against you. Pershing enthusiasts. Never mess with a Pershing enthusiast. They say you're going to be perishing for your purchasing apology to Pershing. I don't know. They say, oh, there's a good reason there's no Pershing humor. We got a bust here. I got And then I got a bust out of here. Boom. That wasn't even intentional but I'm seeing a little bust here close to Cervantes from the side and this is just a straight bust on top of I mean no I guess it's not on top of a pedestal that seems to be balanced on balls not really on top of another pedestal 
And then, I guess this is the military section of the park because this is U.S. Grant. And his head, three to one head, may, no, maybe two to one head. Uh, Battle of the Wilderness, Appomattox. Chattanooga, Petersburg, Belmont, and Vicksburg. Fort Donelson, Shiloh. And even there's little uh, things hidden in the base. Isaac Hecht, Theo Reichert, Cornelius O'Connor. Maybe those are the people that paid for it or constructed it. But yeah, U.S. Grant, he looks a little pained, to be honest. Not as stern as uh, Pershing. And his statue has that beautiful weathered look. It has a little bit of the, when the copper turns green, but still some, oh, beautiful, beautiful weather age. Give me a weather age statue any day of the week, and I'll take it. But there's something to be said about a clean Pershing, too. And a well-polished ghost. I say, Scoots, that's not how you say it. I say, yeah, I know, I know but I, you know, I'm not. But, you know, well-polished base, you know, is something nice, too. Way underrated. But here we go, you know, to the end of our journey for this day. For a pro, pro-am tip, what I'm going to do next is, uh, you know, if you ever decide to recreate this walk, I'm pretty sure you can use a restroom in the De Young Museum without paying because the paying spot is uh, separate from where the restroom is. Uh, California Academy of Sciences, not the case. you got to you know pay just to get in there. Plus, you know, my brother works there, so be no- he works for the uh, planetarium shows. Uh, well, you know, I guess humble brag. He's their, uh, I-, I don't know what the motion graphic, animator, motion graphics artist. So he's recreated... You know, for the last movie, we did a hell of a job on an otter. But if you need to use the restroom, you know, keep it on the... Oh, and here I see Don Quixote's hand on the left shoulder around the back of Pancho Sanza. And they're both looking up in admiration, I guess thankfulness, uh, my brother was saying, you know. He said, well, this is you know, one of the few statues that gets visited by its creations. It's a beautiful statue. It's got like a realistic rock uh, base. Cervantes' bust is at the top, looking down at his characters, and they're looking up at him. Uh, presented to the San Fr- city of San Francisco by J.C. Cobrain and E.J. Molera. Uh, Joe Mora was the sculpture in September 3rd, 1976. Cervantes lived from uh, 1547 to 1616. And I think it's a nice way to end. If you could see this bust of Cervantes, he's under all these cypress or eucalyptus trees. There's little old cobwebs uh, on his nose and his eyes. His forehead is speckled with a combination of dirt and rust his thinning hair combed and parted to the right uh, leaves old dried leaves caught in the ruffles of the top of his shirt and just the right amount of 
uh, uh, bird stuff, you know, there is a, a right amount. You say, wow. And he's looking right at me right now, Cervantes. Nice mustache, sir. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, just uh, helping put people to sleep. Uh, good night. Thank you. And to uh, Don Quixote and, and Pancho Sanza. Right now I'm real close to their butts, so... Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take a, a time to say goodnight and thank you, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for this little journey. If you're ever in the Bay Area and want me to write it out for you, map it out for you, pretty simple, nice walk, a lot of zigzagging, meandering, as we say here in the uh, lulling, soothing business. So I'll say goodnight as this bird chirps goodnight to you. Okay, everybody, it's me, Mumbles the Podcaster here. We're on our evening stroll. And uh, I just barely, I haven't set off. I'm at the foot of my stairs. My neighbor's dogs are barking. Yeah, probably my mumbling and walking. And, uh, but they're far enough away. But I'm going to walk to the uh, uh, side of the river in the swamp and talk to you for a minute. So we're here, uh, we're on the... uh, I don't know, a side swamp of the uh, Salmon River. And you can probably hear in the background many, so many night noises. Let's see if we can uh, tune into any of them. They got at least like two or three distinct ones along with the waves in the distance. And I got to tell you, the moon is on the riverside here. And the moon is on the riverside. I think that was a song. And it is bright. And I'm, I mean, a full moon bright. As I said, I think it's I think it's 15 sixteenths full. Because I can just see a sliver. On the upper left-hand corner, I'm staring at the moon as I have you here. You know, I know you can't, you're not supposed to stare at the sun. You staring at the moon bad for your eyes? Let me see. I'm looking away from the moon now. It doesn't look too bad. I mean, it is bright out. I mean, the sky is bright with this moon. It's 1041 in the p.m. August. Well, when you're hearing this, it is, it's late August. You won't be hearing this for a little while, probably. But the moon is in the sky. I'm looking, hmm, I don't know what direction I'm looking. Probably southeast, maybe? South? Maybe, maybe southeast, I don't know. And there's some clouds in the sky, but you know, sky, but the sky is so bright by this moon. And some of you might be saying, enough with the bright, but I, I'm really impressed. That's why I'm not trying to overstate it for uh, descriptive purposes. I'm just like, holy crap. And I don't know a whole lot about the moon, but I, I can tell you, I can see like uh, the light sp- spots and the dark spots on it. So it's got... Um, so the bottom looks pretty clear. I don't know if that's the southern pole or whatever. Uh, but the bottom right side, pretty clear. We got some sort of chopping noise coming. I don't know if that's a helicopter. I don't know if you guys could hear that. So I'm gonna, I might have to pause it. Uh, it could be a plane or a helicopter out. 
But the moon, you know, before I get interrupted, or maybe I won't get interrupted, the moon, so the bottom part of the moon's clear. And then you get into the, the gray splotchy section. I'm going to pause it while this uh, chopper pa- passes by one second. Okay, the helicopter just went by, and luckily someone that was walking their dog the other way, so I really went the other way, so hopefully I won't frighten them by accident. But so the moon, after you get off the bottom portion, you get into the gray splotches, and the left side of the moon has uh, more splotches, but it, it seems like one makes a U to the right, or I guess that'd be an upside-down U, so more of a, a an A. And I see the moon is pretty, pretty damn good-looking, uh, if you believe they put a man on the moon. But in, in right now, you know, these are things that can't be. There's a, a cloud. While it's passing, I presumably it's a misty cloud in front of the moon. It looks like it's passing behind it. Jeez, I wonder if I can get a picture of that. Probably not. And now it's already moved because the clouds are moving at a little bit of a rate. But I don't think you can hear my phone, which doesn't work well with this recorder, but I will take a picture of it, you know, and risk some. But so, and now the, I don't know if the helicopter, if all the night sounds uh, quieted or my awareness was quiet, but now the night sounds are percolating. And I'm standing here, and, and now this is, uh, you know, sometimes you forget to be, have gratitude. Uh, or you get caught up in things. And I haven't been down to the riverside at night just because of the bugs, but it's a little bit clo- clo- colder tonight. And I'm covered in uh, deep woods off, you know. So, you know, they didn't sponsor the podcast, but this would be the only episode uh, they could have sponsored. And I said, well, I don't know. Do you guys use DEET or not? Because I've heard about that DEET, D-E-E-T. And I say, you know, I say, who who has bug juice? Because I heard bug juice is good. And they said, well, in California, we don't. I don't really need off that. So maybe you shouldn't spend. But anyway, that wasn't a conversation I had. But I'm standing here. I'm at a like either like a what do you call a tepid part of the river, or a swampy part of the river uh, that the water may may or not. I don't know anything about uh, you know uh, flowing action in rivers. And I'd say this isn't a tributary because I think that's a misusing, you know, a side. I don't know. I may think of the vocab, but I'm looking and the water's like glass. And as I said, the moon is powerful. So I can see in the black. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm probably not the person to be putting this into words. I wish I could wake up one of the, uh, you know, the romantics or the, uh, the, is there, has there ever been like a sublim, what about a, the subliminators? But like someone they could speak in sublime terms because I'm looking at this inky black reflecting pool. And the moon is so strong that it's reflecting the clouds in the sky. It's reflecting a tree uh, uh, down and across the river. And, you know, this sky, you know, the river in some sense is blacker than the sky. Even though it's 10.30 p.m., the sky is almost a... Uh, I don't know, slate color, I guess, a gray-black. And there's even some purples. Now, well, no, I'm going to jump into conclusions here, but around the edges of the horizon, even a little bit lighter shade. 
Uh, but man, looking at this, and then you can see some lily pads. And I, I will try to take a picture of this, um, but the, it'll probably flash, and, and or I'll drop my phone in the river. Also, my phone has no charge, so, and I don't have a flashlight or a way to prove my identity. I don't have a wallet. All of which are probably no-nos to be wandering around at night with uh, recording equipment. Yeah, I don't think my phone can capture what I'm looking at, unfortunately. Uh, but, it, it, I mean, there's speckles of white clouds in a shiny, uh, inky. I mean, I guess sh- inky is shiny. And it's pretty nice, I would say, uh... If it was some material, if it was made, like if it was an inky black, shiny, reflecting memory phone that was some sort of advanced tactile material that even though it was shiny, because usually shiny things aren't snuggly, you know, that you know, snuggly things are generally more of a matte, you know, a matte type situation. But this would be not a bad place to lie down. In reality, it, it, it would... And would not be a bad place to lie down because I can guarantee you the air temperature here is probably in the high 50s, low 60s. The water temperature is probably in the high 60s, so it would be like warm. And actually, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to go out. We got a little dock here. I'm going to move. And I'm going to put my hand in the water just to see. Well, geez, let's find out. And if you, yeah, yeah, so I'm going to do that. The moon right now is behind the clouds now. Again, I've been spending a lot of time looking with my eyes open underwater, but I can tell you I'm looking right at the, let's try to get a picture of this, because there's colors behind the clouds. My phone may have died. Yeah, scooter. As much as you, okay, so I'm going to put this, I'm going to, now yeah, I don't think it's getting the color, but there is some, uh, there's the whites and the grays in the sky, but there's an orange on the edges of the cloud, an orange, ethereal orange, a reddish orange around the edges of the clouds. The sun, uh, the moon, is framed in a, in, in a light mystic clouds, and there's to the right of it is a darker mystic clouds. almost looks like a... A bit like Casper the Ghost a bit. And then to the left is like, it looks like a dog saying, Hey, are you Casper the Ghost? And now Casper is eating the moon. Uh, which is, you know, let's say, geez, I wouldn't. But, uh, you know, framing Casper's head almost looks like, uh, man, I don't know how to, wow. Okay, so now the moon's enveloped. But it's lighting the cloud from behind on the edges of the the furthest edges of the cloud, which almost look like pieces of cotton. The tips are red or orange, and then a, and then a white color, and then darker gray, darker gray to black. And now it's a fox. So suddenly, so Casper ate the moon and became a fox. I think. It was Casper the tri- Casper must have been the trickster ghost because that sounds like something a trickster god would do is eat a, eat a you know the trickster oh boy we're getting some real these crickets that after I moved they said hey a party where this guy was standing but here I go you might hear me I'm walking out on a dock I'm gonna do it as slow and leisurely as I can ideally I won't drop the recording equipment in the river oh boy I did almost walk off the edge of the dock because I miscalculated. 
and then I'm touching the water. And yeah, it's not as warm as I would have thought, but it's not cold. So, probably, but probably not the best to take a uh, go to bed in. Uh, but I'm gonna pause. It. I'm gonna go for a walk, and I'm gonna walk somewhere and report for report again uh, somewhere. Okay. Okay. So I, I tried to. I'm trying to. I tried to find a place that was uh, off the beaten path where I could get some really good night sounds. And not be, you know, somewhere where I'd frighten anybody. So I went down this pass where some people put their rowboats in canoes. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 so I'm kind of uh, in, in, in the bush or the woods. Hopefully no one saw the flat. I used my phone's light and I just shut my phone off in airplane mode. So hopefully no one saw me and thought I was up to any monkey. But I mean, the monkey. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm in some some goofy business here, but not anything. You know, I'm not making any trouble. I'm making making lulls here. So I thought we'd just sit here and listen to the noises here, the lovely night noises, and look at the clouds. There's not really because of the power of the moon. And now I'm surrounded by, you know, brush and trees on all sides, more or less. Luckily, I got that deep woods off going, so I don't got to worry about the, uh, the bugs. Well, let's just try to, um, bring our attention and say, geez, how many levels of, uh... Okay, so we can hear, can you hear the one that's like the heartbeat? I'm going to point it away from my mouth for a minute. Like, there's one crickety sound. Now, but it's going, like a heartbeat. And then to my left, there's a whistling group. It sounds like a group. If one person's doing that, like, bravo to you, cricket. But that's to the left of me. It is a, and that's a powerful group of noises that's being made. And then to the right of me, it's almost like a purring noise, you know. Are, are you hearing that, that purring noise? And so that we, if we have a whirring, we have a purring and then we have a steadily, steadily, well, not steady right now, hearing undulating heartbeat sound. And I wonder if we listen anymore. And I did hear one frog sound when I was talking, so I think I talked over it. It wasn't a, you know, the classic frog, uh, bullfrog sound. Okay, I'm hearing a third sound to my over my left-hand shoulder. Uh, you hear that? It's like a T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T. So nice, though. A nice one. Like a T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T. Like, that person is really working hard, that, uh, bug. And I like the whirring. I like the whirring sound to my right.
But this is amazing. Like this, and this is kind of what goes on in our, uh, you know, all these night night noises. They don't. They do have, I guess, an agenda, a natural agenda. Like I don't know if they're attempting to mate or communicate, or they're just bored. Like, or they're you know saying, "Geez, uh, not you know, we don't have Netflix. We're bugs." So this is what we do, and maybe it would say, geez, these vibrations, if I had legs that could vibrate and make a noise like that, uh, well, I guess this is a good time for sharing when we're trying to sit here and enjoy the uh, the noises of nature, is to share a, a personal story that has nothing to do with being outdoors or in the nature that's just about me. Uh, but before I get to that, and, and I'm not joking or being melodramatic, literally... A smell just descended on me of a floral smell. A wonderful, wonderful floral smell. And one that uh, has been co-opted, maybe maybe because it's so wonderful, like a soapy floral smell uh, in, in a good way, like almost like the tip of my tongue, I can feel the soap bubbles popping on it. And it must be very powerful to overpower the scent of off. I mean, the the bopping in my tongue might be the off I sprayed uh, near my eyes and mouth, which I think I, I couldn't read the can in the dark, but I assume, you know, especially deep woods, they say it's a double deet and that, you know, and I don't know if I, you know, off and cutter, those are the two com- competing companies, I think, and then places like REI have their own brand of bug stuff too, huh? Uh, another wonderful thing about my position that I'm sitting in, I'm sitting on the, the uh, bow of an ro- uh, overturned rowboat. Uh, in case, you know, just in case you're curious, it's uh, it's uh, not, well, it's, it's cold with the night air, a little bit moist with the dew. But I can, I'm looking through uh, the trees across a swamp. And at the edge of my distance, I can't tell if that's a deep uh, night mist uh, formulating or something else. Oh, holy crap, i got to stand up because I think it is a night mist. And if it is, we're going to have to go mobile here. Is that a night mist or is that my imagination? Like the kind of thing you, you dream about, especially if you you know it's Halloween or anything. But I don't know how comfortable you guys are with me moving, and then I'd be worried about frightening someone. But it could also be my imagination. It could just be a trick of the moon. Is that a night mist? I don't know. Moving left. Holy crap, I think I see a lightning bug on the ground. Yep, I'm looking, and there's a lightning bug on the ground. Or... Uh, some sort of uh, night fairies. Like this could be one of these. Uh, I could be in a Goonies-like situation here, and you guys are listening to it live. So now I'm bending down on my knees, and we are in a like. So the moon is breaking through the trees, and I don't know if the moon was reflecting on something or there was a lone lightning bug. But now there's moon prints on the ground in the grass here. Uh, just circular moon prints. But if you, you know, if you were hiding a night treasure, if you were going to hide a treasure, 
this would be, you know, marked by the moon prints. They look like giant deer hoof prints. And over here, okay, holy crap. You guys, I'm not joking around. There is something, uh, I don't know if it's lit by the moon or it's a lightning bug down there in the grass. It is, and it's lightning, lighting up. And I'm going to move some grass here to see. Like, how cool is this? We are in, you know, iridescent. I mean, there's something iridescent here in the grass, not far from my voice. Right now, mostly I'm smelling the off now because I'm, you know, crouched down looking at the grass. The moon, moon is still shining on the ground before me. My eyes have now more or less fully adjusted to the darkness, so it no longer seems so dark here in the uh, deep dark night. I'm in the wood. This would be considered a dark area. It's no longer dark thanks to the old moonster. Uh, but I'm not seeing any... Uh, it may have, that lightning bug may have said, well, you, you you were supposed to dig for the treasure. You know, I had the one, and maybe it was a superpower or something. I missed it by five minutes, but that's okay. I'm going to go back to my boat bow here and sit back. Well, let me double check on this night mist. In the night mist. We we didn't catch it, you know, whatever that was, we we missed it, but... Now I'm walking away from my boat. I'm looking out over the river. I do see some stars. But, you know, against the power of this moon, the stars have got to be strong. And the horizon stars don't stand a chance. There's just a few uh, dotting the night sky. And again, there's a few clouds as well. The puffy clouds. And the moon itself is... uh, there's some clouds below that are shining on them. They're illuminated without a doubt. And the closest cloud is, again, illuminated in a non-white or gray. Oh, and I promised a question, but now I just got to... Sh- or I, I promised a personal story. But then I just got to... S- now, this is something I've wondered ever since I've had nights in this area. Uh, you know, I think... We first started coming to here when I was maybe, uh, I don't know, in middle school. Is, and this is not a, this is again, you say scooter, uh, but it is, you know, natural light of the night. So the moonlight and the light of the stars. Is that just in black and white? Or, you know what I mean? Have you ever, has anybody else ever wondered that? Like, do we see in color by the moon? I've never Googled that. But I've thought about it a lot, and most of the time I thought about it, there was no Google, so I, I, I couldn't get an answer. Uh, but it's a good question, because I'm looking around here where I'm standing. Now I can't tell. I'm guessing the rowboat I'm looking at is a red rowboat. Maybe, but I, it may have been because I had a flashlight, and I don't remember. But here it just looks like, well, I guess it looks a little, it doesn't look red, though. It just looks like... Uh, it's black and white. It's like I'm in a black and white movie. Um, I don't know. Do you, you should be asleep, and, and, and maybe you'll dream, and, and I guess maybe blues. Maybe I'm seeing a little blue. When the stars go blue, isn't that a uh, Ryan Adams song? When the stars go, 
I cannot sing like that, dude. He's got... He doesn't actually have dulcet tones. He's got a... But he he, he can sing, a, you know, a song about drinking or, or, or losing the love of your life, you know, or just, you know, love of this week. A great, 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 great singer. Uh... Okay, so I'm going to sit back... Okay, so I'm going to sit back down here. And I'm going to tell you guys a story. We're going to listen again. We're going to do a reassessment of our night noises. And I'm going to tell you a story. Not really a story, you know. But, you know, old, old scooterism. But let's see. So we got to my left, the tweeters. The, the powerful group. I think we have a new sound. I'm hearing a sighing sound. Like, uh, was that the, uh, that was to my right. That won't, like, like almost like a, a snoring bird or one of the three stooges snoring. Can you hear that? Like a bit like uh, if someone, you know, when in cartoons, every once in a while a character would fall, like a uh, swallow a whistle or fall asleep and they would have a whistle and then they would breathe it in and the whistle would affect the way they snore. That, that Let's listen again. And another thing you could do if you were doing this live, I don't know if the mic will do it, is if you turn... The sounds change, so I'm going to turn the mic here. And I don't know if you noticed that, if there was any change for you or not. But I, I guess I was theorizing uh, a few minutes ago, like, does this, you know, why do these night insects make noise? And is that, well, I'm saying, why the hell not? Now, I guess uh, the uh, mating theory could be, de- could possibly be defuncted because they do it every night. And I say, well, geez, some of it, you know, when I say, man, you are horny creatures, you uh, night insects or virile. And I, and I say, well, geez, I wish I knew more. I said, How? In, insects are egg reproducers, I think. But again, don't you know? Definitely don't you know? Start you know, start any kindergarten uh, book reports on anything based on what I'm saying. Uh, but, but but maybe one of my theories would be, well, geez, maybe it's comforting. Maybe they're bored. And for a while, uh, and I'd hate to, 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 luckily I do this podcast, but for a while I would do this for myself. I would make a noise, and it, it was a comforting noise I would make when I was trying to fall asleep. And then it became a habitual thing, and it was embarrassing. So when I got to college, uh, you know, I'd only do it when I was drunk, and it drove my roommate crazy, but it was to take the, the same, you know, uh, part of my... Uh, vocal cords that I'm hitting right now as I talk to you in this uh, quiet, comforting whisper. I would just make a guttural sound, uh, kind of like a groan. I don't know if I could do it. I'll, I'll try, but I'll probably end up cutting it out. But it was like something like, uh, 
And I'll listen to that, and I'll see. So if you didn't hear it, it's because I was like, that's way, that would wake someone up because we're in the the middle eight portion of the podcast by now. But every time I would get really, really drink a lot, then which that was fairly often, I would go to sleep, I'd make that noise. And then sometimes even when I just needed to be comforted, I would lie in bed and make that noise to make myself go to sleep. Uh, kind of like an internal lullaby or something, or I guess a mantra or an oming type thing. But I, I just did it because it felt soothing and good. And my roommates, you know, they knew that, you know, they knew, they didn't call me Scooter, but they were familiar with, you know, the, the quirks that make me who I am. So I couldn't say that they were not, he, he, my roommate, this was my roommate Chris, he wouldn't be pleased, but he wasn't like, uh, you know, I guess maybe the, I don't know if the pros out benefit, outweighed the cons, but he say, I, I don't know, but I, he would ask me about him, you know, then other people would be, you're, you're the guy that makes the weird noises, and I'd be like, yes, sir, I am. I'm the night groaner, you know, that's what they, that's what they, uh, that's what no one calls me, but that's what I would call it. And my theory was that it made some vibration inside my skull. This is what I told people, straight, straight face. When they, they wouldn't have a straight face, they'd be like, wait, can you do the sound now? And, and this is kind of what the sound would reproduce, is some sort of vibration. Not only was it in my skull, but in the back of my throat and down in my chest. And, uh, I don't know, it, it may be some lizard or a mammalian level in my brain, uh, found it soothing. And believe me, a lot of those times I needed to be soothed if it was like a Sunday night that I had gone out too much all weekend and then I had to fall asleep dead, clear-headed, you know, and get up for school. I was going to need a lot of mechanical soothing or whatever you want to call it. So don't don't try because if it becomes habitual, you know, if you're single, then you'll probably stay single. Or you could say, "Yeah, I'm the the night I'm the night groaner, and I groan. It's so soothing." But I guess I do this for you. This is a, I guess in some sense that was early podcast research, and you know maybe why I'm hitting the notes that I'm hitting. And it is soothing to me, actually. I'm saying, geez, as I'm doing this, I'm feeling some internal vibration. I'm also uh, listening to this, monitoring my audio uh, so that I don't talk too quiet or too loud. So I have a, 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 this thing I'm using to record here in the woods is uh, is different than what I record. I assume it's a field recorder, they call it. But this one is the one I dropped, so only one headphone works which is so it makes me look even weirder i'm in the pitch darkness down some trail i only have one headphone on the other's kind of folded up i got a black hoodie on and uh, a fuzzy black box with a you know gray fuzzball on it but it's so comforting right now i'm feeling the vibration in my brain i hope you're feeling it in yours and the wind's picking up i don't know if you can hear that 
But I think what we'll, what we'll do here is we'll, we'll, we'll do one more check-in with these noises, and then maybe I'm going to head off uh, down the road here and look into the, if this is an incoming night mist across this other swamp, the second swamp, uh, or not. Because if it is, you know, I'd to get a little night mist action. Uh, but, but let's see. Excuse, we're getting some pickup in the activity here to my left. You know, old snore whistle's still going pretty strong. I don't know if you should be able to still hear that. And then the tweet bots. But let's really push ourselves and see if we can hear any other... I've got these two dominating noises. Let's see if I can tune into anything else here. Oh yeah, I'm hearing a second uh, snore whistle a little bit deeper off to my left side. So I don't know, I'm going to point to... And then the tweeters... And then, you know, you can really start to to detect some differences in the different tweets. You got a strong tweet. Then you got something that sounds like a little bit like uh, the ticker tape tweet in there. And I don't know if anybody is still awake or listening to this. Uh, if you are, though, I'm, I'm glad you're with me. I am really finding this uh, great. So I don't know how this episode will come across, but man, I think uh, my shoulder's a little, little, little tense just because I have to hold this thing up to my mouth. And but man, I, I don't know my soul or my 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 internal something or other is really feeling like it's unwinding. And Jesus, it just it's just nice having the moon watching over us here. But I'm gonna go ahead and get up. I'll, I'll walk for a little bit, but I might just pause it. Uh, you won't notice, you know, but, but and, and then I'll, you know, restart it once I get to the next destination. And that way, you know, if I see anybody coming, I can, you know, I, I guess I just act like I'm, uh, instead of like a weirdo out recording uh, night audio, which someone might find charming or be like, oh, that's nice. Instead, I'll fabricate a lie that I'm just, you know, listening on old fashioned headphones to music and walking That'll be so much less creepy. Oh, I just heard a car door close, so maybe I should stay put uh, where I am now. And you can hear the lake, you can maybe hear some road sounds. Uh, but it's nice out here. Yeah, I just heard a, another door close. So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, go out and freak anybody out, but I'm going to make a move here and see about this night mist. So I'm going down this trail here ever so slowly because I came in with the flashlight, but I'm, I'm going to go out. Oh, we got a hole. I've never known lightning bugs to be on the ground here but i see another one here on the ground or the are those moon, are moonstones a real thing holy i see two of them 
No, three, four. I don't know. I got. I definitely got it. We got to get a hold of a uh, like the uh, lightning bugs. Go light. You know, get in bed. I see one, two, three. I don't want to wake them up, but I'm really interested. You know, are these moons? I mean, is am I like? Uh, is this how Gargamel found the Smurf forest? I mean, I'd hate to disrupt the uh, Smurf ecosystem. The new Smurfs with Scooter. Yeah, I think they're just lightning bugs. I poked around and uh, so gently, hopefully I didn't disturb them. Oh, there's another one here under a leaf. Hopefully that wasn't a poison ivy leaf I just picked up with my bare hands, but uh, we'll find out later. Uh, so I'm going to start walking. Wow, here's another one. Who would have thought that lightning bugs would be on the ground? Or these could actually be moonstones here. Oh, wait. Uh, so I'm here in another clearing. We're getting a different nice sound. I just want you guys to check it out for a minute here. This one sounds like a little bit like a Morse code. Like high-speed Morse code. And then I'm looking straight ahead. I'm going to have to... Oh, wait, my phone doesn't have uh, any service or power. But uh, I guess that's to the north of me. Maybe north. Probably due north. I'm seeing something about, uh, you know, in the sky above the horizon. And it must be a planet or something, because it's one of those ones that's twinkling in multiple colors, like a red, blue, white, red, blue, white, red, blue, white, which is cool, you know. And there's probably some constellations above me, some more stars are starting to come out. But we did it, you know, that star episode, uh, I don't know if you'll hear this first or that first, because uh, I haven't listened to that one. And I think I can see over the lake, uh... There's a bunch of trees in the way, but part of the dipper, I don't know if it's a big dipper or a little dipper, but, you know, three, maybe a handle. And now I'm uh, continuing on here on this path. And I don't even know if I got some night mist here where I'm standing. It feels a little misty. Uh, but I'm going to take a little, little walk here. Uh... Nice and slow here in the dark. But I'm on a road now, so I'm going to pause it because it's probably not the best uh, thing to listen to me walking. Okay, so I relocated here. And now I'm looking over at this one. It does look like it was my imagination. Or maybe just the color of the moonlight against the trees in the distance looks like some mist. Oh, and there is some... So this is going to this black and white question because uh, 
As I look out over the uh, this bit, this little swamp here that's full of grass, the grass almost seems like a uh, a washed out. Oh, what color would I describe it as? It's whitish gray, uh, illuminated gray. I'd call it, I guess. And. Uh, and then there's in the, at the end of the swamp uh, that I was looking at that I thought was mist. I think it's just some bushes or taller grass or a rise in the land. So as the moon hits that, above that are some trees, and then above that is a horizon of clouds. So no night mist flowing in, in some sort of Shakespearean or Vincent Priceian fashion. But we got a different angle on some you know night noise here. We are getting some interesting noise, different noises here. The lake sounds are a little bit stronger, though. But there's really uh, nothing. So I'm going to walk back now that we've been uh, defeated by the night mist. Scooter in the tail of Scooter being, well, in the case of Encyclopedia Brown, in the case of the missing night mist. And you say, geez, didn't Encyclopedia Brown use primatine mist? And I say, well, yeah, no, I don't think so. But yeah, we're walking here so slow. But we just got a little, I'd say that was a crow bug that just made that sound. But, but a car had gone by, I had to pause it and, and break into the darkness, or because it was, a, but it ended up being my neighbor's. Who, that was the dog that was originally the dogs that were barking, so they may have to take the dogs out. So this could turn into a whole. Uh, oh boy, did you hear that bug sound? That one's close. Seems to be moving too. And you can hear the waves breaking here. And between the moon and, and the fact that I haven't been exposed to any light, I'm really getting a... I really have good eyesight now. And maybe I had some carrots or some such thing. Uh, my neighbors seem to be unpacking the car. So I guess I'll go back down my trail. Old scooter tra scooter trail. And see if I can't get a, some background audio for, for maybe a few minutes. And then we'll do a little, you know, conclusion to our adventure. Uh, but, you know, you can stay with me here. I'll see if the light, lightning bugs or the moonstones are still shining. Alright, so I'm back here on my boat. You know, I don't know if you can catch all our buddies. They're still here chattering. You know, I guess I was just kind of curious. Uh, uh, like, uh, what are they, these bugs, these creatures, these insects? Are they, do they sing in celebration or legend every night? Because I feel like tonight they were singing the tale. Of how the trickster ghost god of the cloud, the night clouds, Casper, uh, swallowed the full moon. 
and, and they say, geez, well, that, it, it's a rare night they get to sing that tale for the sky is so empty that there, but there's just a flu, full, full, few or a flu of, of these misty clouds in the sky. And very few of them happen to have the chance to pass over the moon. And even less of them have the chance to pass over it and, and swallow it up in some sense like a giant uh, cloud-like Casper grinning, mouth open. And what's amazing is as the cloud swallows the moon, what once was so brightly illuminated becomes a little bit darker and less illuminated. And, and, and while it's not plunged in darkness, the moon's power cannot be denied in its fullness, but it can be lessened. But then the, the trickster god had other plans, but at the same time, uh, despite, despite the loss of that life, we discovered that, uh, and maybe the insects were singing about this all along, oh, your past is covered with moonstones, a.k.a. some sort of ground-based lightning bug, the wingless lightning bug, so... Its praise is so rarely sung of, but tonight we sing of Casper, the moon-swallowing ghost. And the the ground, what would they call them? I guess if bugs went to movie theaters, they'd say, well, the movie theater lighting bugs. I mean, I'm sure they would say, well, great, we don't fly. They don't call us lightning bugs because no one noticed us until you, Scooter. Uh, so dug in in the grass, you know, easily confused for do. How many people write poems about do, as I once did? Uh, I wrote a haiku about do, and I didn't even mean to. I don't think my haiku rhymed, but that was a painful memory. That haiku of do blades of grass gleaming. I know it started out with that, and then something about do, uh, or blades gleaming. Because it, it was a military reference, but it was really blades of grass with, you know, with dew. But then someone accused me of, uh, play, they said that was too, and I got, it became a plagiarism debate. And I said, where would I plagiarize a haiku from? Uh, and then uh, I just pegged it up to, you know, haiku-based jealousy among, you know, the, the other... You know, the haiku, you know, haiku bullies, you know, taking it out on me. But, uh, but, but those poor ground-based lightning bugs, grounded, ground, ground lighters, so deep in the grass, so, you know, mistaken for dew, so they say, you know, even frost and throw, never saying our praise is so low. Here in the grass, you know, no one loves us so except for a poet who, you know, just does cheap rhymes or, you know, passed out poet who forgot about us, you know. And I said, well, I'm here, I'm in, but the bugs tonight, they sing of you boys and I am the witness and you just happen to be lucky enough to, to be recorded on a podcast 
where the part where I sing your praises, you know, 60% of the people will be asleep for it, but boy, I would take moonstones or moon pebbles. What, what do you guys say to that? It's I don't know, you know, I've heard of moonstones. It's a marvelous night for a moonstone, I think Van Morrison once sang. But the thing is, as uh, the moon passes through the trickster ghost god Casper, and Casper wisp changes, you wouldn't believe the magic that occurs. For the darkness you never knew becomes lighter as the moon exits out of the digestive track of old Casper and frees itself. And you say, wow, it, it is lighter in this darkness, somehow. I, I didn't know how light it could be in darkness because of the power of the moon. And maybe without Casper swallowing the moons, I would have not noticed these moonstones. These land lightning, lightning landers that I try to sing their glory by calling them moonstones, but maybe lightning landers is even nicer. Grass-based lightning bugs doesn't do you justice. Uh, Dewbugs just seems like a ripoff for you guys. Lightning landers. And they say, well, we don't really move, you know, we sit in this, you know, we're cold, so we just sit around, so we're not... And we're not really, we're, we just glow, we're not lightning, you know, like those damn lightning bugs that think they're hot stuff. And I would say, what about smooth domes? And they'd say, you're close on that smooth. And I would say, oh, Casper of the sky, so tricky to swallow the moon. Help me name these bugs in the grass. Help me so soon for this episode's about, you know... To, to end, and I want to woo these bugs, so, so, so grassy, so smooth and domey, in the soil so loamy as the moon lights up a cloud, so orange it could not be in black and white. As smooth domes call out to me this night and say, hey, and they say, well, we're not domey. In the grass, you seem so domey. Smooth, and in some sense, do like it, you know, because you're hanging under. Smooth, smooth grass lights doesn't do it either, boys and girls. And something with curls doesn't, you know, it just seems like a forced rhyme. And I'd say maybe I can't put it into words, only the song of the many, many coerced insects could do you right. Or help me think, think of the bugs of smooth night that happen to have light. There you go, boys. It's a poetic name. The bugs of smooth night that happen to have light. You know that's the you know you know you know go ahead and dig into the ground under frost and uh, 
and Thoreau and ask him what they think about that. The bugs of smooth night. What did I say? The ground bugs of smooth light. That happened to be ground-based tonight or something. I don't know what I called you guys, but... With smooth ground bugs that make me feel delight. Thank you for your light tonight. And that was just actually... Whatever I named you earlier, that's what I should have named you. So let's stick with whatever it was. You know, I'm just doing... I'm just copying the poetry of these other insects. So temporary. It, it, It goes and it comes and you just have to witness things like Casper in the sky... And the moon's the spotted eyes on it, you know. So, thank you, Bugs. Thank you for your... Is this a cacophony or some such thing? So nice. And we'll say goodnight tonight. So thank you. And I hope this carried you to sleep. I mean, I, I can tell you I'm so relaxed right now. And I'm looking on the ground. I don't know where to look and where to listen. Uh, but I know this is, it would be a great time to drift off. Because I'm about, you know, I'm about to go home and go to bed myself. So good night and sleep tight, okay? And thanks so much for listening. I'm out and I wouldn't call it the deep dark night, but I'm recording live. And uh, this is the first time I've done uh, I've done a couple on location shows, but not many. But I am looking up. I am sitting in a chair, in 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 essentially not pitch blackness, but a a little bit of a dark night. I'm not sure if you can hear the sounds around me. And I I, I don't know. I'm going to listen, and I may not layer in any sounds to this episode, so I'm going to give a couple seconds of sounds. And as you listen to the voices, the noises, the voices of insects, the crashing of waves, maybe a, a tiny breeze, I'm going to ease into my injection-molded plastic chair while you ease into your bed. And I'm going to try to take your mind off of stuff. It's going to be uh, off of the beaten path tonight. We're going straight into the episode. So go ahead and listen, and I'll try to let you know maybe what you're hearing. And then we'll descend, and we'll see how it goes. Now the sound you may hear might be crickets or some other night insect. You may hear some waves crashing, and you may hear a, a high-pitched noise, and I think that is probably a boat uh, out on the uh, river swamp. I'm up here at a you know a northern northern point point in the United States here. And the shores of both, uh, uh, well, I guess it's technically a river. It seems more like a swamp to me, but it is a river. Where I am, it's a swampy part, but 
And uh, one of the Great Lakes is uh, just off to my right. So to my left, uh, a river to my right, a lake. But I sit here not far from the edge of a state park. And I look up at the sky. And I don't know if it was just recently or this is something, you know, you, when you come out here far away from where the the city lights uh, sparkle or even the, the town lights sparkle, you can't really see much more of the sky. And as the evening turns into night, the summer evening... And right now it's a wonderful temperature. We have a breeze. And it's a almost Bay Area level sleeping weather. A little bit warmer if I was going to be sleeping right where I am. But if I was, the insects would have a field day. But I got to tell you, I'm looking straight up into space. And I wish I had the words to describe to you what I'm seeing. Uh, for there's stars above me. And there's stars in every direction, stars through the treetops. But right above my head, there are no treetops, only sky. And the sky does feel dome-like, you know, and I always wonder if that is a limitation of my imagination. Maybe it's an expression of my ego, you know. It says, Jesus is a dome-like. How come it doesn't doesn't seem? Why do I always imagine the sky as a dome? Or am I like that uh, guy? I think Jim Carrey played him Ed TV or something where he was just, I think, who was that? That was um, RoboCop, I think, was the... uh, a godlike character on that show, movie. Uh, but I'm kind of beating around the bush because I'm my ability to describe what I'm seeing is so you know so impotent in in, in a truest sense of the word for the majesty above me. Uh, and it's so rich the stars, the, the millions and billions or hundreds of stars. It's, it's true, which I, now I say to myself, gee, Scooter, was this a big mistake? But I'm seeing, you know, into space, and I'm saying, geez, it doesn't look that black. Now, the uh, the uh, camp next door here uh, does have some lights on, so I don't know if they're reflecting off the clouds or if that's in the, the deepest part of space that I'm seeing. But I am on a watch for Perseid in uh, meteor showers, or maybe we'll see some satellites. But the, the stars, I, I, I try, I've been trying to imagine recently, whether I'm looking at the starry sky by my home, my home area, where you can still see stars, even though I'm... Uh, close to San Francisco and real close to the port of Oakland. You can see stars, but not like this, but it does seem like uh, maybe for the first time in my life I'm seeing them in three dimensions. Like, uh, I guess I always thought of space as a flat plane, you know, 
inside my limited brain. But now I'm seeing pinpricks, or maybe now I'm looking at an illusion. But I see some pinpricks look closer and some look further. And you say, yeah, it's silly. Some are brighter and some are smaller. And I've got one on my eye right now. There's three in a row and they're dying. I say, is that Kuiper's belt or uh, what's that guy's belt? Hercules's belt. I know there's a belt that's saying, Orion, is it Orion's belt? And I say, isn't that supposed to be part? But this one, it looks like three, one particularly bright star. And to each side of it, some stars, not quite as bright. And then down below, a point of a triangle. And I almost feel like those stars are moving on me. And then, oh boy, if they are, that's a problem. But I'm going to fire up this uh, Sky app and see if I can just figure out what those are, you know. While we, I wonder if I can manage to do both and stay here with you talking. I think this was an app I downloaded when it was free one day on an old iPhone. And I'm going to have to pause because what I did was I, I said, well, just in case we see, I loaded up the option where you can see every name, everything in the sky, even the uh, satellites and those things. So we got a little sky clutter. So hold on, I'll be right back. Okay, so I was just playing around with this thing, trying to figure out what I'm doing, which... You know, I don't really know what I'm doing. I think uh, this one star here... Altair, is that one that I'm looking at here? I'll tear. Uh, it could be one of the stars that I'm looking at, but let me. It'd be good if I could recognize. I think Vega. You know, that's a pretty bright star, and I'm. So I'm going to try to orient myself on that one. And that's moved quite a bit since like three hours ago when I was out here. I wonder if Suzanne Vega was named that, you know. Let me see if I could work my way. Now, Vega uh, sits up there. Not, you know, not unbelievably bright on this stupid uh, app thing. It's pretty friggin' bright. Uh, nearby Vega is Sulafat. Old Sulafat. Lyra, I think, is the... Uh, you call what are these things called uh, constellations? And actually, I can see the constellation Lyra now with my you know naked eye and my imagination combining. So we're looking up, and I don't know technically what the stars are, but uh, you can almost see a triangle there with Vega on the right side for me. And then the app closed, but down at the bottom is, you know, some other star. Uh, 
Uh, the app knows I was talking bad about it, so now it's not wanting to work with me. Oh, there we go. Hi, Vega. Yeah, down below Vega. Hey, there's Sulafat. And a couple other ones. Like two on the bottom of the lyre. And then up into the left, uh, two more making up, you know, the left side. Wow, I, I can actually, this, this is a first, I'm not joking, that I'm seeing a constellation for the first time, a, you know, liar. You know, I wouldn't be a liar if I told you that. I don't know if you ever heard that song. Um, and I wouldn't be a liar if I don't wear that. Um, the name of that group will come to me. And I wouldn't be a liar if I told you that. Happenstance beyond, it kind of like has a, a, a Suzanne Vega feel to it. But this is my first time I'm looking at it, I'm seeing a liar-like shape. Man, this might be the birth of me. And, you know, I said, well, I got the Big Dipper. I can, you know, I can recognize that when I can find it. And yesterday, last night, I was looking for stars. And I said, is that the Big Dipper or the Little Dipper? And no, I still don't have an answer to that. And also, I think maybe last night I saw some uh, really big moving, uh, what do you call those things, satellite. I said, is that the space station? No idea. But as we look straight up in the sky and we see these be- the beautiful lyre playing the songs of my ignorance. To the left of it, we see, um, not only, a, I don't know if it's a patchwork of cloud, of uh, stars, but where I wonder if I had a telescope and I knew how to use it and, and stuff, it does look like it's misty out there, like we could be, there could be some galaxy clusters out there. Clusters of galaxies just sitting beyond in the deep dark sky. Yeah, maybe sighing, saying this guy, he doesn't recognize us. He's just sitting there podcasting. I would say, yeah, we're helping. Me and the stars are trying to work together. And I see a star, starlight, star bright. Al Biero is your name tonight. A-L-B-I-R-E-O. I see you, starry so. And shooting up from you, I see uh, Satter and Deneb. I get, I get a feeling I see a lot of Deneb at home. And according to my app here, just above Deneb to the left, it looks like some sort of elephant-shaped uh, constellation, maybe far off in the distance. Uh, well, let's move down here to this belt that I've been wondering about here. Did I lose it? No. Oh, wait, El Biero, do you have anything to do with that belt I'm looking at? We got uh, Deneb Al-Okab. I think that's in the belt I'm looking at. And it seems to be attached to some sort of shape uh, on this app here. You think my app's a little, uh, 
I don't know if I turned the compass off or the gyro off. Well, I did something there. Okay, now we have, now we might be on to something, folks. Altair, did I already mention that one? That is part of that little belt I'm looking at, and uh, there is something to the left and the right of it, so we have confirmed a secondary sighting of something. And we may be able to use this for place finding, because below it, it looks like there is some sort of uh, uh, constellation, if I can... Oh, it hit something there, and it lit up the whole constellation, and now I can't recreate it. Oh, I just did it, I think. Yeah, here we go, folks. We have ourselves... Oh, we lost it. Huh. It was Aquila. Ooh. And it's a sizable... Are we looking at some sort of... Uh... Is that the... Uh... A Phoenix Rising description. Oh, I kill is the eagle, a prominent constellation in the summer months in the northern hemisphere. This is from uh, the name of the app, which I'll look up in a minute. It's best seen July through October in late summer. Flanked by Aquarius Hercules... And Ophosiculus Aquila lies south of the Cygenus the Swan along the Summer Milky Way. Ooh. It was one of 48 uh, uh, constellations cataloged by Ptolemy. Wow. According to Greek mythology, Aquila, Aquila is the eagle that held Zeus's thunderbolts. Sweet. Zeus also... Sent the eagle to kidnap Ganymede, the shepherd boy, who was taken to become a cupbearer for the gods. Uh, the Aquarius constellation is sometimes identified with Ganymede. As a result of this tri- triangular shape, Aquarius has a long association with birds. In Chinese mythology, Altair, uh, the brightest star in Aquila, which has got my attention, is said to be New Liang, the herdsmen who watched over the royal herds who fell in love and married Zi Nu Vega. They soon neglected their duties, and their father, the Sun King Vega, was so angry that he made them spend their lives on the opposite sides of the Milky Way. Oh, so this is the Milky Way above us, and it is a little bit milky now. We're, we're learning here, folks. So that uh, milky-like cloud may actually be the milk of the Milky Way. It is said uh, once a year on the seventh day of the seventh month, or a month late, uh, if the weather's clear, magpies will spread their ring- wings across the river for the two to meet. Huh. Uh, so here's a notable object. Since it's a few degrees north of the uh, celestial equator, the uh, boundaries of Aquila contain many clusters and nebulae. Many are hardly visible uh, to the untrained eye. Check. Uh, most prominent in the brightest star is Altar. Altar. Uh, so, 
that's a little bit about that. So let's uh, let's get back to our star search here. So that's cool. Okay, some Formaltar. I'm going to try to move left here because we got some activity looking to the left, even though I have a tree line. Uh, just to the left of the wings. I guess outside of the Milky Way, it looks like we have some other guy. Oh, this is Aquarius. It's, it is the age of Aquarius right now. Now, for me, Aquarius is uh, obscured by trees, but I can see... Uh, sal salad sued, uh, and off of salad sued coming towards Altier, Altair, and Aquila, or Aquila, or whatever, is some sort of hook of Aquarius, or maybe Aquarius is, uh, a couple of Aquarius is building. Aquarius is a strange-shaped, uh, water bearer. Is that a leg? I have no idea. But I can see some other parts. I can see uh, saddle, milk, uh, saddle suit, as we said. Neptune is off there somewhere. Wow, cool. But that didn't work because a lot of Aquarius is taken up by, uh, obscured by trees for me. So let's head back to this Milky Way. Wow. I'm looking at the Milky Way as you hear my voice and know that there is some milk visible in this Milky Way. That is so amazing. I've never known, I mean, maybe someone said it to me, but I was drunk, like, oh, that's, you're looking at the Milky Way, my friend. Separating Vega, which we see to my right now, I'm looking at it. And, uh, you know, that other guy, Altar. You know, Altar played the guitar as he seduced Vega. Let's see what else we can see up here. Uh, what else we got here? We got, uh... Okay, so we have Vega's in the Lyra. So we already, we did see that. And then Hercules is here. And Hercules has got a lot going on. Uh, probably beyond my pay grade as a... Uh, but is Vega actually part... No, Vega just kind of gives us a pathway to Hercules. But Hercules does... Uh, I can, oh, I can see like a little... Uh, there's a tree in the way, though. Let's see well, what else we can see. I didn't realize these... Holy moly. Oh my goodness, I just saw a shooting star. A Perseid-level meteorite all the way to the left... It had a trail about uh, 30 feet. It was holy mackerel. Right out of my, I looked just in time. And it looked like it was so low that I could almost reach out and touch it. Wow. Holy space. And that brings my attention back to that part of the sky where Aquarius is behind the trees a bit. But there's still some decent stars there, you know, just because, uh, you know, the app doesn't identify them. I think I see, like, a, a, a great stork, uh, unknown, but once, you know, drinking from Aquarius's cup, I think. And they say, yeah, I remember that. Aesop used to talk about that. The pitcher uh, dropped the rocks in the pitcher and learned to drink water. 
And I'd say, exactly, you know, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But now I'm like, man, if I tilt my head further back, I'm getting a double dose of Milky Way. Like, wow, wow, wow. It must be getting darker by the second, even though I think it's like, it's almost midnight. I think it probably should have hit peak darkness already, but... I don't even know if there's this thing called peak darkness, but it should be. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to just, like, be less technical because I don't, you know. But let's see what, what shapes. Maybe I could look at the Milky Way like a cloud and see within the milk. I could be a milk reader. They say, well, he doesn't know constellations, but he does milk readings. And they would say, well, what's a milk reading? Well, he look, you know when little kids look at clouds and they say, look at that. He does that with the Milky Way. Most of the time it's just clouds, you know, that he thinks was the Milky Way. But and uh, usually he says he just sees, well, I said, is that a crab nebula? He, he tries to do his material, you know. But the only thing he has is crab nebula. Then what's, what's wrong, crab nebula? Well, why, why are you so down? Are you sad about uh, the big separation of Vega and Altar? The only... Uh, Factual stuff I know. But I say, man, I'm looking at it. And it, actually, I'm looking at the uh, left side of what I would call the Milky Way. A scientist or an astronomer or a fourth grader would say no. But it kind of looks like the old crescent moon man on the moon. And I don't know how many of you were alive uh, when they had this new... Actually, I think they redid it. Maybe ten years ago, maybe it was eight years ago. Uh, Big Mac. Uh, they had this guy. He was. I think his name was Big Mac. He was a crescent moon head. He wore a uh, purple tuxedo, I believe. Uh, McDonald's branding. They're big in a purple. Because uh, I think back in the day, one of the Ronald's crew wore a purple suit, and then Grimace was purple. A Hamburglar, I think he had green striped, uh... Did a Hamburglar wear culottes? And I say, I thought you were talking about uh, outer space. I came here for outer space sleep by... Well, no, I did not advertise, so I don't know. Maybe maybe the Crab Nebula told you that to uh, piss you off. Uh, but as I lie here, I, I do see the head... They said, well, McDonald's branding burned into my brain. Deeper pathways than things for my own health or preservation are advertisements. But I see the head of the Big Mac tonight. I'm not kidding you because it was a holy same spot. Another shooting star. Almost the same spot. So we're getting a lot of left action off my left hand and maybe off your left ear. That was another one. It seemed like it was moving faster. So the stars seemed to, you know, as much as a you know common sense astronomer would say, don't talk about uh, Mac tonight. It's working as far as uh, Perseid is concerned. Was Perseid a god? I don't. I know Perseus was a guy. I think he maybe he was involved in that Golden Fleece stuff. Uh, Perseus and the Golden Fleece. Some, I think he was asleep in a tree. I can't remember. But anyway, back to this Mac McDonald's guy. I'm seeing him in the Milky Way. 
And he, he, I remember the song he would sing, so we'll see if Percy likes it. He would say, when the clock strikes half past six, baby, time to head for the golden lights. It's a good time for the great day's dinner at McDonald's. It's Mac tonight. There might have been a second verse. I don't remember, but it was probably about two all-beef patties, special sauce and sesame seed bun at McDonald's. Oh, I just saw, uh, come on, baby, make it Mac tonight. I just saw, uh, like, a, a lighter um, meteorite, same general left vicinity. I'm going to spitball it and say maybe the southern sky, maybe the western sky, I don't know. But it was a little bit of a more of a lighter one. Another question, uh, lightning bugs. When I was first looking at the sky, both last night and tonight, uh, there was it would have been nice for the podcast, I'm sorry. But there were stars appearing and lightning bugs appearing in the treetops. And so it made for quite the, uh, you know, if, if I was a poet and say, you know, I'd probably do Big Mac poetry, you know, oh, Big Mac, you're not making a poetry, you're just singing my Big Mac song. Well, you're in the Milky Way now, Big Mac head. So congratulations. Actually, now I'm seeing his eye forming out of stars. Oh, oh boy. Hersia likes this Big Mac stuff because I just saw another one. Now, this was the first one that was traveling from uh, my left sky to my right sky. All the other ones were going parallel, like, on my left side. Oh, maybe I've had my left and my right mixed up all the night. I meant for my... Well, it doesn't matter. Hopefully you're, you're, you know, you're you're drifting through the gates of consciousness into the gates of space. The Milky Way does look quite inviting. You know, almost as inviting as a Big Mac. No, this is not a paid advertisement, but I love that damn McDonald's ad at tomorrow. I think I used to sing that song, Uh, but I'm just trying to, at this point, I'm just trying to appease Percy, you know, to keep the, uh, the meteorites coming for you at a, you know, dripping, dripping like a faucet of sensibility during this podcast. But back to the Milky Way, because that is, I'm fixated on it. It is looking, oh, wait a second, now I'm at, oh, I just saw another one that was going right to left as well. Very high, that was the highest meteorite I saw. Very high up in the sky. Very far, you know, in, in outer space, I would say. Right now I'm seeing uh, in the Milky Way a new creature, uh, part part uh, crustacean, maybe, holy cow, it's got a, 
Uh, it has. It could be part cr- Holy moly! I just saw another one. Percy likes where I'm going with this, so I'm gonna keep going. I've got an ET. Uh, this is a bulky wagon I'm talking about. ET prawn crustacean-like creature. I'm seeing friendly. Don't worry, very friendly. Uh, but the ET creature, you know, two eyes. Maybe a little Wally in there, which would, you know, make sense. Wally's space friendly. And Milky Way probably loves Wally, you know. But, uh, yeah, now it's, and maybe a little bit of uh, number five is alive, which is very Wally like anyway. But with just a little bit of, you know, uh, humanoid lobster. I'm trying to think, what was that, Mr. Krabby Patty or whatever from uh, SpongeBob? Uh, whoever that guy's, but that material is not stirring up any uh, meteorites. So I'm trying to think of other material I could do. I'm seeing like to the right of the uh, a Big Mac and the uh, Wally Lobster person, like a secondary Milky Way or like a Milky Way branch off to my right, and that looks like well, it could be a clam. It could be a clam. Uh, it could be a cloud of milky-like cluster of stars, you know, clustering. You know, big, 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 you know, echoes of the Big Bang. No, Percy, it, no, Percy, it's not buying that. Not at all. How about this? I feel uh, some mosquitoes may have snuck under my shirt because they sprayed my body and you know, horribly toxic chemicals before I came out here. Uh, but I didn't anticipate sitting in the manner I'm sitting, you know, for maximum Perseid, uh, and, you know, uh, salutes to Perseid, so wise, it whatever. You know, I don't know, you're, you're a god so nice they should have named you twice. Perseid, meteor, showers, they named you three times. Perseid, shower us with your love, you know. Or, you know, I, and then I have to go back to, I already burned through all that Big Mac material. I don't have any more of that, Perseid. I'm sorry. But I will test you to see if that is all you answer to, Perseid. So I'll say to all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. And now, if you're really nostalgic, Perseid, You'll go to the Christmas version, which has uh, the same music, but, you know, with a Christmas holiday flourish to it, with a sleigh, probably some kids in Christmas sweaters, and a slightly, you know, more, you know, to all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun... And I think it's probably a kid who, from my memory, coming home from college. His house is empty or he's hungover. And then he finds everyone is waiting for him with a surprise of McDonald's. Happy holidays. Some, no, Percy is not buying that one. Oh, Percy, I didn't know you would need a... Uh, 80s area, 80s era McDonald's nostalgia because I, I, geez, I did not brush up 
Oh, Percy is like that, so Percy wants me to try, because that one was the first one that went left to right, right by Vega. We had another shooting star. Where the question is, will these mosquitoes, you know, how much a scooter will they take while I wait to salute Perseid with uh, other theme songs, you know? I am in my, well, I'm petulant, but I don't think that's what Perseid wants. Uh, happy holidays. I'm, I'm, you know, Perseid, I'm just buying time. My subconscious is where most of the pop culture stuff is stored. So unfortunately, it's just like a meteor shower. I got to wait for it to shriek into my conscience brain and say, uh, you know, if there was like a grimace, I know there was a grimace rap with making you know, Ronald, but I don't know it. Uh, I, I think I knew no one, uh, there's one uh, purple, rum, red. But to get the fruity taste, you got to trick Fred. Trick Fred. That was the, uh, uh, what was that, Fruity Pebbles rap. That one I know. I think I just know that part. You got to trick Fred. So it was actually about uh, thieving, rhyming and thieving. Yeah, but Barney was rhyming. Was that Barney Rubble? Yeah, rhyming and thieving. Uh, Fred's uh, Fruity Pebbles. Uh, Percy, let me ask you a question. Because uh, I know I, I watch some Flintstones, but, I, you know, what's with this Fred guy? Why? He seemed like a total jerk. Like, why didn't anybody like him? Uh, let me restate that so it's clear to you, Percy. Why would anyone? Why did it? He had a beautiful wife. He had a best friend who seemed pretty cool. A best friend with an even more beautiful wife. And, you know, uh, he uh, had a job. He seemed to, you know, be, uh, he was always, you know, doing stuff. But, he, I mean, he like, I can't get along with people, and I, I seem to be, I mean, I know, I, you know, the depth of my issues is deep, Percy, but, uh, you know, I, I said, Jesus, Fred guy, I don't know what he was doing. And you think of the same, like, of that archetype. You got uh, the honeymoon guy, George Jetson. You know, these these guys were a little bit before my time, so they weren't my male icons. Unfortunately, my male icons were Balky Bartokamus and Larry, brother, cousin Larry. Probably most, uh, uh, who's that guy? Kurt, Kurt, uh. You know, he went, um, uh, Kirk Cameron, uh, Ricky Schroeder, uh, Fred Savage, probably a little bit of Fred Savage. Now, this material is not bringing on, uh, any meteorites from Perseid. We're not getting anything out of Perseid from this material. Oh, Perseid, what do, what do, you, what do you want me to sing again? Uh, when the clock strikes... Uh, time for meteors, time to head for the Milky Way's Milky Lights. I think Percy wants me to stick to the McDonald's original song. It's Mac tonight, come on baby, give me some meteorites for a Mac tonight. Uh, still no meteorites, meteorite watch, uh... Not going well. 
and uh, we were doing I mean, E.T. Uh, uh, part of the Milky Way is looking at me his eyes look a little more spread out though and I said what if stars move we're, we're moving right stars don't uh, question you know ignoramus do stars move well everything's moving scooter the big bang's still carrying us out further from the center for you know you know something or other and I'd say thank you uh Thank you for that. You know, thank you for saying that in a non-judgmental way. Space just brings everybody, you know, together. Except for friggin' Percy. Percy, Percy it's too good to show me anything else. And I say, I don't know any Burger King songs, Percy, so I can't worship you with that. I try to, you know, buy some Fred Flintstone material. Uh, I don't know Perfect Stranger's song. I think, I don't know, I'm hearing it. I think it was just, uh, whatever you call that, instrumental. Yeah, open to find, we're two of a kind, making it all, taking it all together. We're gonna find our way. Ba 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 together. Uh, taking the time each day. Hey, Percy, it, how about a freaking meteorite? Uh, right freaking now, cause it's getting late tonight. Hey, Percy, Ed, no meteorite for me. Okay, so Percy didn't jump on that one. Showing my things to go with the facts of life. The facts of life when the world never seems to be living. Up to your dreams, and suddenly you're finding out the facts of life are all about you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I think I screwed that up. When you're learning the facts of life, learning the facts of life, of life, yeah. That's the facts of life, Percy. I, I saw some reruns of that. And, uh, you know, that's about it. No comments. I mean, yeah, no, no, no real comments. I, I think that took place in either, uh, Poughkeepsie or it was, I think it was in Poughkeepsie that one took place, and I remember that for some reason. Okay, well, Percy, I have nothing more to offer you, you know, but my respect. My heartfelt gratitude for this evening's show that you did show me. Uh, Vega, Altar, uh, Kuiper's Belt, Milky Way, E.T., Lobster Man, uh, Big Mac Head. I I can still see you, too. And did you, I wonder, oh yeah, because was that when they started doing the McDonald's was open later and you had like a a slumber cap on, is that what it was, Big Mac Man? But maybe, you know, you could, uh, you know, just give us one more as I try to draw this conclusion of this show, looking at you, Milky Way. And I say, I wonder if they, did they name you the Milky Way before they drank a lot of milk? Because you almost look like Milk and Waterway, you know, like Milky Waterway. 
you know, that no, you know, that's not a, you're really looking uh, three dimensional right now as I look at you, Milky Way. You're looking, Milky, holy cow, all the space is, you know, I think I've been staring at it so long that, uh, you know, my mind is, uh, I say, at some point, Scooter figured it all out, space. He, he said it famously, the final frontier. And then someone say, please, Scooter, stop writing your own history. That's from Star Trek. And then someone will say, well, you missed a joke in there, Scooter. And I say, yeah, but uh, I was the punchline there. As I say, you know, I'm trying to a bit. I'm doing material for Percy and not for you right now, sir. Yes, I wonder. I wah, 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 wonder why. Uh, Percy can't give another meteorite away. And I wonder... Where all those meteorites go to stay, my Perseid meteorite runaway. Uh, meteorite, oh, is that what it is, Perseid? All the meteorites are running away from you. Uh, I should have done. So. Are we like passing through a little, like a Perseid asteroid belt? Is that what it is? Man, you're really holding out on me, Perseid. Uh. Perseid, your uh, uh, your P is for perfection. Your E is for excellence. Per R for righteous uh, shooting of stars. Perseid, S for so bright when they streak across the sky. Lots of S's in Perseid. I don't know if there's anything else before the I, but I love the effort you make. Indy, don't make me go to bed without one more meteorite, please. I'm like a little boy on Christmas uh, morning, just hoping, as I once did for the G.I. Joe hovercraft set I never got. So please give me one more meteorite. I don't want, is this like a test, uh, Perseid, to see if I will, you know, Perseid, this is all because I cannot do the sweet night sky justice. I just have to prattle on, incapable of putting the majesty that I'm looking upon this very moment into any kind of context or description other than E.T. and Mac tonight. And now it looks like Wally is bearing down on me. For me, it is number five coming out of the Milky Way. Straight at me. But man, this night sky. A reminder that uh, uh, somewhere out there, well, five was supposed to be looking at the moon. Never, I don't think I've ever seen that movie, just that part. Somewhere... Out there, there's a meteorite for me. I'm thinking of watching a meteorite that Perseid shoots uh, for me to see. Perseid, please do it for my batteries running low. I just saw something, but I don't see it was a meteorite. I think it was my brain.
detaching from what I know. Oh, wow, the, uh, uh, I think it is getting, we might be headed towards maximum darkness. I don't know what the moon situation, I haven't seen a moon tonight, and I didn't look anything up about it. So we may be at maximum darkness, we may be in a new moon or like a low moon uh, situation. Because, you know, Milky Way is taking on even more. And I'm not and I'm not doing material right now. It does seem even more sweet. And I say, well, Jesus, is it a condensed milk? What the hell is condensed milk? It's like a, or partially, what do they call that, evaporated milk. And say, it's just milk with sugar in it, right? I don't know. I have some. I used a little bit of it to make pancakes one time because I had it in the cupboard. I said, I better use this. It's been expired for a few years. Better put it to use. And then I said, well, I'm not going to throw the rest of it out, so I froze it. But then I never remember to defrost it, Perseid. As you're freezing my heart now. Oh, and there's my mosquito juice might be wearing off too, Miss Perseid. How about this song, Perseid? Oh... Oh, Percy, it gave me a meteorite show. You say the word, oh. Percy, it gave me a meteorite show. That's the studio done poorly, I know. Are you a, are you a fan of Phil Collins? Uh, Percy had no jacket required. He's got an orange face on that one. I don't even know what no jacket required, you know, because I always think of Phil Collins in a jacket, you know. But he, he seems like a great guy. I don't know anything about him, but uh, uh, he's a drummer. I guess like a bit like a Dave Grohl. You ever think, uh, I bet you Phil Collins and Dave Grohl have hung out. What do you think, Percy? Had... No answer, of course. You know, Percy, don't make me, I don't want to have a resentment towards you. I just ask him for one meteorite or like 50 in a row. Yeah, because I don't want to have to be like, oh, there we go, that was a good one, you know, for the listeners. And I don't want to sing the Big Mac song again because it's just it's just lame. And the guy, but the guy was playing a, a grand piano, baby grand piano. I don't know the difference between the two. It was white. He was floating, you know, through the advertisement clearly. And uh, for a while, he was featured on the cups, he had big, and he was Big Mac, I think, and I think the song is Mac the Knife, originally. It did the uh, did the stuff run out on that? Was that like one of those, uh, or did McDonald's pay for the rights? Okay, Percy, here we go. When the clock strikes, half past six, babe. Time to head for golden lights. It's a good time for meteorite for it's a good time for the great taste dinner at McDonald's. It's Mac tonight. Now the second verse I don't know it but I could use meteorite. Please give me one, because I'm, you know, getting bug bit. Please, Percy, it. give me a little meteor bite. But, you know, why don't they have that? 
at McDonald's. A little snack called Meteor Bites. They could be like Chicken McNuggets, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, bad idea. You know, maybe, Percy, have you heard about those uh, chicken fries at Burger King? Spicy chicken fries? What do you think about that, Percy? Let me know. No, okay. Hey, Percy, did you see me the Renaissance Fair? Because I, I really wish you could have been there, Percy. Okay, hey, Percy, I was thinking about, I don't really have any money, but I have, you know, my next month. Oh, no, actually, I have my July rent money because that money had a problem. You know, it didn't get deposited by my landlord. What do you think about me uh, giving that money to... Uh, the mosquito that's on my neck right now, Perseid. Oh, well, I guess this is a teachable moment to all my listeners, you know, that even in the depths of space, you know, we have to open our arms to the greater wiz. Holy shit. Kissing Perseus's at Perseus's ass just fucking worked. Holy fucking shit, I'm not making it up. Uh, off to the left of the same spot where I've seen the majority of the uh, meteorites was a slow-moving streaker. Holy shit! It w- it was it had to have a a streak like fifty fifty feet long, and it was moving so slow and and low. Thank you, Percy. Thank you so much. Oh God, I, there must be fifty mosquitoes. I think in my head. Um. So. As I was saying, though, you know, now I can't get comfortable. But, you know, those are all things we need to distract. You know, say, hey, Percy, thank you for that. I wasn't even, at that point, I'd given up, you know. I was just going to, you know, tell my audience, well, teachable moment. You know, we just got to go with the flow, and maybe we'll trick Percy into one more, but maybe not. And I say, sometimes our beds are as comfortable as a Milky Way of softness. With googly-eyed niceness looking down on us. A breeze and a nice night noise to drift off to. And, you know, to be interrupted if, if while I do these, you know, last minutes and to be in audio if I see any more streaking stuff.